1982, that's Joe Jackson and Steppin' Out, a song written about the city of New York. And in fact, if you watch the music video of that, you will see it takes place there. You'll even see the Twin Towers. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel show. I am Todd Dan Druff Wittellis. We're starting late tonight. If you're listening in the archives, you won't notice, but we're starting 40 minutes late at 8.10 p.m., we're starting only six days after our last show, because uh, our last show is on Thursday, and this one is back on Wednesday. Wednesday is supposed to be our normal day that we are on, and we're trying to get back to that. And we're going to have a familiar voice along with Brandon tonight, because uh, 
Brandon is always on here, though he will have to miss about an hour of the show, but that's fine. But we're going to have a co-host tonight who uh, has not been heard in a while here, and it's not Daredevil. I know you're thinking Daredevil, but it's not Daredevil. In fact, I'll give you a hint. He was a sort of frequent co-host, but he did not appear on the 200th episode where we tried to connect with other episodes, with other co-hosts we've had from the past. And let's put on the familiar voice first. Brandon, hello. Is this the fraud show? It is the fraud show. What happened? We're running kind of late. Very late. Okay, so let's let's slap on our co-host. Just let's just do it. Sisop. It's not Sisop. It's someone who. Well, hold on! Don't tell me. Kalawat. It's, it's someone who hasn't co-hosted recently. So Trederuski. So it's not Sisop, not Trederuski, not Kalawat, but uh, Eric Ryland. Not even Ryland. Go ahead, uh, mystery voice. Speak. It's it's Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Well, I know that voice. That's the odd-eating hippie from Northern California. You got it. That's who it is. The Northern California oh guy is back. We, we asked about him on a previous... I think Brandon asked about him, actually, on a... Well, I had a bone to pick with him. He was AWOL for the anniversary show. I know. I, I was surprised to hear from him, but he just messaged me today say, you know, is, is the show still on Wednesday or is Thursday the new day? And I, I don't blame him for that question because we kept doing it on Thursday. So I said, well, not only is it tonight, but uh, how would you like to be a co-host tonight? And he said, okay. So here he is. Hmm. I was very inspired by the last show, Brandon, that trip out to the fast food joint. That kind of reminded me of the classic shows back in the day, so it was good to see it return to classic. <laughs> you know, I, will say that, show in a while. I will say this, that that was a very, very popular segment that we did on this show. It wasn't planned, but Cal Watt offered $300 to Brandon to go to a Sonic in the Ghetto. And not only did Brandon do it and get, uh, well, almost $300 richer, he gave... Twenty of the dollars back to the girl at the Sonic, but forty, forty. But I thought twenty came from Trudorowski of that forty. And he, yeah, it twenty. He actually paid me at spot. Oh, so, so it's so it's twenty you gave yeah. away. You gave twenty of his, yeah, and twenty of yours. Well, forty up front, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, but Trudorowski's credit is good. You know that. So so Absolutely. anyway, that was a very popular segment. So if you did not hear the last show, which was show number two hundred one, we didn't let you down after the two hundredth show. Some people thought it would be a big letdown. In fact, even I thought that. But no, the two hundred first show is arguably more popular than the two hundredth show. We got very very positive feedback about last episode, especially that segment where Brandon totally unexpectedly, like we didn't plan this, was challenged by Calwatt to go down to Sonic for three hundred dollars. You know, that was what was offered to Brandon to get up out of this. It wasn't just going to Sonic. It was going to the worst street, the worst part of Vegas that we got here in the valley. Yeah, and then order a a watermelon slushie. What do they call that if it was like in Brazil where the little, what do they call it, barrios or something? The barrios, yeah. yeah, That's what it would be, a correlation if it was Brazil here. I went to the barrios. (laughs) So, so, uh, very popular segment. Go listen to that show if you haven't caught it yet in the archive. In fact, that show was so good, it brought... Northern California guy out of retirement. Now, uh, before I wow. continue with the intro of the show, let's slap on here someone who has put a bounty on himself. Calawat? Close. Scott from the East Coast, hello. Scott. No, I can't hear him. Hmm. That's not- now listen, I need to make uh, two quick announcements. You know, I feel like at this point, my fraud network career, I should have a little intro myself. Now go ahead. The first thing, I got a tremendous response in regard to colloquial or <laughs> what is it? 
colloquial evidence. Colloquial evidence. Colloquial close. evidence. Yeah. yeah, I can't even say it. Uh, so I'm going to do a little segment on that later. Um, I, I literally must have, you know, remember I asked, I gave out my uh, text to line twice. And I asked random people that had never listened to the show just to kind of do maybe a, uh, some sort of census, if you will. And I'm, I got well over 100. I still got some coming in today. I mean, every day this week, I've woken up all hours of the night they come in. 3 a.m., 5 a.m., noon, uh, dawn, dusk, it doesn't matter. And there are people from all over the world that I've met just because of that colloquial evidence. Yeah, and so, I've actually gotten messages from people saying that they were considering sending you a message, but they decided not to and PM'd me instead. I got a few of those as well. Why, why, why would they do that? I don't know. They just said they, like, they were going to, then they kind of got shy about it. So I, for some reason, they felt better about messaging me. But uh, I, mean, I got I got two, you know, they, it broke down into two groups. Group A was just colloquial evidence, and that's all they said. <laughs> and then it was like colloquial evidence, I love the show, or I'm this person from here, or, you know, they gave me a little background. But I'd say about half of them just typed in the words. And, you know, on this little text to listen, uh, or, you know, app I have here, I don't ever delete anything. And of course, everyone's number is safe with me. I'm not giving out numbers. Um but, you know, I save it all. And, and so I know if, you know, as someone I've spoke with before, if I have a history with, and I literally got probably maybe 80, maybe maybe even more, uh, first-time people that have communicated with us. So uh, they're out there, Druff. I'm telling you, they're out there. It, it's, it's kind of amazing. By the way, now, I, I have a clarification that I want to read from uh, Scott okay. from the East Coast, who for some reason we couldn't hear him when he called in, but he said, I started the whole offering money to Brandon first to go to Sonic. Where's my credit? Is that true? Did he offer it first, and Calwatt uh, took and ran with it with a higher amount of money? Yes. Okay. Yes, he, he, yes, he did. I didn't That's remember correct. that, but I'll believe him. Okay. I guess, uh, oh, is that uh, your dog not happy they're on radio? Is that your dog, Brandon? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, that was that, that brought the point here. What I decided to do just to kind of uh, maximize my time since these shows are so long is I've decided to basically incorporate my life with radio. <laughs> Meaning, like, if I have some dry cleaning to do, I'm going to do my dry cleaning during radio. If I want to, you know, go, you know what I'm saying? Open yeah. up a, a, yeah. So actually, unfortunately, uh, this just kind of came up. I have somebody that is in town and I promised them an hour of my radio time. So I'm going to be going mobile again. I mean, this is in a safe area, okay? Okay, so, so you'll, be, you'll be safe tonight, good. Yeah, I'll be safe. But it'll be about an hour, and, and maybe my hope is you'll talk about something that Poker Stars did. Did, did Poker Stars do something this well, week? They, we actually, they actually did, and we, yeah, I'll do that during that segment. But you know what? We don't have that much of an agenda tonight. I think it'll be a shorter show, Uh-oh. but you never know. But I'll, I'll, I'll do that Poker Stars thing during that hour now, for sure. Trader Ruski's in Vegas. I spent some time with him twice this week. Uh I had dinner with him at the lovely Spago. I met the assistant. Okay, I, I met for the first time. I literally met the assistant that that he pays and handles Traderuski's business and whatnot. Very nice guy. Very very nice guy. Uh, and then last night we partook in some uh, video poker. I didn't play. I kind of just sweat Traderuski. I'm not really a video poker guy these days, uh, especially with the bad pay tables at the yeah. strip properties. But uh, he kicked ass. He actually uh, cleared like eleven hundred. I don't think he'll get mad at me saying this. He won 1100 He's playing some weird... Tell me if you've ever seen this. I've never seen it. He played this pay table where if you get kings, or it's got kings, queens, or jacks, with like an ace, king, queen, or jack kicker, it pays 800 credits. Have you ever heard of this? Um, say it again. If you get four of a kind... Yeah. He's playing $5 a spin. If you get four of a kind, kings, queens... Or jacks, 
Okay, maybe tens even. I don't know, but I, I just don't remember. But kings, queens, or jacks with a king, queen, or jack kicker. So like four kings and a queen. For instance, he hit four. This is exactly what happened. He hit fit four kings with a queen. Normally, that would pay two hundred fifty dollars. It yeah. paid eight hundred dollars. Well, I, I have not heard of this, but I have a feeling the pay tables are not good overall. I have a feeling you're paying for that another way. The, well, the flush I think paid thirty dollars. Yeah, I'd have to look it up, but if I, my gut instinct is to believe that game sucks. But I, I'll look it well, up later. Yeah, listen, but in small increments, it doesn't matter. The kid won eleven hundred fifty dollars. Oh, that's great. Storm. Then today, at uh, his home base where he stays, he plays this cute little video poker game where if you get a four of a kind, you pick a bonus card. Have I've, you ever heard I've, of this? I've but never seen that. I've never seen that either. Okay, well, you're betting six dollars instead of five, so the dollar, the extra dollar, you know, is the rake for the you know for the yes. card that you get. Only get it when you get a four of a kind. And then I think like 30 or maybe even 40 little cards pop up and you just pick one. And the, the least you can, the, the smallest you win is 250. And it goes all the way up to 4K. And hmm. he popped it for 4K. Wow. See, everybody just runs so well. See, I don't, I've had yeah. one video poker trip where I ran really well and that was where so, I got six Royal Flushes. Other than that, I run so awful in video poker every time I play. So, so it basically, it paid only $250 for the, you know, because he had kings or queens or something. I think it was kings. But because he hit that four thousand dollar card, his his jackpot it was a jackpot, obviously, and his payout was four thousand two hundred fifty. That is very nice. So Trader yes, Risky's having a good trip. trip here. I'm sorry. He's having a good trip. Yes, he is. Okay, so let so me. Those let me, are all the announcements. Okay, I have good. I was going to say I, I have to I have to get out the free roll stuff before it starts. Yeah. So uh, okay, go. I'm going to be back in a couple minutes. All okay, right. is that okay. Fine? Go ahead. Uh, take go ahead. Take a few minutes off. All right. Very all right. good. So. This is Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I'm Todd Dandruff with Tell Us. That was Brandon Drexel Gerson. We have the Northern California guy on. We have a free roll tonight, a cash free roll. It's $65 plus a $10 bounty. The $10 bounty is on S Double, who's also known as Scott from the East Coast. So if you knock S Double out, you get $10. There's only one restriction, and that is it can't be at the final table. So if he makes it to the final table, nobody gets the bounty. If he doesn't make the final table, whoever knocks him out gets the bounty. So thank you to Scott from the East Coast for donating that. Now, the $65 is separate from that, but we have a bit of a weird prize pool this time. It's not a traditional $65 prize pool. It's more like 54 plus 11, or I guess we could also call it 54 plus 11 plus 10 because of what uh, is being done by Scott from the East Coast. (coughs) So daily who's a very, very good sports better, especially when it comes to props, he donated $20 to this free roll. He donated $9 just for it normally and $11 more for 11th place. And that is to salute Carson Wentz's great start to the season, to the NFL season. So $11 to 11th place to salute Carson Wentz. He also donated just a general $9. We also got a $25 donation from SMI Florida, who often donates to the free roll. I appreciate that. And Larry Legend 33 gave $20. And these guys sent it to me in Bitcoin. You know, you can donate in Bitcoin if you want. I will take Bitcoin. So just PM me if you want my Bitcoin address or email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. In fact, I can also usually pay you in Bitcoin if you win the free roll. The ways I will pay you, it can be bank transfer, Bitcoin, Cash, check, or there's other methods, too. You might be able to guess what those are. Uh, But PM me if you win, and I will tell you your options. This week, the prizes go as follows. 
$27 for first place, $13 for second place, $9 for third place, $5 for fourth place, and $11 for 11th place. So the weird thing is, if you finish between 5th and 10th, you do not do very well in this free roll. If you finish between 5th and 10th, you end up getting... Zero point zero. That's what you get. But if you finish 11th, then you get $11, which is actually better than everything except for 1st and 2nd, and it's close to 2nd place money. So you should really be shooting for 11th. When it's 11th, you should just be going all in with 7 deuce and hope you bust. Then, once you're past 11th, then you should go for the gold and try to win it. 27, 13, 9, 5 for the first 4 places, then nothing for the next 6 places, and then 11th place gets $11, thanks to Daly. And $10 for knocking out S-double, as long as you're not knocking him off the final table. That's the free roll this week. If you want the details on eligibility for the free roll, go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. Someone has said to me recently, you haven't given the eligibility requirements recently. Yes, I have. I've given that URL, which you can go to, to see the eligibility requirements. I just don't repeat it on radio every week because it's tedious and boring to repeat that. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. Now, here's some other tedious and boring things I will repeat. If you want to call into the show, as always, our phone number is 775-FRAUD55, 775-372-8355. That is also our text number. You can text me anytime at that phone number, and I will respond to you. You can text me during the show, before the show, after the show. Now, I may read your text on the air, unless you ask me not to, if you text that number. You can text Brandon. A lot of people did that this week. In fact, he's going to do a segment about this later on in the show. You can text him at 203-299-2436. As you can hear, I haven't gotten fully over my cold yet, but 203-299-2436. Of course, there's the Mount Charleston line. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas where I have a phone, an old 70s rotary telephone that sits on top of Mount Charleston and forwards to wherever I go and even has its own special line to me. So if the main number's busy or you can't get through in some way, you can try the Mount Charleston line. It has a different way in. 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. Of course, I have to mention the call-to-listen line. The call-to-listen line is a number you can call to listen to the show on any telephone. You don't need a data plan. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need the internet. You don't need a computer. All you need is a phone, a regular phone. doesn't matter if it's your grandmother's phone from the 1950s. It's okay. You can call in the call-to-listen line from any phone in the world, 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. Some great things about the call-to-listen line are that, number one, there's no buffering. None of that crap. Once you're through to it, you hear the show, and it runs smoothly. Number two, it doesn't cost you even one byte of data. So if you have a data plan that is not unlimited, then you're going to want to use the call-to-listen line to listen to the show because you won't waste your data. It'll help you not get throttled by AT&T. That's true. That's true. This will uh, defeat AT&T at their own game. Though there are are a few crappy little cell phone providers that have apparently, uh, I guess at least one of them, that has, like sent an angry letter to someone telling them that they can't call that anymore. 
they're telling them that uh, their unlimited calls are only for regular phone numbers. But I not- think Cal Watt was right. I think you are more big time than you thought when you got cell phone companies shutting down your call to listen. That's line, true. I think you've officially made it. <laughs> I, I did wonder about that. Like, how do they know? But uh, may, maybe they know about the call to listen. Maybe someone who works there listens to it. But 712-775-8162 is the phone number. And if you forget these numbers, you can go to the official radio thread on the Flying Stupidity Forum or just click the radio button near the top of the screen and you will see most of these numbers listed. We do run streaming reruns of our past 201 shows, plus the five Into the Night with Drexel shows, on the Call to Listen line when we're not live. So if you call that number when we're not live, you will hear some show we did in the past, which it just randomly selects and runs as if it's live. And then when that's over, it picks another random one. You can also listen to the random streaming reruns by just going to the radio page. Now, I don't know if I announced this last week, but... We have a new way to listen to the show in the archives, and that's Google Play. Poker Fraud Alert Radio is now on Google Play. You can't listen live on Google Play, but you can listen in the archives on Google Play. We had some requests for that, especially from people who have Android devices, so there it is. Poker Fraud Alert Radio, just look, search for Poker Fraud Alert, all one word, in Google Play, and you'll find it. You can also listen to the archives through iTunes, through Stitcher, TuneIn, which is an app, uh, you can just download the MP3s directly off of our site and listen that way. A lot of ways to listen in the archives. You can also use the TuneIn app, by the way, to listen live. I still recommend the call to listen line, but if you don't want to use that, you can use the TuneIn app to both listen to the archives and listen to the show live. We have both of those through the TuneIn app. Now, I have not verified this, but I believe that this show offers you more listening options than any radio show in the world, whether live or not live, whether uh, terrestrial or satellite or internet. I believe we have the most listening options of anything. I just give you tons of listening options. Tons. I even tried to do SoundCloud, but they made it very difficult for me, so I gave SoundCloud the middle finger and didn't use them. But there's so many other ways to listen. You, you cannot come to me and say, I wish I could listen to your show if only I could find a way to do it. There's, there's so many ways. The free roll, by the way, starts at 8.40, with 25 minutes of late registration. So it'll start at 8.40 p.m. Pacific Time, all the way through 9.05 p.m. is the last time you can register. Totally free. Doesn't even require any play chips. It takes place in the No Fraud Online Poker Room. It is No Limit Hold'em, as it usually is. So it's a good deal you know you're not going to win big money on there except for the 200th show I guess you could say you could win big money where Daniel 72 won 250 bucks but you're not going to win big money but if you're listening live it's a fun thing you can do in the background and have a realistic shot of winning because there's fewer than 100 players every time most of our listeners listen in the archives that's why we have fewer than 100 players and also a lot of people just either don't want to play the free roll who listen live or can't because they're on a device that can't run it. Though I heard on some smartphones you can actually run it, which is a new one to me. But apparently it's a, I've heard from some people that they've been playing on their smartphones. So, let me give you the agenda tonight and then we will get started. We 
The embattled Global Poker League relaunches and is going to continue Season 1. This is after CEO Alex Dreyfus was really caught with his pants down. He was borrowing money from people under false pretenses because he wasn't really borrowing it. He was saying, give me a currency exchange. He said, you know, I'll give you euros for your U.S. dollars, and then he would never send the U.S. dollars and just stall, stall, stall for months. There's supposed to be like a same-day or next-day transaction, and instead he, he stalled for months and uh, turned it into a loan and only paid back when he was uh, threatened that they were going public, or actually told he was, they were going public about him. One of the victims of this, in fact, was super hot tournament player, and I mean hot by how he's running, not how he looks. Though one step agrees he's hot in both ways. But uh, to me, he's just a hot tournament player in that he's just doing really, really well. But Fedor Holtz was one of the victims of that. Anyway, the Global Poker League, despite that, and despite Alex Dreyfus's admission that it's really struggling, is relaunching. But how long will it last? We will discuss the future of the Global Poker League. Well, I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, you know what I wish I could see more of? You know what I wish we could really get? You know what the entertainment world is really missing? A fictionalized TV show about poker. (laughs) Because all the ones they've attempted to make so far have just looked so promising. They've been so professionally done. The writing's been so good. The acting has been stellar. They've uh, gotten A-list actors on these projects. Okay, maybe not. But there's another one that's being made. Another fictionalized TV poker fail show is in the works. So we will talk about that, and I'll even play you a preview of it. Remember Perlad Friedman? I'm sure you do. He was a very successful no-limit player for a while. He made it deep in the main event one year and fought with Jeffrey Lissandro on TV. He liked to rap. He's a white guy, but he likes to rap. Uh, even rapped on ESPN, of poker is fun for everyone. Uh, he fell under a lot of controversy when he was promoting UB. After the, after the scandal, after the cheating scandal, he was promoting what he called the new UB, despite the fact that he was one of the biggest victims of the cheating on there in the first place. The outrageous thing about this is there was no new UB. It was the same owners as before. And so basically he was promoting everyone to come play at the same site with the same owners who cheated him and everyone else. And then what did they do? They stole from everyone again. Surprise, surprise. Perlot Friedman also is a known very left-wing liberal who is very anti-corporate. That's a strange behavior from someone who has those views of corporations. So his popularity really took a nosedive after that, and uh, I think he still plays poker, but he hasn't really been inserting himself in the poker public. Since then, he's had a few issues. He's uh, had a divorce, and uh, I already wasn't doing that well financially. But anyway, Perlot is back in the news. He has founded Progress Records and has released a hot new track with his very young girlfriend. <laughs> I'm going to play that hot new track for you. We can, we can all talk about together whether we think this is a, a hit in the making. 
Poker Stars seems okay with seeding scripts. A seeding script is an automated program that sits you at a table of choice in the blink of an eye, literally. Usually, if you want to sit down at an online poker table, you got to click on it. you got to enter your buy-in information. But the big thing with, with the sitting is, let, let's say you see a game with one seat open. You've got to open up the table and click on the seat faster than everybody else does, or you won't get that seat. Seating scripts not only do that instantly, but they also look for certain players that you might want to play with. Known fish. It will find them and instantly seat you with them. Poker Stars is okay with this. Surprisingly, and a recreational player is very upset about that. So we'll talk about what Poker Stars had to say about this. There's a new online casino in New Jersey, and that new online casino in New Jersey is from a Philadelphia casino? I bet you didn't know Philadelphia was really in New Jersey. Did you know that? You were the California guy. Did you know Philadelphia is in New Jersey? Not the last time I checked. Now, there actually is a part of New Jersey that's associated with Philadelphia. The portion of New Jersey that is pretty much bordering Philadelphia, that's considered the greater Philadelphia area. So that is true. And if you fly to Atlantic City from the West Coast, you are often flying into Philadelphia and then just renting a car and driving the last 60 miles because it's hard to fly to Atlantic City from the West. So Philadelphia and New Jersey, they do have a connection, but it's not in New Jersey. But this casino seems to think it is, because they are they're going to have a, or they actually have launched, a legal online casino in New Jersey, even though they're a Philadelphia casino. I'll explain that when we get to that segment. I stopped talking about politics on this show for a while, because it seemed like the election was mostly a done deal. It seemed like that Hillary Clinton was going to win, that Donald Trump had pretty much buried himself, that he was unable to adjust to the general election, that it was done, and he was so far behind in so many key states, it just was not going to happen for him. Now, I'm not saying he's the favorite to win now, but believe it or not, President Trump is suddenly a reality again. A reality meaning that it will not be a shocker if it happens, whereas... A few weeks ago, it would have been a shocker if it happened. It was so much, I was almost going to place a bet on Hillary Clinton, even something like minus 500, because I thought he just had no chance. Well, I'm glad I didn't, because the odds are are much, much uh, closer to even now. They're not even, but they're much, much closer. I think like minus 160 Hillary. Anyway, she's really blowing her lead. She's really chunking off her lead, and this, this kind of has the look of watching a sports team that has a big lead towards the end of the game, just uh, letting their opponent catch up, catch up, catch up, and you see who has momentum, and you think, oh, crap, the one, that, you know, this, the one that's ahead is probably going to lose. Oh, so like the Giants' bullpen. <laughs> yeah. I forgot you're in Northern California. Yeah, that's... You know, welcome to the, the bad bullpen. Uh, the bad bullpen heartbreak. With that. Well, I'm not a Giants fan. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I've had to deal with this crap with the Dodgers. This year, it's actually not that bad, their bullpen. But in previous years, they just watched over and over and over again the bullpen blowing games. But yeah, the Giants have been horrendous with the bullpen. And they have that's where the Dodgers have gotten way ahead of them now. But anyway, yeah, uh, Hillary has pretty much been like the Giants' bullpen. And she's shot off most of her lead. And now I see a very clear path for Donald Trump to win. I'll explain what I, what I think that path is. And we'll talk about why this has happened. The other general topic is something that you'll be surprised, maybe, to hear me 
talk about, not the subject so much, but the person I'm going to be praising. I'm surprised to hear myself do this because I never thought that I would ever praise Senator Elizabeth Warren. I, I really don't like her. But when someone does something that is good, when someone does something that's right, then I have to give them credit, even if they're from the political party that I'm not part of, even if they're a politician I don't like, I I have to give them credit if it's an issue that I find important and that the person has done right. So Elizabeth Warren has gone after Wells Fargo in an aggressive banking banking committee hearing. I'm going to play that for you and comment on it. It may sound like a boring segment, like, oh, wow, who wants to hear a banking committee hearing? This is actually good stuff, because this is about the scam that Wells Fargo pulled, where they opened up 2 million fake accounts at the bank of existing customers. They'd opened additional accounts for them without their permission. In fact, this happened to my own mom. My own mom had a credit card application where the banker forged her signature and wrote up an application for her. Even put a phony profession down for her. So this is real. I'm sure you know someone. If, if it's not you, I'm sure you probably know someone who was a victim of this. I wasn't personally a victim, but my mom was. What about you, Northern California guy? Do you know anybody who got uh, hit by the Wells Fargo scam? You know, nobody that I've talked to so far. I've never done any banking with them myself, but I was pretty shocked to hear that story. I, I remember when I got, uh, when my mom told me like two years ago about what happened. Of course, this is well before anyone knew about the scandal. And I, I just thought it was some... Empl- bad employee there who did this. So I, I said, wow, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they opened up a credit card in your name and forged your signature. And I, I, I was shocked by it, but uh, and then I actually forgot the story for a while. I remember something, by the time this happened, I was like, something happened to my mom, but what was it? I knew it had to do with Wells Fargo and opening up accounts without her permission. But I didn't quite remember exactly what it was, and then she reminded me. I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, I was shocked at the time, but now it's not shocking at all anymore. I guess I just didn't realize that the incentives for signing people up for new accounts were such that it was worth doing such unlawful activities. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that either. Surprising. I, I think it's just at that bank. Anyway, uh, you, you'll actually hear more about it. You know, Elizabeth Warren goes into exactly why this was happening, and she makes a very good case for why the executives and even the CEO of Wells Fargo should be uh, criminally investigated and charged. They probably won't be, but... When we get to that segment, I will play it. And even if you're not from the U.S., I think it's interesting listening. It's a very interesting scandal. So that's our agenda for tonight. You'll notice it's not a very long agenda. That's why I threw in these general topics, partially because we only had six days since the last show, and partially this is just a light news week for online poker. I even tried to scour sites I don't normally read to try to dig up some news that... uh, I might have missed, but honestly, uh, there just isn't much this week. So, This would have been a better week for Brandon to go to Sonic, but unfortunately it's this week when Brandon is going to be partially absent from the show. Where is... I thought he's only going for a few minutes. Brandon, where are you? Brandon, hello? Yeah. Didn't he say that he promised somebody an hour of his time? Well, that that was between 9 and 10, I thought. Here he was just going for a few minutes. Here I thought he was just going for a few minutes while I finished the agenda. Now, maybe Brandon accurately realized that me finishing the agenda was going to be like another 20 minutes. <laughs> but I'd, I'd take the other. I mean, he was right. We, we just finished it. So I, I guess I can't be too mad that he's not back yet. Like, if he came back right at this moment, he would have timed it perfectly. So, well, whenever he comes back, he comes back. Uh, I, I'm just happy we got the show going. Oh, I see what happened. We lost him. Let me, let me connect him back. That's so weird. 
we absolutely lost Brandon. No, it's, it shows he's idle. You know what? I, I won't even bother to connect him because he's idle. When Brandon's ready, he can come back. So he must be doing something in the background. Maybe he's talking to his friend. Yeah, he has a friend that's in town and kind of just dropped by. Well, not dropped by, someone from out of state, but I don't think I know the person. But the person said, hey, you know, I'm in town uh, you know, just for tonight, <laughs> whatever. So, um, he really wanted to get back together with Brandon, and Brandon hadn't seen him in a few years. So Brandon just said, okay, well, I've got this radio show, but I'll see you for an hour. But maybe he's talking to him on the phone now. I don't know. Whatever. See, this is why we have you around, Northern California guy. It was good timing, I guess. Yeah, so, so I can have a co-host here. One of these days, I think maybe my cough will go away. One of these days. I've had this cold for three weeks. It's not really much of a cold anymore. A little bit left, but still have the cough. Just one of these stubborn ones that won't go away. But I, I feel okay. And uh, the, the free roll started three minutes ago, by the way. So, okay, let's just jump into the topics here. The Global Poker League is something that we have mocked on this show many times. And rightfully so. I, when I heard the Global Poker League described, I knew it was going to be a fail. It just seemed like such a dumb concept. Team poker, and not even interesting teams. Like, uh, someone suggested, I think it may have been that jerk Lyman, he may have suggested this. If, if it was, he made a good suggestion. But he said something like, you know, I would actually be interested to watch meaningful poker teams like the Bellagio regulars versus the Commerce regulars. Now, that would be interesting to see, especially if you play at these casinos. So that's something maybe you could root for or, or, or be interested in. Like, who, who are the better players? The Bellagio players, the Commerce players, the Borgata players? The Foxwood players, that I would want to see. That would actually be interesting, and that's never been done before. But, of course, Alex Dreyfus did not do this right. He was very big on promises, very big on self-promotion, but not very big on delivering a good product. He is the CEO of the Global Poker Index and the Global Poker League. The, the Global Poker Index, known as the GPI, is just a, a ranking system that somehow has caught on, and even the World Series uses it. And the GPL, is uh, that started after that. That's for the Global Poker League. And that is where they have formed teams from various uh, cities. And that these teams play each other. But it's not like what I described with teams having to do with specific casinos. Or where anyone who's on the team has a spe- specific affiliation with one another. In fact, some people on these teams are not even really from the cities where they claim to be. And they all have names and logos. You know, the Hong Kong Stars, the Los Angeles Sunset. The Las Vegas Moneymakers, and yes, Chris Moneymakers is part of that. But it really is just a random assortment of people who are thrown together that are designated, okay, you're on this team. And I guess they're kind of loosely associated with with the cities sometimes. Weren't they they drafted, or am I misremembering? Yeah, they were drafted, yeah. Okay, that probably has to do with why they're not actually from where they're representing. That's true. Uh Uh-oh. Did we just lose the Northern California guy? God damn it. Okay, we're going to call him back. I don't know what happened here. Okay, you're back. I don't know. Brandon, you here? Am I live on the fraud show still? You're on the fraud show. We lost Northern California guy, though. That's a shame. He'll be back for the 302nd episode. Listen, I wanted to make a clarification. I got a uh, a message on my call-to-listen line from the 850. This is in regards to the video poker game that Trader Ruski was playing. I mentioned, you know, the Kings with, like, the high card kicker. Yeah. He says it's called Super Double Double Bonus Poker. Okay. If the flush indeed pays 30 coins, and it did, he says it may be a 7-6 full pay 
99.7% game. Second game is ultimate four of a kind bonus poker. Okay, uh, Brandon, hang, with, hang yeah. on a second. I'm sorry. I've, I've got to, uh, the, the, when I dropped another California guy and tried to reconnect you, it, the whole thing got messed up. I've got to start the call again. The sound quality is fine, but the, nobody can call into me right now. So let me start this again. What a joke! All right, we're going to start when the, we're going to start. Let's see, Northern California guys. Yeah, I hate when this happens. The new Skype sucks. This keeps happening. We're it gets locked in a situation where I can't call anybody. Northern California guy, what happened to you? I have no idea. I was it, just it just cut. It just cut. We became disconnected, and I tried to call back a few times, and it just wouldn't connect. Yeah, we're having some issues with this new Skype, but okay. I think we have Brandon back, or we're gonna, we're going to in a second. He was starting to tell us about that video poker game. <laughs> now I can't reach him. Yeah, hello. Oh, here we are. Okay, Brandon. Uh, Druff? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So anyhow, uh, what did you do the intro yet? Uh, we're about halfway through it. I mean, I showered and I shaved. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're done. We're done. Oh, okay. We're talking about the Global Poker League and uh, and how, you know, I was just giving a brief history about... Uh, how it got started, and basically we all thought it was going to be a fail because nobody's going to care about these teams. The teams were just loosely affiliated. They were they were people drafted. There's nothing there's nothing to root for. There's nothing to root that's for here. Guy, that's the one with the currency exchange guy. Yes, that was with the CEO Alex Dreyfus, who then right. got into the not controversy. Really into the guy from Jaws. No, 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 not Richard Dreyfus. I'd, I'd rather it was Richard Dreyfus. I think he'd do a bang up job. But but right. uh, Alex Dreyfus, he's always been kind of a snake oil salesman type. And it came out very recently that in the early summer that he proposed a currency exchange to uh, some various high-limit players, including Fedor Holtz. And the currency exchange, he was saying, hey, I need some U.S. dollars, made up some BS reason why he needed U.S. dollars immediately, and said, look, I've got euros I can send you. You guys are from Europe. Let me send you euros to your bank account, and you give me your U.S. dollars cash that you have right here at the World Series. So these guys, they didn't get anything out of it, but they're like, okay, you know, problem, no problem, Alex. We like you. We'll do it for you. And they trusted him, and they gave him the, the money. And then Alex never sent them the euros. And months and months passed, and then when they finally realized that, like, Alex just wasn't paying them, they went to him, they confronted him and, and, uh, about six weeks later, and they said, Alex, what, what happened to our euros? And he's like, oh, the Global Poker League, it's not doing very well. Well, no, it's because that Fedora Holtz finally got caught up in some accounting, is what he said. Well, that, well, that, that, there was two different victims, so that was that, that was his thing. But, uh, but yeah, they, these were high limit players who didn't really pay that much attention. And then, kind of like after about six weeks, they were they were both looking at their accounting and like, wait a minute, well, we never got our euros. So they they went to Alex Dreyfus, and as I said, he's like, oh, the GPL isn't doing well. It's really struggling. I can't pay you right now, which is crazy because this wasn't a loan. You know this, what? That kind of reminds me of a story. I just did somewhat of a currency uh, exchange with a friend of mine. And yet the money still isn't in my bank. It's the most peculiar thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know about that. I've, I've heard that there's a. I've heard there's a quick pay scam going on, where where right. someone tries to send you a, 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 a you know some money what they claim is through the bank's quick pay format, where they do it like through your email address or phone number. I have firsthand. This ain't no quick pay. Yeah, and, and then and then the money never shows up, and then the the recipient is just stalled and stalled and stalled. I I heard that scam was pulled on Brandon recently, and uh, I, I who who did that to you? I forgot who it was. My esteemed co-host, Todd Bandruff, award bracelet winning. What? I wouldn't do anything yeah. like that. I, I would never scam you with it with quick pay. I didn't say I got scammed, but there ain't no money in my account, and you've gotten your currency exchange days ago now. That is true that I did acquire some uh, 
other currency from Brandon and that he has not received the 1200 from me that uh, I was sending to him on quick pay and uh, oh he do, he does have a text message though saying he's going to get it I not do. not not from me but from from the bank but he, he hasn't received but anyway you could have manipulated that with all your devices I, I could I, I could totally spoof that I totally could have but listen I got a question for you yeah uh, I'm on my way as I mentioned I have someone I haven't seen in a very long time that I is in town I'm meeting him at a casino in Vegas for an hour comes an hour of my time now I text you and I told you where I was going. Uh, do you remember or no? Uh, don't no. say it. No, I, I, I don't even remember. No. Okay, it's in the text log. It's all. I don't want you to give any other information. Now, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm proposing this mm-hmm. that I'm going to, you know, because I, I, I really enjoyed getting all the callers uh, from episode 201 involved with the text line and interacting. So I'm going to th- throw this kind of free roll out there. Now, everyone has one guess, and of course, you know the. Guess is going to be which casino am I going to now? Now keep in mind, there's over 150 casinos in Las Vegas. Now everyone should get one guess. Okay, no more than one guess. Where in the world uh, is Brandon Gerson? That's going to be called. Now, yeah, exactly. But and I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it's a casino. Now, Druff, what do you think? Uh, you know, because I have a little bit in that PayPal uh, account from the 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 Ghetto Sonic run. What would be a fair? You know, I'm not cheap, but I'm not like you know stupid. What would be a good amount? For me to throw out there for this little escapade, so I'm on the road right now. I'm in front. So they of all get one guess of where you are. Yeah, but they, everyone gets one guess, and whoever guessed the casino that I'm at, they get X amount of money. Yeah, I, I, I'm always very uncomfortable answering these questions. I hate giving away other people's money. Like I hate being the one no, to choose. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to be hundreds of dollars. I was, I was thinking. Twenty-five is that good? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's not. I know. I just like I didn't want to say something too high and then commit okay. you to it. That's what I. No, so uh, twenty-five. Yeah. So I'm gonna. This, so I don't unfortunately know my call to listen line, so I'm gonna have to have Druff give it. Okay. But in so, about thirty minutes, I'm gonna be heading towards that casino. I'm meeting somebody. Uh, it's you know in Las. There's no trick questions. It's a casino. It's in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. And I've actually talked about it on the show before. Okay, so um, the number is uh, to text Brandon. Can they start doing it now? Uh, give me ten minutes. Okay, in ten minutes, start texting yes. this number. Don't don't I mean, do if it. If bef- they text it now, I'm not going to like you know void them from the contest. But oh, I was about to th- I was about to threaten that. But okay, he's yeah, not going to no, avoid just it. Just do it ten minutes. Okay, I was Please. about to threaten that. I was going to yeah attach a consequence to it. But otherwise, our listeners they they won't give a crap. They're going to just yeah. start doing it now. But okay, okay. Then, it, no, you know what? Hold on. <laughs> uh, it's eight fifty three. Yeah, attach a consequence. It has to be after nine p.m. It has to be after okay, nine Pacific nine. time. So you, yes. if you do it before nine, your entry won't count. The, the, you, yes, you can text fair. something else to him, but but you, the entry has to be after nine p.m. It can be at nine p.m., but it, it has yes. to be at least at nine o'clock and zero seconds. So now, Druff, look at your cell phone real fast. I just want to confirm, just for the uh, integrity. I, I believe I'm ninety nine percent sure. I sent you a text where it's going to be. Well, no, you, you texted me where he's staying. You didn't text well, that's where, where you're that's meeting. That's the casino I'm oh, going to. Okay, okay. So you, do you see it there? So yes. In case, yes. Okay. Okay. So don't say nothing else, but just in case someone says, no, that's not where you have it there as proof of life. Yes, yes. Now, and, also, when they say in the contest, void were prohibited, what would that mean in regards to this? Uh... Well, just to qualify for this, I guess you have to have the same qualifications for the to play the free roll. Okay. So pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll. Read if you're eligible there. If you are, then you can play. Not void where prohibited. Otherwise, yeah, void where prohibited. <laughs> okay. So that's going to be the contest. It'll you know, kind of be an ongoing thing. So, yeah. So the, for the phone number is 
It's a number that even Brandon forgets. 203-299-2436. If you forget the number, just go to the thread, the official Druff and Drexel show thread for 921.16, and you will see that number listed there. 203-299-2436. In fact, I'm going to put that number on the official radio page, so you guys can see that there as well, but right now it's not there. Okay. So what what is the first topic? So we're talking uh, about the GPL, and and, uh, so I've just given a little background and and what Alex Dreyfus did. And while that was going on, while the the currency scamming was going on, and and Dreyfus admitted that he did it. He was... uh, he didn't say I was scamming them or I was forcing them into a loan that they didn't want and I pretended it was a currency exchange. But he did admit that their accounting of what happened was true, that he proposed a currency exchange, that they expected to be paid right away. He didn't pay them, that a long time passed, that they asked what's going on, the GPL was struggling, and uh, you know, he claimed he couldn't pay it, which makes no sense. If it's a currency exchange, it shouldn't matter what's struggling. He should have had the, he should have had the money right then, like a... That's what doesn't make any sense. He proposed a currency exchange. Why couldn't he send the money the next day? It, clearly, he didn't have it. So this alarmed a lot of people that the CEO and the creator of the GPL is so broke that he's scamming $30,000 loans or $30,000 worth of loans from poker players and taking months to pay it back. I mean, 30000 is not a huge sum of money. It, it's a decent sum of money, but it's not huge. And if you're having to scam high limit poker player for thirty thousand over three months, uh, there's something wrong. Especially when you're the owner of the GPL and you, and, yeah, and you're trying to put on an image like you're doing well and and, and that uh, you're a legitimate guy people can trust. So anyway, that's the old story. Not that old, but that's a story we've talked about on a previous show. The reason I'm talking about it now is that it was announced three days ago that the GPL is resuming play. Because I guess it had stopped for a while. But it's resuming Season 1 play on uh, September... When is this? I don't have the exact date. Well, it's, it's going to... Actually, sorry. It returned yesterday on uh, Tuesday, September 20th. It had a six-week hiatus... And it's a little longer than they expected. It was supposed to be, I think, like a three-week hiatus. But this is the first time they're going to play since this whole piece of information came out about Alex Dreyfus. Both, number one, that he was scamming people for loans they didn't really want to give and tricking them into thinking he was a currency exchange. And number two, that the reason he claimed he couldn't pay it back was that the GPL was struggling really badly, which we've said for a long time. We've said this is... This is going to be a dog. This is, this is not going to work out. This is going to be oh, some... shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Where's the surprise there? Yeah. Like, it's a, we knew it was going to be a fail, just like the Epic Poker League we knew was going to be a fail. The, we, there's just certain ideas when they're proposed. They oh, might... Jeff, what time is it? It is uh, 8.57. Oh, there's already four people that have been eliminated. <laughs> okay, like, why would Lou Father just text me? I mean, it, it's so blatant. Lou Father, you're eliminated. Because <laughs> you know what Lou Father's guess was? What was it? You guessed Lou Father. That's not even like, a, I mean... What well, no, he may have just been texting you like, hey, this is Lou Father. How do you, no, but I have his number. It goes back two years. He gets drunk and he, he threatens me sometimes. <laughs> so I have his number on here. I, I've actually heard that about Lou Father. I've heard that Lou Father gets drunk and, and gets aggressive with he's people. He's drunk. 
He's very angry. Now, now. what's funny is he, he actually did this to me several years ago, but, but since Poker Fraud Alert started, Lou Father's always been very, very nice to me. Lou Father, even when he's, he's drunk and, and, te- and just like messages me like crazy on Poker Fraud Alert, I, I will say he's always nice, but I have heard that to some other people he's not so nice, and, and I, I really wish Lou Father wouldn't do that. But, uh, yeah, not good for the fraud site. It's not good for the fraud site. So, so anyway... Uh, yeah, Lou Father apparently is disqualified as are three other people. Yeah, you guys got to wait till nine nine o'clock Pacific. It's not that hard to do. So okay. So anyway, the the Global Poker League, it uh, it, it started with uh, some kind of seed money that others put in. He got investors. He claimed they had an investor of like a uh, five million dollars, but I never believed that. I, I never believed that he got that, uh, and a lot of other people didn't believe it anyway. It was the same people that hooked up that Elizabeth Holmes, from what I hear. <laughs> yeah, those people really put money into it. It's just it ended up being yeah. a scam. But uh, but anyway, he, I, he only wishes he could get those people. But yeah. whatever it was, they. Uh, I always wonder how is the global poker league going to make money because they were they were paying the players. They got a lot of impressive players involved with it because they were paying them, and. Uh, so I, I thought, this is, there's no way this is going to last. It has no income stream. There doesn't need to be much interest in it. No traction. No traction. The, the, they could see the number of people watching on Twitch. It was a joke. Like It was just not getting massive numbers of people watching. They, I think they were getting like 200 people watching or so, these episodes. So that's not going to be a, a successful spectator poker league if 200 people are interested in watching it. <laughs> So, people are just waiting for the time when the Global Poker League would run out of money, run out of the money that uh, idiot investors gave to Alex Dreyfus, and it would fold. Because it just never seemed to have any kind of income stream. I think he was envisioning that it would become huge, it would be revolutionary, it would start being covered on TV, and this was TV he didn't have to pay for. You know, the uh, TV stations would want, want to cover it, or it would, it would uh, have such an immense online following, he could sell advertising, but none of this worked out, and that's very predictable. So, of course, Alex Dreyfus, like many snake oil salesmen, they never like to admit defeat. They never like to admit fail. They never like to admit they're struggling. People like Alex Dreyfus, and I'm sure you probably know some in your life. I'm talking to everybody here, not just my co-hosts. They always act like they're happy, the sun is shining bright, life is wonderful, everything's working out great, everything's going according to plan. Everything could be crashing down around them, and they'd be smiling. Like there could be a nuclear bomb from uh, North Korea headed our way, about to incinerate the entire United States. And Alex Dreyfus would sit there saying, "Hey, so uh, I just want to let you guys know that the Global Poker League is doing very well, and I'm very optimistic about the future and, and how it's going to work out in, in the United States." Like that would be him. He he just will never admit there's anything. And it's not just being- a house of cards, drop. Yeah, and, and he, it's not just being an optimist. It's all part of the scam. It's all part of being a snake oil salesman where in order to sell the BS that you're trying to sell, you have to come off as very nice, very agreeable, very positive, and very self-assured. So that's that's always been Alex Dreyfus, and he's done a lot of shady things over time. I'm not going to go into all of them. The thing with Fedora Holtz and the other high-limit players, that was the most recent example. So here's what he said, and of course he's claiming he's still bullish on the Global Poker League's future. This is what he said. Four years ago, the Global Poker Index began to transition itself to become poker's, poker players' ranking authority. 
with a mission to sportify poker. Well, in four years, I don't think poker has been sportified, so that's already been a big failure. We acquired the Hendon Mob. That was surprising. The largest live poker database since its start 12 years ago. Followed by the launch of initiatives such as the American Poker Awards, the GPI World Cup, and others. Now, he's be- definitely doing this with other, other people's money. I'm sure that's how he acquired the Hendon Mob. I don't know how much he paid. He even tried to acquire 2 plus 2's forum at one point, and Mason Malmuth turned him down. I'm sure, again, that would have been with other people's money. He, he went on to say, Five months ago, we set out on another long journey. Long journey is right. <laughs> this has been a very long journey for everyone involved. When we launched the Global Poker League, thanks to the support of 72 of the best poker players in the world whose combined earnings total over almost $400 million, we built up 12 global teams who would go on to compete for 14 weeks of regular season action. After the success of GPL's draft day in Los Angeles, by the way, the quote success of that was really because they paid Poker News to cover it. Uh, we filmed 200 plus hours of matches both online and live. We built, quote, the Cube, our signature arena in Las Vegas, and experimented constantly with better ways to connect the game to our viewers. Sometimes successfully, sometimes not. Yeah, I wonder which one was more common. Success or uh, not success. (laughs) Powered by Twitch TV, that's twitch.tv, as a partner we were able to accrue more than half a million unique engaged viewers to GPL streams. Now, now, hang on a second. Half a million unique engaged viewers to GPL streams. Uh, totally false. What he's trying to say is that they had more than half a million unique people, unique human beings viewing this. Totally, 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 totally false. By, by a very, very, very large margin. What he's done is he's added up all the viewers that watched every match on Twitch over those however many weeks it's been running. I don't know if it's been doing all 14 weeks yet, but whatever it is. Let's say it's done 10 of the weeks. Uh, or maybe it's the 14. Let's say 14 weeks. All the different matches over 14 weeks, he adds up all of the views of all those combined... And he came up with five with five hundred thousand, which I don't believe either. I don't. I even... did my own research. I found only one person, China Maniac. <laughs> That's the only one. You know what the sad thing is, Brand, What Brandon? Yeah, he's sitting there at eight o'clock on the East Coast. He's watching those global. He is. He did reel in China Maniac. China Maniac became a big fan. But the funny thing is, Brandon's statement is actually far more accurate than Alex Dreyfus is. Saying it's just one person viewing is way, way more accurate than saying 500,000 viewed. I mean, this is typical Alex Dreyfus. He actually wrote in the word unique. Not we had half a million views. Not we had half a million viewers, but we had half a million engaged, unique viewers. Which is a complete lie. That would be like me adding up all the listeners we've had for all 201 shows. And say, okay, we have uh, 300,000 unique listeners here. I wish. I wish we had 300,000, but we don't. Speaking of listeners, five minutes into the contest. Now, Drup, should I eliminate the ones people have guessed and read them on the air to make it a little easier so someone wins for sure? Or what do you think? You know, I don't think so, because what you'll be doing is punishing the people who entered early. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, anyhow, uh, Lou Father came up with uh, an answer wasn't correct, but uh, I still qualified him. He promised he'll be a nicer drunk. Okay, that that's good. Danny Deadwood, uh, he shot up an answer. He was incorrect. Uh, Donkey Killer, he came through. Uh, Bootsy Yaz, I don't even know who that is. Uh, Bootsy Yaz, do you know that listener? I think I've heard of him, but I don't, I don't really know who he is. Yeah, so we've got a bunch of... Uh, we have, 17 people already dropped wow. in five minutes. No one has got it right so far, and I'm on my way there. Okay, so uh, Brandon's on his way there. Again, you can text him at 203-299-2436 if you want to take a guess for $25 as to where is he going in Las Vegas to meet this friend. And it's a casino. It's a casino. So, so going on with what Alex Dreyfus said, he finished off saying, We built a platform we believe will become the foundation of pokertainment in the next few years, but we're not there yet. We adjusted some of our plans to fit into the reality of our situation, too. You mean like the reality that uh, you're broke and you've been taking what little money the, that was invested in it to spend on yourself? That reality? That you're scamming high-limit poker players at the World Series? That reality? Creating a new sports and entertainment property will take some time. Scammers love saying it'll take some time. Scammers love that phrase. Because what happens is the scammers will pitch something to you to get you to give them money. And what they're pitching always has some kind of immediate gratification. Scammers really rarely say, give us this money, and in 10 years your money will have matured and, and become worth a lot more. No. They'll sometimes send me some bitcoins right now and I'll give you some cash right in your account. Yeah, that's something like that, and I'll send you quick pay. Exactly. I, I, right, I needed bitcoins to play on Bovada. I, I asked Brandon for him. He sent it to me, and then I sent him quick pay, and he still doesn't have the money. Very much like that. So, <laughs> But you know what? Can I say something, though? Yeah. In all fairness, you know, obviously I'm only joking. Uh, I mean, I didn't receive it, but I did call my bank this morning, and they say they can see it on their end. Oh, good. I'm just waiting for Wells Fargo to release it. <laughs> What a job. I, I just like the old-fashioned way where you just get an account number and just drop it in there. That's just... They say it's an ACH. So, like, the oh, ACH. That's, uh, how, they, that's, that's how they told me these, these quick pays go That's through. a joke. I didn't know there was an ACH. That's, that's horrible. Yep. Uh, yep. No wonder it's so slow. Okay, you may not get it till Friday. Yep. So, anyway. Uh, scammers love to say that something will take time because... Scammers are, of course, eventually questioned when their promises don't go through, when the thing they promise yeah. does not happen. Time on their hand. That's all they got is time. Yeah. Wait some time. Just just give us a little more time. It'll work. Uh, yeah, of course, when it's pitched, when, when the Global Poker League was originally pitched, he didn't say it'll take some time to become huge. He was claiming it was going to revolutionize everything right away. Now it's going to take some time. So then he also wrote this. A mentor of mine told me that perhaps our biggest threat will be the disparity between how confident we are in our projects in the face of the doubts they will bring to the, in the public arena. I couldn't agree more. That's, so what he's doing here already is blaming everyone else. He's saying we're not successful because we have confidence in what we're doing, but the, the doubts that the public has is, is dragging us down. There's too much doubting of us. If you guys just trusted us... You know, just like you're supposed to trust me with my currency exchange, he says. Uh, if you just trusted him, it would be doing better, he's trying to say. So he says, I couldn't agree more. That's why I'm lucky to have the partners, players, and coworkers which we have. I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years, that, a.k.a. snake oil salesman, 
And I realize this endeavor is the most ambitious one I've undertaken. I, I doubt that. It's also the most exciting. We want to create the framework that will aggregate poker's 100 million global fans, not even counting the Chinese market, convert them into consumers, create opportunities to grow the game of poker outside its existing boundaries, and push it to the mainstream. The gist, poker outside the box, but inside the cube. And he put a little happy face. Isn't that cute? Uh, this is another tactic scammers like to use. They always like to talk about potential a potential market. So like, a, for example, uh, a tiny radio station that has almost nobody listening and has a terrible... Like uh, the, one, uh, the one in AM, whatever, in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. But but that one that, that maybe at night the AM signal bounces around and gets to a, a larger audience. So they'll say things like, well, we have two million potential listeners, referring to the fact that uh, maybe sometimes late at night the signal will bounce around and the entire Las Vegas area will be able to listen to it. That, they'll say two million potential listeners. Well, that doesn't mean anything. It, forget potential. Everything has, quote, potential. I'm a potential billionaire. So is everybody else here. Everybody listening to this show is a potential billionaire. Are any of us ever going to become billionaires? Uh, maybe see money. The rest of us know. So uh, potential means nothing. Well, you know what? 20, 30 years from now, the price of gold goes up. Maybe you just sell the W or the I, and they would tell us on the pool. And it just idles. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so... So anyway, uh, he, he also says convert them into consumers. And so he's trying to say there's 100 million poker fans out there, which I, I don't even know if that's true. It's what like denotes a poker fan. But let's even say that... I think that's highly overstated. Yeah, I think so too. But even if there, is 100, even there are 100 million poker fans, uh, convert them into consumers, that's... Yeah, you can say that, but that's, that's what... So, I mean, just think about that number. Like, would you be? Would you believe that there's a hundred million, like active, like you know, true follows, you know, every frequently, whatever, even baseball fans or football fans? I would find that number high. Yeah, it probably is high. For poker, come on, a hundred million. It is. It is ridiculous. Now that I think of it, tenth of a billion. Think of that number. That's nuts. And not not only that, if if it really was a hundred million, he'd be saying five hundred million or a billion. Like he wouldn't be he wouldn't be uh, keeping it down to he, he likes to exaggerate everything he's claiming there's five hundred thousand uh, viewers of the stream when it's like two hundred so why would he ever say it's a hundred million if it's a hundred million and his close friends and family that's who's watching <laughs> that's pretty much it you know he he needs to just bring China maniac on board and just you know interview him and say so China maniac uh, did I did, did I pay you anything to watch this nope did you have I mean, an interest like, I, I, I host uh, the fraud show. Every sixth or seventh day, sometimes there's a lapse. And to be honest, I mean, I, I could Google it, but I wouldn't even know how to watch this or find it. Or I, I don't know. You know what? I'm, I don't even know. Just, yeah, it's on Twitch. And that's the other ridiculous thing he said. He said, we've been partners with Twitch.tv. This is powered by Twitch.tv as a partner. No, it's not a partner. You just sign up there and you, and you start a stream. That, that's all he did. I think DJ Chaps even has a, a Twitch account, and DJ Chaps so isn't a partner. Some, I have a Twitch account, so if I went and, 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 and had some sushi and started twitching, I could say my sushi is sponsored by Twitch? Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. The whole, the whole thing is so misleading, and it's really a very accurate look into what Alex Dreyfus and the GPL really are. So, uh, so this is what the next six weeks are, are going to bring. Uh, 
<clears throat> they're going to have, quote, poker experts uh, that are, I'm not sure what they're going to be doing. They're gonna, it says, GPL will see the return of Laura Cornelius, Eric Dennis, Roland Boothby, and rotating cast of poker experts beginning with two-time WPT winner and GPL Las Vegas moneymaker team member Jonathan Little during the first two weeks. GPL will be present during TwitchCon 2016 in San Diego on October 30th to the gaming world. Look for booth number 852 and say hi. That's really hitting the big time, your booth 852 at a convention that nobody's going to. Uh, GPL will launch its GPL TV mobile app for iOS and Android next week. I, I bet... I wonder who paid to develop that mobile app. I bet he probably promised them some equity in the company. Or, or maybe he got the dumb investors to give even more money to develop this mobile app, saying, oh, the reason we don't have that many viewers is because people want to watch it on I their mean, phones. You know, let's talk about this and tell me what you think. I don't even know if this has been said before. But some idea like this, even if it was feasible, even if it was going to work, isn't this about 10 years too late? Yes, it is too, way too late. I mean, this isn't the climate to do something like this. No. I mean, it, it, it's getting worse and worse as every day goes by. Yes, people people care less and less about poker as a spectator game. Uh, so even with the World Series drawing good numbers every year, that's, I'm talking about the, playing, the, the number of players of the World Series, that's because people still like to play it, and the World Series is very good at marketing. But if you look everywhere else, tournament uh, numbers are going down. Uh, cash game players, uh, the number of them going down, and especially there's, watching poker on TV. Overlays, there's overlays now everywhere with these tournaments. Yeah, and tournaments, yeah, you know, and they're and they're. And, uh, listen to this. They had a ladies' circuit event. WSOP ladies, like you know, you win a ring or something, and they set out like an emergency tweet. This was at Planet Hollywood. Um, I don't know the buy-in, but it, I don't think it was much. I think it was like $500 maybe. They had six players. <laughs> six, six, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. This was about a month ago. They had six players. Well, that's good. That means that uh, every single one of these women can say they made the final table. <laughs> it was Kev Math saying, hey, ladies, in Vegas, you want a chance at a ring? There's only six entrants in this you know, WSOP women's circuit event at Planet Hollywood. There's six. Like, that's Yikes, huh? <laughs> yeah, you make the final table just when you register. That's crazy. They, sh- they should have gotten Jerry Lewis to try to advertise for them. To stand on the street in Vegas and say, Oh, nice lady! <laughs> that's what they need to do. So, yeah, that's, yeah it's, this is the wrong environment. And of course, Dreyfus knows this, but this is he happened to come up with the idea in 2015, and that's when he has to work with it, and he... Yeah, like things like this. Uh, he this like the poor man's Elizabeth Holmes. Honestly, he kind of is. He's, he, he's in love with it, and he's just going to stick to his guns. Well, he this thing with the mobile app. What's ridiculous about that? I believe Twitch already has a mobile app, so you don't need a separate mobile app to watch the GPL. That's just throwing away money. And if it was doing really well and making all kinds of money, this GPL, then I would understand having its own app. But this looks like he just he keeps convincing people to spend more money who are investing in it to develop it more, saying, okay, just spend a little bit more, then we'll really catch on. And it's just it's all money down a rat hole. So he says GPL now, is... Yeah, what was what's that? The difference between, <clears throat> excuse me, what's the difference between Twitch and Periscope? See, I'm not the biggest social media... I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not really into all that stuff either. Uh, t- I'm not. I think they're just different. Uh, 
I think they're just different sites. I think Periscope is more for like live where you're walking around somewhere. Like Periscope is more like you're going to be walking around with your cell phone and just showing what you're doing. Where Twitch is more of you're at home and broadcasting uh, from your house. I think that's that's more what that's for. I haven't used either of them, but that's what I believe to be the case. So then he also wrote, GPL will launch launch GPL TV on OTT platforms like Roku, Apple TV, and etc. And etc. <laughs> in 2017, too, in order to control its in- digital distribution in full and become a fully integrated sports and entertainment property. I have no idea what all that means. I think he's trying to say it's going to be on Roku and Apple TV and, and quote, etc. in 2017. But I don't understand this whole thing about controlling its digital distribution in full. Why, why wouldn't he just want it distributed to the maximum so they would uh, be seen more? It sounds like they're trying to control it. Like, oh, we have so many viewers, we've got to control it. <laughs> we've got to be in full control because there's so many pirated versions of the uh, GPL because everyone is wanting to watch it so badly. GPL is working on partnering with various casinos and tours to have GPL corner fan shops available to fans in brick-and-mortar casinos in addition to our online fan shop. So in case you don't know what that means, that means that let's say you're in uh, the Commerce Casino. Uh, he's claiming you'll be able to buy a Los Angeles Sunset t-shirt. <laughs> fan shops? How many fans could it have? Well, we know one fan, China Maniac. I mean, I guess China Maniac will, will buy uh, one jersey, but fan shops, and they're going to really have these at poker tours? And they think people are actually going to buy... What is even weirder about this is if, if you're playing one of these poker tours, you're likely not going to be a fan of, of this BS. You're, you're more likely to be a fan if you're just some uh, recreational player who plays uh, the 1-2-no limit. Not not a player at a World Poker Tour event. But uh, putting that aside... This th- your, your parents, they come out to Vegas every so often. Would they ever say, Todd... Will you get me the, the what's the L.A. team called? Oh, the L.A. Sunset. Yeah, would they ask you for an L.A. Sunset Global Poker League jersey? No, in fact, uh, they. I'm glad they don't even know about it because they may ask me, you know, hey, I thought you were a poker player. Why aren't you on the L.A. Sunset? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah, no, no one's going to care about this. Uh, and the fact that he's claiming we're working with, uh, we're working on partnering with them. Working on partnering means you're just emailing them and asking them, uh, will you do it? Yeah, Todd, now I've arrived at my destination. Okay. I correctly guessed. So you can go on with these serious, didn't but you said PokerStar did something bad again? Did it hurt your feelings or something? Yeah, I was crying earlier this week. Okay, so you cover that. Give me some time. I'll be right back. Well, do we even have, where's Northern California guy and Ruski and Kalawat? Well, we only have Northern California guy and he's been kind of quiet. You still here, Northern California guy? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll Northern con- California guy, can you step in for me, please, sir? I'll do my best, Brandon. So, Northern California guy, he's going to pinch hit here. He's going to pinch hit for Brandon. All right. Now pinch hitting for Brandon Drexel-Gerson. Number 707, Northern California guy. <sighs> okay. So, Brandon is, is meeting with a friend now. The reason Brandon's sound quality was poor on that call was that... Uh, he was on his phone on the way there. And now he's I gone. thought he sounded quite soft, but I wasn't sure if that was just me. Or oh, really? As I heard him okay. See, the problem is I hear people differently than they hear me. Let's see what the chat room's saying. I, I hate when there's that sound differential between us because then people go crazy trying to listen. 
People in the chat room, did you hear Brandon okay? And I want to know this because when he calls back, I'll uh, put him on louder. Ding! What was that? He, they said he was a little soft. Okay. So I'll, tur- I'll turn him up louder. Someone else said, nah, you guys are good. But, but not terrible. All right, that was good. Most people seem satisfied with it. What was that ding I heard, though? Oh, I just clinked a glass. Oh. I was yeah. grabbing a nice coffee like I thought like Brandon like, did last week. I thought maybe you're uh, having a toast with somebody there. Nope, afraid it's just a one-man party tonight. So I propose this toast to myself for being the only co-host on there in Brandon's absence. For finally making it into the pinch hit lineup. Yeah. I mean, here you are after all this time. I thought you were gone. You came back. I thought we lost you forever. No, nah, just this summer, the live schedule was a little a little hectic, and then I just kind of got off habit of uh, looking for the radio show on Wednesday nights. So that's I was good. Just yeah, catching no. in the archives and no, it's, I, like it's, it's. I like having this revolving door. You know, like we had Cal Watt a bunch of weeks in a row and Trader Ruski. You know? Yeah, and honestly, Cal Watt. I mean, that guy is doing like a hell of a job stepping in. So I was more than happy just to listen to him on air. Him and bringing the Hanson kid. They're doing a great job. Yeah, they so are. They are doing the great show job. Was in good hands. But I, yeah, I like having variety too. So that's. I'm, I was glad to hear you. I was glad to get that message from you. I said, "Oh wow, he's back." Yeah, last week's show was pretty inspiring. Honestly, it and, was. Uh, I don't know. It felt like a throwback to the old days. It was uh, good stuff. The spontaneous type of stuff that I fell in love with when I first started listening to this show way back in the day. Yeah, we're going you know, to... I've talked with Brandon about that. Actually, Brandon was more talked to me about that. And we're going to try to bring more of that type of stuff back to the show. So, it's, you know, have the balance of that type of stuff and the regular poker topics. So anyway, uh, finishing with the Global Poker League here. Let's uh, get back to this funny article about it. 56% of surveyed poker fans, this is from Alex Dreyfus, 56% of surveyed poker fans claim that they would like to play a team poker tournament and 40% want to be part of GPL. We are working with partners to connect GPL players and grassroots fans to make this a reality. Now, where was the survey taken? Just On, on their Twitch broadcast? <laughs> It, it kind of reminds me of, of Trident, where uh, four out of five dentists recommend chewing Trident to prevent cavities. <laughs> like, even as a kid seeing that advertised in the 70s, I thought, what the hell are they talking about? They really surveyed dentists? You know, when was the survey taken? How was it taken? Even as a kid, I, I cried foul on that. Is that ad campaign still around? In fact, they're, they're, it's a, it's a, the funny thing is they're actually mocking it now. Trident is actually mocking their old ad, ad campaign by showing the one dentist who didn't recommend it, and then they always show that guy looks inept or something wrong with him. Like, that's that's the new joke of, this is the dentist who didn't recommend chewing Trident. So it's like that. I don't know what the survey is. Obviously, the whole thing's made up. We believe the future of GPL and, quote, pokertainment will be driven by fan-fueled initiatives. What is a fan-fueled initiative? Sounds like a... Sounds like something having to do with politics, but it's not... After surveying, we found that 40% of fans, another survey, great, would pay real money fantasy games based on poker, and 49 would like to stake live poker players. With almost 4 million unique combined visitors, GPL, GPI and the Hended Mob are the perfect platform to do so. So he's claiming that uh, they're going to use the GPI and Hended Mob also to greatly increase their numbers and... and uh, Allow them to play fantasy games based on poker and 
some kind of staking of live poker players through them. These are, these are again, like pipe dreams by Alex Dreyfus to make the whole thing seem like it's going to be huge rather than just sticking to the current model, which is failing. Speaking of the Hendon mob, is that even back up and running since oh, that's, the last that's good, show? That's a good question. Yeah, it was down in the last show. Let's see. Let's see if it's back or if Alex Dreyfus is still looking for a currency exchange to pay the bill. <laughs> nope, it's it's done. So I, I, I don't know how the 4 million users are visiting because it's been down for at least a week. <laughs> That's pathetic. I like the Hendon Mob. They they had to he had to freaking buy the Hendon Mob and ruin it because he can't pay the bill. It couldn't be that expensive to pay the bill for that. I would imagine they'd be bringing more in through advertising on that site than it could possibly cost to run it. Yeah, that's probably paying Alex Dreyfus's rent. Yeah. I can't believe it's still down. I almost gave him credit. Like, Calwatt was making fun of him. Oh, they didn't pay their bill. They didn't pay their bill. And I, I kind of agreed with him. But I like inside, I'm like, well, this is a little bit unfair. I didn't say it out loud. But I'm thinking, well, you know, Poker Fraudler sometimes has times when it's down. And it's not because I don't pay my bill. Well, once in a while it is. But that's just because I forgot. And I even thought, well, maybe he forgot. Like I, I, I kind of made excuses for him that he didn't deserve. But now that we're like a week later and it's still down, it's pathetic. And that, that's a major site people use to check on tournament results. It pisses me off. It's like a a beloved institution of poker. It they, was always the go-to site as far as I was concerned. It was. Yeah, it still is. It's like you think about it, I want to check on such and such person's tournament results. Okay, let's look at their hand in mob. That's what everyone thinks who's been around poker for any amount of time. And it now it's just been down because Alex Dreyfus bought it and ruined it. Just didn't pay the bill. <laughs> so it's so funny he's making these statements about the 4 million combined visitors and then you can't even visit it because <laughs> it's down. Typical. GPL playoffs and finals will be hosted in our Las Vegas TV studio from the 29th of November to the 1st of December. Okay, you have a TV studio Where's it going to air? A TV studio does not matter if there's no TV station for it. Finally, GPL Season 2 will start in quarter 1 of 2017 with an improved format, a new draft day with new teams, player changes, etc., as well as the introductions of trades between teams. Oh boy, that's exciting. So now, not only is there going to be a new draft and new players, but you'll have the excitement of, oh, maybe the Sunset is going to trade... Maria Ho to the stars. You think that Fedor Holtz is uh, is balling enough to have a no-trade uh, clause in his contract? <laughs> is he part of this right now? I mean, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I know I he knew. That he was, I thought China Maniac said that he was the number one drafted, and this was before he was blowing up. In oh, China that's right. That's what right. A player he was. That's right. Okay, so, so yeah, he probably does have a no-trade clause. He, he, I think he has the right. I think he can either have a no trade clause or a limited no trade clause. Like he can say, "I'll, I'll be willing to be sent over to the uh, the Hong Kong Stars, but not the not the Las Vegas Money Makers." I'm not going to play got leverage. Yeah, he's going to say, "I'm not going to play second fiddle to that Money Maker kid." So th- this is uh, typical crap from Alex Dreyfus. A lot of promises, a lot of grandiose ideas, very little actual delivery. Very little actual enthusiasm for his projects. Very little uh, that results of it from anything. And he is good at talking these investors into coughing up money for these things, though. Maybe not as much as he'd like, but there are people out there. I don't know where he finds them. Probably ones that don't know poker that well. 
that he convinces that he's really stumbled upon the next huge thing that's going to make them all super rich. And there's a lot of people out there with money, especially those in in, uh, foreign countries who don't necessarily understand a lot of this stuff, just because it's from a different culture. And if you have a smooth talker who, who convinces them that they've really hit upon something big and they just need the money to back it, then they throw money at it. And they believe in it. And if it doesn't work, then Alex Dreyfus says, well, we gave it our best shot, it just didn't work the way we expected. Sorry. But it always amazed me how these terrible ideas get investors for such large sums of money. We're not talking about people throwing $100 here, $100 there. We're talking about big money that people put into this. So who are these people? How are they convinced of it? And how are they not consulting with people like us saying, hey, what do you think of this idea? When I say us, I don't mean us specifically. I mean just anyone like us. Anyone who has been around poker for a long time and can say, yeah, I think this will work, or no, I think this is going to be a fail. And most poker players I spoke to, as soon as they heard about this, believed that it was going to be a fail, at the very least from a financial standpoint, which is why you would invest in one of these things. Even if it was popular but not making money, that wouldn't be good enough. But here we have the one-two punch of nobody cares about it, and it's not making money. I remember they were also being mocked that uh, Jason Somerville was not part of it. And people were saying, how did they miss this? Jason Somerville had just this immense following on Twitch. Uh, there were people like, like 20, 25,000 people watching him on Twitch. He just had this massive following on Twitch. Bigger than any poker player, by far. And they're like, they missed the opportunity to get Jason Somerville and his huge following in on this. So people were laughing that Jason Somerville himself had like 100 times the viewers that the Global Poker League did. But it was true. So here, here they, they are associated with Twitch, associated meaning using it, but here they're using Twitch as their platform. And the one player who is just blowing up huge on Twitch, they don't get. I don't know if they tried to get him, but they didn't get him. So that's what's going on with Alex Dreyfus. I think it's just a matter of time. I'd be shocked if a year from today, the whole thing is still running. I think it'll be dead by a year from today. I'll be shocked if the playoffs even happen. Yeah, that's, that's probably accurate. All right. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. see people chatting in the chat room, which I forgot to mention in the intro, but... I'm not going to, because I'm sure you know it exists. Let's move to our next topic. There is another potential... Actually, no, I'm going to skip this. I'm going to go to the Poker Stars thing, because Brandon may want to talk about the Poker Fail Show. Let's talk about the Poker Stars thing, the seating scripts. As I mentioned during the intro, Poker Stars players have long used what's known as seating scripts. Seating scripts are programs that will immediately allow you to take a seat at a preferred table without you having to manually click through to do it. This way, if a seat's open, you get it right away. You don't have to rush there clicking your mouse to try to beat another player who's doing the same thing. And seating scripts will look for known fish that you tell it to look for. And when it sees those fish, it will automatically seat you at that table. In the old days, I used to have to just sit and look. Sit and watch these 
list of players in the Poker Stars game and go, oh, I remember that guy, he sucks, and quickly go and sit in the seat. Seating scripts take care of that for you. They look for certain players who are not good and just seat you with them. They will even choose a preferable seat. Like if it can guess, if there's a few seats available, it'll take the one that has the best position on the guy. So this is very off-putting to recreational players who know what's going on. So picture this. Picture you're a fish. Picture you lose money on Poker Stars, and you sit down with, I don't know, three players at a nine-handed table. So you're the fourth one. Within seconds, five other players instantly appear there. Well, you see it happen once. You just go, oh, wow, that's funny. We all sat down at once. But every time you sit down, it goes from a three-handed game to a nine-handed game instantly. After a few times of this, you're going to know what's going on unless you're completely clueless. You know what that reminds me of is back in the day when there'd be a fish at the table and he would either bust or sit out. And then like one or two hands later, everyone else at the table would sit out. Yeah. I always thought that was like a terrible look. I thought like you should at least keep playing until the guy gets up and leaves the table. Because if he's still seated there and sitting out and he sees it, the minute he sits out, everyone else sits out. It, even if you're a fish at poker, you'd have to be a complete idiot to just not. You know, it's fu- it's funny you mention that because this used to happen all the time in my limit games. I think it's a terrible look for so, poker, honestly. So one time a guy objected to this and said, I mean, more, more than one time, I remember one time specifically where a, one of the, the fish who was in the game busted and then everyone sat out and he worse than thought that they were playing him because he was a fish, They thought he thought this was some sort of collusion thing, where they were only willing to play him because everyone's colluding with each other against him. So he said, wow, if I sit in, you guys all sit in. If I sit out, you all sit out. Obviously, this is team play against me. No wonder I'm losing. And everyone just sat there silent. No one knew what to say. They were afraid to respond because they didn't know what to say to him. They couldn't deny this was happening. What the reason he thought it was happening wasn't. Nobody was cheating him, but they didn't want to admit that the reason that they're sitting with him is because he's the fish. So he's like, you know, I'm not going to play with you guys anymore. This is so clear to me what's going on. So I'm like, okay, I've got to say something. So I quickly thought of something good to say to him. I said, here, you want to know the truth of what's happening? I'll tell you. You're a new player that we don't really know. The rest of us all know each other. We're not cheating. We're not uh, colluding. We're not talking to each other outside of this game. But we all know each other. We've all seen each other for he- around here, and uh, we don't know you. And we all assume, because you're new here, that you have to be a fish. So that's the reason people are doing this, is because they think since you're new, you must suck. And the reason I put it that way is it, it gave him a little out for his ego, that I'm not saying we're sitting with you because you suck, which was true. I'm saying we're sitting with you because you're new, and we're just assuming you suck. And then this way he can think, ha, 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 well... Uh, if only they knew that I'm really a good player. Like, in this way, I'm not insulting his play. I'm just giving a reason why we think he probably isn't good, which isn't personal to him. So it actually worked. The guy said, okay, well, thank you for being honest with me. And then he sat back in. So, but yeah, so anyway, these seating scripts, the worst thing about them is that they are unfair to where players who do not use them cannot get choice seats in the best games. If the open seats in games with the fish are immediately grabbed by programs, these seating scripts, 
then the average player who does not have this, even a good player who just doesn't have these seating trips, will not be able to sit in the better games. And that's just not fair. No one should have an edge like that just because they have a certain third-party software tool. It's not like PokerStars has a tool built into it where everybody can select to do this. You have to get this third-party tool and it gives you a huge edge of sitting in the better games with the bad players. So this is what this is a point of view from someone who is a recreational player, or claims to be. This is someone on 2 Plus 2 whose name is Horny Kiss. <laughs> that really is his name, exactly as it sounds. Horny Kiss. I don't know what that means. I have some ideas what it means. I really don't want to picture it, especially if it's a dude, but Horny Kiss posted this. I've recently learned that players are paying monthly subscriptions and using tools to target me as a recreational player, and that PokerStars has long been aware of these tools and knowingly allow them, and it seems like they will until the games I enjoy playing completely are obliterated and left with bots and people using this software to prey on recreational players. This software is used to snipe recreational players and ensure we never get to play other recreationals. Where this recreation, Where is this recreational fun environment that was promised? Sounds like a lot of hot air to me, as this perception of fun only exists to get our money on the site. Then it's a feasting ground if I choose not to play what PokerStars desires, spin and go. Here is a response regarding the specific software. The fact the defense to it is simply does not allow games decisions is baffling, which I'll... This guy's not an English speaker. That's why this is a little awkward, This uh, the way he's writing here. But I'll, I'll tell you in a second what he means. As it fully provides players with infinite skill levels to feast, prey, and hunt recreational and fun players. Because uh, the, the response from PokerStars, which I'm about to read you, is saying to him that this is allowed because it doesn't affect gameplay. It only affects where someone sits. Instead of banning this tool immediately, PokerStars allows us and seems to want to friendly nudge us over to games with super high rake for their benefit instead. Way to look out for us, PokerStars. So he's trying to say that uh, they don't want to remove these tools because they want to drive the fish out of these regular poker games and into games like Spin and Go, which have very high rake but are more appealing to the traditional recreational player. So this is what he got from PokerStars. Greetings from PokerStars. As mentioned before, Whilst our historical stance has always been to permit these tools due to the fact that they do not include any gameplay logic directly, as these tools have continued to evolve and their impact is felt more and more, we are going to be looking at prohibiting, prohibiting all seating scripts in the future once this round of revisions has settled down and we are able to discuss the most effective solutions to limit their, limit their ongoing usage. At this time, however, Sharky Strader, which is the name of the seating script, remains a permitted tool. I hope this clarifies our position on the matter. Regards to whatever this person's name was. That's support. So this guy writes, How long have these tools been permitted in the first place? How can one even justify allowing them when they are used to hunt players and create a hostile environment? Herding the cows away from the cliff into a meat grinder is not a viable solution. The guy has a point. How did PokerStars allow this in the first place? How did they say this is okay? Because these third-party tools, they have to clear it with PokerStars that it's an allowed tool. And Poker started saying, yeah, Sharky Strader, they, they checked with us, and we said, yeah, cool, go ahead and use it. How did Poker Stars ever say in the first place, this is okay? How did they ever say, yeah, it's cool, go ahead and use this script to jump in with all the fish? It's kind of surprising, given like the climate of online poker, where a lot of these sites are actually kind of hostile towards pros, that they would actually allow a tool that would, in theory, make the money go off their site quicker. Yeah, I, I I thought that too when I read. It. I I always been hearing that PokerStars has been 
hostile to the pro player recently. And this is the one remaining part, I guess, that is not hostile to them. But I, I think this is actually but they should be hostile to the pro player in that they should never allow third-party tools that give the player an advantage in doing anything on the site. Even if it's not about how you play, it's a huge edge to get put in a game with bad players. Maybe Amaya secretly owns this shark you scope <laughs> thing, and, that, and that's why they're allowing it, because they're the ones making the subscription. Yeah, and then it's so weird the way they put this that they're going to prohibit them as soon as they as soon as the round of revisions, meaning the software revisions, has settled down, and they're able to discuss the solutions to limit their ongoing usage. Well, they have a very simple solution. Say these are not allowed anymore. If we see anyone using seating scripts, and we can tell by how you know how fast people sit down and the way the tables are open, we have ways to tell if anyone uses them. We shut down your account and take your money. That would be pretty much the end of them. A few people might take the chance and use them, but that would be the end of them. They're, they're trying to say, oh yeah, we're going to keep allowing this until we can find a way to fully stop them. Sorel Mizzy would keep using it. Yeah. Record. <laughs> That's true. But, but most people would stop because they value their PokerStars account. They don't want to lose their PokerStars account over seeding scripts, and they would just stop if they were told these aren't allowed anymore and we're going to be uh, searching for any sign of them. And anyone who uses them after we ban them is going to be banned from here. That would be the end of it. I mean, that would really be just about the end of it. And even if a few people used it, as long as they were not in wide usage, it wouldn't matter that much. Because what this guy was unhappy about was that he could never play any other recreational players because when he would sit down, the rest of the seats would all fill up with pros. So the, the recreational players would never have a chance to sit down with him. So he's saying, yeah, I know I'm a recreational player, but I want to play other recreational players sometimes too, and they can't even they, they can't even get a seat at the table because the pros there are so many pros in seating scripts they just immediately appear there. You know what this reminds me of a little bit is I don't know if you remember did you ever play much heads up on full tilt? No, I played some but not that much. Back in the day, their tables you know they all had names. They used to be alphabetized. So it was like a really big deal to get the A table. Oh, really? When a fish would come on, they would scroll down to like the first open heads up. So like, you know, the table that began with A, since it was alphabetized, was like, good. So like people would get mad like, hey, you've been sitting on Aardvark for like three (laughs) weeks straight now, like WTF, you know, like people would get in feuds because people would be hogging all the A tables. That's funny. (laughs) So eventually they randomized it. That is funny. I never noticed that. Maybe that was before I was looking at that. By the way, congratulations to Daily. This is the karma he gets for both sharing his great prop bets with the site and for donating to the free roll this week. He actually won the $10 for knocking out Scott from the East Coast. And he nailed the uh, L.A. over Seattle on Sunday, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. He, he Well, he made like five picks. I think he went three and two. So that was decent, but not... I, I, yeah, I didn't read the form. I just remember hearing that one mentioned on radio, and well, I saw that he hit it. Well, here's here's something that's a, tr- a troubling situation for me. I decided finally to make an NFL bet. I haven't made any yet this year, but I made one for this upcoming Sunday. The Rams under, because the Rams have scored uh, a total of zero touchdowns in their first two games. They scored nine points without touchdowns this past Sunday. And the previous week, they scored zero points. So I figured I'm going to keep hammering the under on them until they start to score. 
And their defense isn't bad. So I saw under 42 against Tampa Bay. And I, yes, Tampa Bay has been playing high-scoring games in their first two contests, but I have a feeling it's going to change big time and the Rams are going to go way under. So I did under 42, and I felt all good about it. And then Daly posted his pick that he just bet on Rams-Tampa Bay over 41 and a half. That is the guy you don't want opposing your picks. That that did not feel good. Okay, so let's see. Uh, from the nine seven nine, why no free roll? Jesus, what a shit show! What are you talking about? This is a free roll. From the eight oh five, oh, that was the same thing about the poker games that were being talked about uh, earlier by Brandon. The trader Ruski played. I won't read that again. From the 248 area code asking, what time is the show tomorrow? Tomorrow? It's right now. <laughs> what time is the show tomorrow? I guess we've really conditioned people to Thursday. From the 440 area code, can we get a frog update? Now, I had to pause for a second and go, what do you mean a frog update? In your fountain? Yes, that's what it is. The, the frogs in my fountain. Uh, I have some bad news about the frogs that were in my fountain. Probably at about 75 tadpoles and there are more dried up most of which no it's not dried up most of which grew up into adult frogs small frogs but uh adult frogs and i I have to give you guys an update i thought i'd given this before but i will give you this update the frogs did all grow up and mature into adult frogs and I would go out and look at them peacefully hopping around in my pond I felt so proud of myself for having a former waterfall that was neglected and became an ecosystem that frogs could thrive I envisioned the frogs hopping away one day into the green hills behind me and having a nice long life and producing other frogs. Maybe hundreds of years from now there would be frogs that descended from the ones in my pond. Sadly, I didn't think of one factor. There are crows in the area. These crows are very good at finding food. And the crows realized that there were a lot of frogs that were not very fast and not very experienced at avoiding predators. And the crows would swoop down and eat the frogs before they could get anywhere away from the pond. Pretty soon, every single frog was annihilated by the crows. Some of them just disappeared. Some of them I saw the bodies but they were all taken care of. Even two newts that I had brought into the pond from another pond when I was hiking, they were victims as well. The only creatures to survive the wrath of the crows were some goldfish that I put into the pond for the purpose of eating mosquito larvae. So the crows didn't get them. But they got the per- crows, or they got the frogs, and they got the newts. So that's that.
Sorry if I've depressed anyone. But the frogs didn't make it. This happened a few months ago. I just I guess they never reported what occurred. So there's your frog update for, for the 440. I guess that's it here. Oh, for the 505, Jason Somerville was approached by the GPL but declined because they could not give him a definitive th- schedule three months out. <laughs> what did they blow that one? They could have had Jason Somerville, but they couldn't give him a schedule. Alex is like, oh, you know, we're, we'll, we'll have a schedule for you soon. Jason's like, hey, you know what? This is too much trouble. Screw it. Jeez. Well, another fail for the GPL. That's so funny that Jason Somerville was willing, but just couldn't do it because of the schedule not being given to him in time. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Sometimes operational stupidity trumps everything else. Well, if all else fails for him, maybe he can get a job at Caesars. <laughs> That's a good point. He already has a relationship with him. The Global Poker Index is still the ranking index for the WSOP Player of the Year, which is crazy given that the CEO of it is scamming WSOP players. I, I've Do you think to- like Polanski and these guys even are aware of this story? I don't know. And in fact, I was going to bring it to their attention. Because it doesn't matter to me that much. Like, I, I don't care that much. But I do think that they should be made aware. They need to fully understand what's going on. They need to fully understand that, yes, the CEO of the Global Poker Index that they are using to rank players for Player of the Year scammed players who were there in town for the World Series. He didn't just scam. I mean, it looks kind of bad for them. It honestly. looks horrible. Like, like the, the, it's one thing that he just scams people. He actually scammed people at the World Series. <laughs> like maybe not physically in the Rio, but he scammed players who were in Las Vegas in June for the World Series. They came for the World Series, and Alex Dreyfus scammed them. And that's what happened. So that looks really, really bad. I don't care if he eventually paid the money back three months later when they said they're going public with this. That's just outrageous, and I, I think Seth should know about it, and... So I'm going to tell him. I, I've meant to tell Seth, like, go, hey, go take a look at this. Link him to some articles. Then he can do with it what he wants. If they choose to do nothing, then that's what they can do. But I will have done my part to inform him. I think it's something that he should know. Then he can decide whether they uh, continue doing business with him. I assumed you had already told him and you had a sound clip of his response. <laughs> no, no. I don't have that one ready, but yes. <laughs> All right, so, by the way, that sound clip of Seth Polanski from Quad Jacks that time, that was one of uh, one of our deceased listeners. That was his favorite thing to hear on the show. He loved the Seth Polanski. Blah, 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 blah. He, he loved that so much, he used to always message me that he wants more of that. An oldie but a goodie. He's probably listening to it in heaven. I'm talking about uh, Clown Buster, David Koenig. He listened to every show, and he, he loved that little soundbite. So, okay, let's go to what else What else we have here. So, yeah, just uh, finishing off this PokerStar seeding script, they just need to just ban them. Just be done with it. It sounds like they're stalling. I'm not sure why. Uh, Philadelphia has launched an online version, not Philadelphia, a Philadelphia casino has launched an online version of a of their own casino for the New Jersey regulated online gaming market. 
Unlike Nevada, New Jersey allows full casino gaming online through their licensed sites. So you can play blackjack, you can play slots, you can play uh, roulette, whatever. And that's really what's making all the money there. The poker's making very little. The poker's been a failure. So a Philadelphia casino has jumped on this. It's called the Sugar House Casino. It's a brick-and-mortar casino in Philadelphia. And it's situated on the Delaware River, about, you know, again, it's like 60 miles from Atlantic City. If you want to play this new casino, it's playsugarhouse.com. Are they affiliated with the Sugar Bear? (laughs) I don't think so. But the Sugar House Casino, oddly enough, has not promoted this at all. It's been very, very lightly promoted, playsugarhouse.com. In fact, they should be paying me to advertise this here. However, it will not be online poker. It will be casino games only. So, if you if you want to play poker on the Sugar House Casino, it's not going to happen. Now, Rush Street Interactive, they developed uh, PlaySugarHouse.com. In a press release, they said it uh, the site offers a unique player experience that delivers more because New Jersey players deserve more. you got to be kidding me. What, first of all, why does New Jersey deserve more? What, what, is, what has New Jersey done to deserve a better online casino? Why, why does New Jersey deserve more than other markets? I don't think they do. That, that's my first objection to this. And second, that's such a stupid generic statement. It says nothing. We're giving you more because you deserve more. Awful. That's the official statement, though, from the developer of PlaySugarHouseCasino.com or PlaySugarHouse.com. And they said, uh, we keep our slot minimums low and offer extremely low-stakes table games so you can play longer and make your entertainment budget go further and still win big. So I guess it's only a low-limit operation now. Also, if you get a deposit bonus there, you only have to do one times playthrough. So if you that actually could make it a, a positive expectation play against them. In fact, I would do this if I had uh, the ability to play there. I'm not in that jurisdiction, but if I was, I, I think I would do it. because. And I think these are low limits, so maybe I wouldn't do it. But let's say you got a $20 bonus on a $20 deposit. You would only need to wage, you'd only need to bet $20 to convert that $20 into real money. So that's pretty good because usually what they do with these casinos, they uh, these online casinos, they give you a very big, impressive-looking sign-up bonus of like a hundred percent up to like I don't know a thousand dollars, and it sounds great. Oh wow, I I deposit a thousand, I get two thousand to play with. But you have to roll it over so many times, twenty times, forty times, or whatever, that by the time you wager enough to roll it all over, you've lost all the money. The odds get you. So that's that's the trick. But a one-times playthrough, that's very easy to do. And that actually would be positive expectation, even at their negative expectation games. So definitely, if you are in New Jersey and you want to try this place, definitely look for a deposit bonus. Because if you just do the one-times playthrough, then it is a positive expectation. It's not a, a guarantee you'll win, but the odds are very much in your favor. Now, you might wonder, how is a Philadelphia casino operating legally in New Jersey? Doesn't it actually have to operate out of New Jersey? The answer is yes. So there's 
actually a partner they have, PlaySugarHouse.com, is operating under the permit of the Golden Nugget Atlantic City. And uh, is presumably on the property of the Golden Nugget somewhere, the servers for it. So it's kind of weird. They, they're a casino in Pennsylvania, but they are able to put their physical operation in the Golden Nugget Atlantic City, and then they opened up a, a customer service office in New Jersey, and lo and behold, they got licensed to operate in New Jersey. You will not be familiar with the software. It's proprietary software that was developed by Rush Street Gaming. It does have apps for iOS and Android. To play this uh, PlaySugarHouse.com, you do have to be 21, and you have to be physically located in New Jersey. You don't have to be living there, but you have to be physically located when you do it. I'm only mentioning this because, number one, it was interesting that a Pennsylvania casino is opening up shop in New Jersey, and number two, that it's got this one advantage play for the one-times playthrough. So, definitely find their maximum bonus deposit whatever you can for the maximum bonus, and then run it just that one time, and then cash it out. And you can totally do that. There's nothing against the rules, nothing against the law. You can totally do that, and as I said, you know what a cheap Jew I am. I would do that all day, these one-time playthroughs. Because basically you're getting double the money, and only have to run it once through. So you're not going to lose that much. It's a very good deal. Just don't get addicted to the casino games because they will beat you. There's no way to come up with a system to beat that. They are a negative expectation no matter what. Well, Brandon has not come back, even though it's it's 10 o'clock. So we will move to the next segment that I was going to wait for him, but Poker Fraud Alert Radio waits for no one. And we will charge forward. Another fictionalized poker TV show is in the works. I thought after the whole thing with uh, Full House with Johnny Chan, with Chico Loco and all that, I, I thought after that failed that we were done with uh, failed fictionalized poker TV shows. There was some other awful one that uh, was on YouTube, like a web series that had uh, Ali Eslami guest starring in it that was awful and the acting was terror bad. The plot was stupid. They were playing million-dollar tournaments with uh, folding bridge chairs and uh, 99 cent only poker chips. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, yo. Yes. <laughs> Bad what guy? do you think it is? Bad guy 23. Damn right. Yep. Well, first off, I want to apologize for the two on the show, Brian. I did. Yeah, we... Uh, is Brandon on here? No, no Brandon. We just have Northern California guy right oh, now. Oh, man. He's really not on here? Sonic the Hedgehog's not on here tonight? Because I wanted to give him so much credit for that bit last week, man. Oh, so you like the bit. You liked it, too. So everyone liked that bit, yeah. It was the best thing since TK the Pimp. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Actually, you took the words out of my mouth, whoever said that. <laughs> I mean, that was... That was grade A stuff there, man. Yeah, when it was so going on, doing? when it was going on, I, I thought it had potential, but I didn't know how it was going to go. I thought there was a chance to be a fail or kind of boring. Well, I was listening to it live. I thought it was going to be fail too, because like I can't believe he drove like that far. Yeah, 
And then I talked him into the watermelon. He didn't want to order the water watermelon yeah, the smoothly. Watermelon I, 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 I pushed I pushed him into doing it, and then it was good. It all worked out. So bad guy, what's right? The, and, then, and then you were going to do prank calls that night, and you see that was the real prank. I mean, that was the, like the best part of the show. You know, you can't you can't plan it. Yeah, you can't. I know. Sometimes the best things are things you don't expect. Much like again the TK the pimp call you did, which was now eight years ago. I know. You believe that? Yeah. And I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be forty soon, bro. Yep. So, so bad guy. What's going on? Uh, are you uh, are you at Grandma Rosa's right now? Always, right? I mean, I'm somewhere, right? I'm somewhere in Morgan. So, you, so you don't even want to no, say where you are? Rosa, no lie. This is a true story. This is crazy. She had to go to the hospital at four thirty in the morning last night because she felt busy. Uh oh. Yeah, well, they did all their shit today, and nothing's wrong with her, so she'll be home tomorrow. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Grandma Rosa just seems to be very hardy. It just seems like she's just going to be and around forever. Let me tell you something. I want to say something. The, the reason I went crazy that night, I couldn't hear the questions you were asking her. I thought you asked her, like, what's Mike Khan's last name, and she like she kept on saying, I, I like coaxed her into saying, Druff, you're a cocksucker fucker, because that was, like, the bad guy thing. I mean, you remember when she, I don't know. You no, I, no I, I didn't even hear that. I didn't, I didn't hear her say that to me. Well, that's what she said at first, man. I said, you got to say, when when he answers the phone, you got to say, hey, Druff, you cocksucker fuck it, fucker happy to our show. Oh, I didn't hear that. So so, uh, to, yeah. Well, that's what she said. If you go back and listen, I guarantee she says it, because that was the whole big thing. And then you start asking her questions, and I didn't know what questions you were asking her, and I thought you guys were trying to make fun of her, so that's when I got on and said, nigga, 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 please, or whatever I said. I mean, it was a joke. Yeah. I mean, but... I know you sounded very angry uh, two weeks ago, but I'm glad you're. I wasn't you're, angry. Man. I'm, Come on, it's, I'm, it's an act. I'm, I'm, gl- mean, I'm glad you're you're in better spirits tonight in in uh, the residential neighborhood. Exactly. I'm always in the residential neighborhood. But anyway, how you been, man? How's, who's on the phone with us? I mean, the guy said the TK the pimp was the only better call. I, well, I that's uh, that's Northern California guy, and he's been a, a oh, long time yeah, fan. He's great, dude. I, I want to give him props, man. Like he was on the phone. He's the one to pay three hundred bucks, right? No, no, that was Calwatt. No, that was Calwatt. Yeah. Oh well, who's the other California guy? I don't. You weren't on last week. I guess he's not no, that great. I've been if on you, for a few months. Yeah, if you don't know who he is, I guess he's not that I, great no, after I all. Before I listen to all the fucking shows, dude. Come on. Yeah, I was just saying you, you're saying he's great, and then you don't know who he is. No, I don't. I, I thought it was Kilowatt from last week, but Northern California guy is good too. I've heard him before. Yeah, he is. So that's why I wanted him here tonight. And uh, so, so bad guy, what, what's going on here? Do you uh, have you gotten any new girls pregnant or anything? <laughs> Uh, it's a good question. I mean, why? Why do you do me like? like no, it's true. Like, like, there, there's guy. always there's well, always like these I, mystery. I told you about my surgery the one time I was drunk. You never ask about that, man. I mean, like. Well, that's I, less I interesting though. You. Yeah, it just seems like every time we talk to you, there's a new baby being born. <laughs> You're so fucked up. The bad guys. No, there's no new babies. There's no new babies. But I mean, I don't want to say. I mean, I think you should be saying something. Now. I mean, I, I bring a lot of hits to the show. There's a there's a person that was on the show that is it's something good today, right? Uh, think about it. You you have Facebook. Someone something on the show. Well, I, I think I probably know who you're talking about. Let me let me go take a look. I some days I look at What's Facebook. Today, man? Uh, say it to make everybody mad. No, I don't. If even... I say it, then I might go to jail tomorrow. If you say it, then it's good. <laughs> no, Which should... today? Who's what's today? I'm, I'm jo- not... Josie's birthday. Oh, <laughs> is that what it is? It's just a guess. I don't know. Is it? Is it Josie's birthday today? Or I'm what? trying. I'm looking at her profile. I don't see anything about that, but maybe it is. 
Say happy birthday. It, it is Josie's birthday? Yeah, it is. Josie. Oh, well, wow. Yesterday was. It's what, what, here, you, you confused me with the yeah, thing about going to jail. How, how, how would you go to jail for saying it's Josie's birthday? Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> Man, that was, that was sick reads. That was, that was, I mean, I think half of your listeners are like, Girls that hate me or want child support, man. I mean, I'm being fair. No, but just saying it's Josie's oh, yeah. birthday wouldn't give that away unless you're with her. No, I'm not with it. Uh, you're hoping that, right? I mean, you talk to her on Facebook, don't you? No, not very much, just occasionally. I haven't talked to her in a while, but uh, yeah, I see the occasional update she posts. But uh, now, how old is she now? Like 38 or something? 40. Oh, she's 40. Oh, my goodness. We're all going to be 40 this year. I'm going to be 40 November 22nd. I think she's I think she's 40. I think she was older than me. Well, in less than half a year, I'm going to be 45. I know. What the hell's going on with that, man? You're dying. I wouldn't go that far, but well, I, I guess technically every day I'm dying. But You know what I hate about your show when I listen to it with headphones? What? That I can hear you sipping that fucking Pepsi. No, there's no Pepsi. Really no, 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 no. It's, it's water. Me, it's water. It's water. <laughs> Well, whatever the fuck it is, I mean, it bothers me. Well, I have to do it. I'm sorry. I got you know what? I got to do it because it's a long show, and and you know, think of talking all these hours and hours and hours without drinking anything, especially when you have a cold. So I know, but here's what you sound like. You're like, like, oh, yeah, blah blah blah. (laughs) I mean, I can hear it, man. When you listen to the headphones, I listen to a regular, like on the on the on the landlines. I can't hear it. (laughs) I never listen to the landline, but. Hey, I don't really have nothing to say. I have a lot to say, but, you know, it's it's a bad time for the bad guy right now because, like, I fucked up again, like, with the... What, with the child support? We're getting mad. You know when bad guy gets mad? Usually I take it out on here. But, I, like, the two on the show, I just said the N-word, and now... What do we do, man? What, do, what does the bad guy do? There's no more amnesty. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about the child support? You're you're in uh, bad shape well, with that again? Well, it's not even child support, but, you know, I got kids, and it just ain't working out. Well, that is I child mean, support, isn't it? I mean... I'm paying. Listen, I'm even paying, like, the the other girl, and it's still not working out. I think she likes other guys, man. What, what do you do when that happens? What about other guys? I, I mean, I think she likes other guys, maybe, or, like, you know... And that Facebook's a bad thing, man. I wish I had Facebook when I was, like, 20. Well, hang on a second. I'm not understanding. Are, are you with a girl right now? Do you think she's cheating on you with another guy? Is that what's going on? Mm, um, no. His, his I mean, I'm not mama? with anybody. I mean, I'm, I'm the bad guy, so I'm not with anybody. Well, if you're not like, with her, then, know, then what's wrong with her dating? About. No, but if you're not I with her. It's not a fucking clue. It's not a fucking, uh, it's not a riddle who I'm talking about. We don't have to say her name, but we can. No, but I'm saying if if so you're not if you're not my other two kids, man, I only have three fucking. Okay, I have four kids. If you really want to count it, but I have like really three. It's hard to believe. It seems like you have like ten. But okay. are you fucking crazy? Here's the crazy thing. <laughs> I was having sex since I was fourteen, and you know I didn't get girls pregnant until I was over twenty three, twenty two, twenty three. That's the truth. You believe that? I, I guess you ran well for a while. No, but here's I my question. Safe. Here's what no, I'm not understanding. No, here's here's no, what I'm not understanding. Uh, if you're not with her anymore, if you don't have a girlfriend, and she's dating other guys, why does that matter? She's not dating other guys, but, you know, it's just like a it's a juggling act right now. I mean, it's like I got mad. I was sick for, like, three months, like, for real sick. Like, for real, the bad guy was, like, I was sick, though. Like, I was cut open. And, you know, people get new houses and shit given to them. <laughs> And, like, it's like shit just turned, man. 
I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to de- decipher this, and I'm. Still, well, I don't still... want to go into too much detail okay. because a lot of people in this fucking place dig into my fucking personal shit. Which I mean, it's pretty much out there. But you know, I don't want to fucking tell anybody out here. But I mean, it's just bullshit. So I'm asking the doctor what to do. I mean, I, I know you haven't been called Doctor Druff, but well, but I can't. I can't help if I don't know. Now. Would you go fuck somebody? Listen, I'll tell you one thing. Josie makes her real mad. Okay, so, 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 so what's the question about fucking somebody? I didn't get the question. Not fucking somebody, but if you could make somebody mad, if you think they were fucking around, what would you do? He's looking for revenge. Like you just make them mad. He ain't got to fuck them. See, I'm not, I, the problem is that I'm not even, full, I'm not even understanding what she's done wrong here. That's the problem as far as these other guys. I don't get it. Well, she'll say she does nothing wrong until you got the proof right in her face. But but I, you're not together with her. That's what I'm not getting. If she's your girlfriend, I understand it. If she's not your girlfriend, I, then, then I don't understand it. Well, she's supposed to be your girlfriend and got two of your kids. Pretend this. And then, uh, like, she, like, starts acting shady. Well, if you think and, she's and, if you think she's messing around on you, then I guess... Uh, no, I don't think she's messing around because, I mean, I could find that out. But just acting shady, just, like, like giving you the cool shoulder, what would you do? Uh, well, if... Did it, you try to make her mad? No, I would find out what's going on. I would find out why she's acting this way. And if you're not getting an answer, then, then you know, just don't be with her. <laughs> just go, go be with someone else who's not going to treat you that way. Right, but now, say you go do that, and then she fucks somebody, then what would you do? Well, then that's what happens. And then once she does that, then, then you get her, then you get back at her. No, right? there's no reason to do that. You're not with her anymore. So that's, you just you just move right. on. You, you can't, move on you can't if life. you can't control them when you're with them, you can't control them when you're without them, right? Well, once you, once you say I'm not with you anymore and I'm going to do what I want, then they can do what they want. In fact, you know, it's funny. I, I had the reverse of this. I can't believe I just said all this. I, I listen. I had the reverse of this 16 years ago. Uh, right, me, give me it. Me and a, what I was looking for, you see? Yeah, me and a, a girlfriend I was with about a year and a half, we broke up, but we were living together, and she had to leave there. I didn't boot her out that day, so if she, I let her stay there until she found a new place to go. And she, she was making an effort to find a new place, but it's still going to take a few weeks. She, uh, the night we broke up, and it was kind of like a mutual breakup, you know, like, like we just both were kind of done. So I, I wasn't really into her anymore. She wasn't into me anymore. It was just kind of done. So there's no one anyone here knows. But we, uh, so the night we broke up, she got on Yahoo Chat, which is actually where I met her in the first place. But yeah, she got, wow. She, she, got, she got on Yahoo Chat, met some dude on there, and, and went out and had sex with him on the same day we broke up. Now, the same as Facebook now, though, bro. It, mean, it was, Facebook but. Facebook wasn't around. So, so, right, so. so I thought, well, well, what should I say about this? Like, technically, we're broken up, so she can do that, but wow, like, the same day we break up, she goes on Yahoo and meets a guy and has sex but with him. But didn't you want to get back at her? No, but listen to what happened. So, the next, right. so I did think, okay, well, at least now she's opened up the floodgates. At least now. It doesn't matter if, 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 if I meet any other girls or if I have other girls calling for me here. Now that she's had sex with another dude on the day we broke up, now I can do what the hell I want and she, she can't even begin to complain. So, exactly. so the next day, I actually was on the chat room and met someone and I, um, this, this person didn't live that close, so I wasn't going to see that person that night, but I gave my phone number and she calls. So the phone rings and I go to the other room and close the door for privacy. So she obviously knew what that was. She knew I was, must be talking to some new girl. So I get off the phone about an hour later or whatever, and she's really pissed about this and says sarcastically, "Yeah, she's probably blowing your phone up." 
So she's she's pissed. She's saying she's saying, yeah. uh, "What are you in love now?" I said she was really pissed. No, there's no, she wasn't blowing up my phone with text messages. We didn't. This is two thousand. There was no. Yeah, there was uh, no text then. But I mean, if, if there was, she would have been. Yeah, but she, she, when I walked out, you know, we still lived in the same place. When I walked out of the room after I was done with the call, she was all so jealous and t- asking me sarcastically if I'm in love now, and 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 I was like, "Wait a minute." How can you be jealous about this? How can you be mad about me receiving calls from other girls when you went and had sex with another dude last night, the same day we broke up, and actually told me about it? Like, like uh, you you have no right to say this. And so she she gave some lame answer as why the, why this isn't uh, hypocritical of her, but it totally was. And it was just uh, she. She wanted me to sit there pining over her and, and 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 wishing she was back with me and depressed about us not being together. And yet at the same time, she wanted to move past me immediately. So when she saw I also moved past her, that bothered her. So yeah, if I, here's what here's here's what I get out of it. When when you don't think they want you, that's when you like them. But when 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 you both like each other, no one wants nobody. Well, I right or not wrong? That, that can happen, but that doesn't happen with me though. That that does happen sometimes, but not with me. Like I, that doesn't affect me. It really it doesn't affect me all the time. Well, that's that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. So you just got to fucked up. So, it's, but I know, but it's very simple. If if you want to be with her, and 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 you know, you actually have a relationship, then you have a right to get mad if she's. Uh, you think she's messing around with other guys? If you say I don't want to be with you anymore, goodbye, and. Uh, you break up, then she can do what she wants, and you can do what you want. And she can't be mad if you are with other girls, and then exactly. you can't be mad if she messes around with other guys as much as it might irritate no, you. Won't be mad at all. I say it, tell her tape it, and send me a video. I mean, that's how I am. But I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Am I right? I mean, like you can't say, "Hey, you're this and that," and then want me to sit home at roses and jerk off. No, no, hub. no. Once, no, once you're. Done with I mean, someone, I'm done, done with the porn hub. <laughs> Once you're done with someone, you're done. Dude, I'm walking rock. My- Can you take my last name off the show? <laughs> like, just like, dude. No, I'm kidding around. I love calling you, man. No, that was a thing. I brought something out you ain't talked about in years. And look, it, it worked out good for you. Now you met your wife shouldn't be wife and you have a kid and you see how it works out yeah well, that was, that was many out. that was many years later but it was like nine years later when that happened but uh i was never going to be like with this girl that that i broke up with in 2000 this was a relationship that was never that good in the first place it was one that even at his best point wasn't that great so this was never anyone i thought i was going to marry or, or be with or have kids with or anything like that so that's why i wasn't that broken up when, when the whole thing ended i wasn't right. that depressed about it in fact i wasn't really depressed about it because i was done with it too i was never all that into her anyway so i'm like okay like uh, um you know we're breaking up okay i'm gonna no tell you deal. one thing man yeah. it's lucky you never drank in your life and shit because i think you would have fucked everybody if you drank like, if you were a drunk guy, and, like, this shit would happen on them fucking chat lines and shit, you'd have been outside fucking people, man. Like, you just fucked everybody. I really do. I mean, that's good, man. You're a strong-headed person. To stay away from all that crap, all that stuff's been around you this whole life. Drinking's bad, man. And drugs. Well, I, I stay I away from the drugs, drinking but. and drugs, but, uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't completely... Yeah, you are. Actually, I think you're more of a pillhead than me, even though that I'm... No, a no, no. No, I, no, I, stay, I stayed away from well, that you, you stuff. Take more, you've taken more pain pills than I no, have. No, right? only when, when I need it. I haven't taken one in 200 days When your teeth hurt. I, I hardly take. I hardly take the uh, like the prescription pain pills. I'll take uh, the Excedrin, but I don't. Uh... Hey, tell Northern Carolina, Northern California guy to chime in on this because I guarantee he has some stories out there. With well, okay, what's good-looking girls? Okay, uh, Northern California guy. What's you have anything to say about all this? I need some. I need some love advice, man. 
What's your advice? Oh, oh, so, so you want advice or stories? You want advice? I want stories, man. Fuck <laughs> advice. <laughs> I want uh, some good stories. So I got some stories. Okay, so so what's the story? You want to give a story here, Northern California guy? I want a story before you go into this story. poker dumb shit. Well, what story? I got a ton of stories, man. I mean, like, what stories do you want to hear? I'm not going to tell you this one, but I can tell you old ones. I mean, I can tell you stories when I shit on a girl, when it was a bat. I mean, I mean, I can tell you, like, crazy things. But that's when I was younger. But, like, sometimes, like, I, I really believe the story is this. When you think a girl don't like you anymore, that's when you like them. I think that's, I think that's the truth. I well, it can happen, truth, but you, you should uh, grow past that. You should... Uh, what the fuck, man? I can't grow past it. I drink all the time and I'm 40 and it's got my stomach cut open. When you that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I, I think that's who you are as a person. So if your girlfriend tomorrow, like, start giving you the cool shoulder and you have a kid with her and you knew that and she, like, what would you do? Well, you would it, just it, say, oh, I'm going to move past it? No, no, no. It's, it's harder to move past someone. Would you someone let your if, pay? No, if, no if you, I wouldn't do that either. If you have a kid with someone, it is a lot harder to break up with them. It's a, it's a much more. It's a much more major decision to say, I don't want to be with you anymore when you have a kid with them because of the consequences with that. And then, uh, so okay, it, take the kid out of play. What if she did that and you didn't have a kid? Oh, if you didn't have it, if someone gives me the cold shoulder and, uh, it, over a long if period you of like time, them, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to twiddle my thumbs. I no, mean, I would leave. I would leave. Pay them back. No, I wouldn't pay them back. I would, I would ask them what's going on. And if I wasn't getting an answer or any kind of, uh, improvement, after some time, okay, I would leave. you every day at, on the hour, and what are you going to do? She did what on the hour? She texts you all the time, and, and, and well, that's fine. Being blamed for everything, what do you do? Oh, being blamed—that's not good. But you know, if it, look, and, you're uh, giving, and you're giving money to the cause, I mean, I, what do you do? Look, I've I've had a lot of Northern Car- Northern Car- Northern. I, I keep calling you Northern Carolina guy. <laughs> I don't know why, but Northern California guy. What the fuck do you do? Here, 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 here's here's what I do, bad guy. So, so this. This has happened when I was when I was in college. I remember I was I was talking to a few different girls, um, just on emailing and online and whatnot. And so I had a I had a date set up with one of them, and I was driving to see her. And I get a message from this other girl I was talking with, who I thought was kind of more of a sure thing than than this other girl. So I told she the one pretty? girl I, I told the one girl I, w- I had car trouble. And turned around and <laughs> went to the second girl's place. <laughs> Is that, no, see, that's why I like, that's why I like Northern California guy. He just goes and fucks the closest one, man. Well, that's I mean, what you it, do. It probably, it probably wasn't the most mature thing to do, but, you know, truth It is a smart thing to do, though. You know, I used to have a rule when I was younger, before, like, Facebook and text messaging. Drev was still on the internet, probably spying on roses. But what I used to do, I used to, I used to call it the 2020 rule. You can't fuck with a girl like 20, minutes or 20 miles within the, the radius because someone's going to find out about it. Am I right or wrong about that? Well, it, it's... Got, uh, now it's even harder. I mean, I couldn't imagine, like, trying to cheat on somebody with a Facebook or, or something. I couldn't imagine it. Well, yeah, the, the closer but that person is... if you want to piss someone off. The closer that person is to the... Uh, People you know and and physically live close to you. Yes, that, that's uh, more yeah, I mean, more of a chance that you'll I, be I, caught. I yes, the twenty twenty rule, man. You got But now with the Facebook and everything, how can you even get away with it? Well, it depends where you know the person from. Here's here's how you get away with it. Don't be on Facebook yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My point is <laughs> that, Northern, that's Northern the only way to get away with it. 
Don't go on. And, and let me tell you something. Anybody, any of your girlfriends, y'all are listening out here, and this is the bad guy telling you. Your girlfriends are on Facebook. It's just like Druff said. Anybody can PM you at any time, 5 a.m., 2 a.m., 2 o'clock, in the afternoon when they're watching fucking The View or whatever the fuck it's called. Don't trust it, man, because that's a cheating device. I, I mean, if I had fucking Facebook and all this tools when I was younger, I'd probably have died of AIDS. <laughs> I'm, being I'm being dead serious. Well, if someone's cheating on you through Facebook, though, you can see if they're receiving. Well, it was, it, are you crazy? I mean, it was, it, this would have been so easy to get laid. But but you but you would have seen you would have seen if someone's cheating on you with someone they know from Facebook you would see when they're getting Facebook messages you'd see looking over their shoulder. What, well, you could no, you could not see that if they're PMing you. Yeah, you. I'm saying like if, you're, if you're with them, if you're with them physically, you if, if you're with a girl, you, they can't see it. No, if they're with you physically, they can. So that's what I, I'm saying. I know what bad guys say. Not yeah. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sit there and look at their phone the whole time, Jeff, while you're fucking? I mean, are you crazy? No, but if there's someone, if there's someone who always seems to be checking Facebook and always responding to messages, and when you walk over there, they quickly hide the phone, then then something's going on. Good luck on that, man. I mean, like, but you can't prove it unless you take their phone. I mean, that's just a fight waiting to happen. No, it eventually becomes clear. I mean, I've, I had this happen to me before. I've had, I've had uh, a, a girl cheat on me before with someone that she uh, met online, and it became obvious. Keep after going, brother. I mean, that, it was, I love it. Do it, it. Was, it. No, it was a long, it was a long time ago, but it, it happened, and I. It, but it became obvious after some time. Like I didn't catch it immediately, but it became obvious after some time that there was something weird going on. Right. The bad guy got a new rule. If you got fucking social media, and you're fucking on social media, I ain't dating you because it's just stupid. Well, you're not going to be able to date anybody then. They're all they're all on social media. What are you nuts? I'm not on social media, but your site. And guess what? These fuckers all check your site for for what <laughs> well, I'm saying. Should, you, mean, should, you should you should you should have them come on here. Stuff. Have them come on here, bro. I mean, you can look at the IPs. I know you know. I mean, it's not even close, man. I mean, these people are nuts. That's all they do. Listen, I'm telling you, it's a fucking cheat. Listen, it's a cheat device, man. How? I mean, it is. I wouldn't trust any girl on fucking. I mean, I know everybody does it, but I don't trust it. It's just too easy. It's too well, easy trust, to trust cheat on somebody. Trust is a two-way street, bad guy. Yeah, that's true. No, it is. No, I mean, if you're, if, listen, if they're going to cheat, they're going to cheat anyway with social media or not. I agree with that, but it just makes it easier for them. Yeah, so especially with, especially with, with especially with girls, if they want to cheat, they can they can always find some dude to have I mean, sex with exactly. them. Exactly. So. I mean, they, they don't they don't even need social media to do it. Right. Anyway, well, it was nice giving you to tell me a couple of your stories. I was not that drunk tonight. Okay, by the way, someone just uh, texted, uh, bad guy calls saving the show as always. I think that was from uh, Larry Laffer. I, so. I think that was I from mean, Larry. I know I'm not good for like a lot of conversation, but you know I love your show. I called, and I want to apologize for the N-word, but it was a joke. I mean, you didn't take it as a joke. I thought you would, but okay, well, Northern Cali- Northern Cali- Cali- I'm going to call you Northern Carolina guy. I mean, that's that's fine. <laughs> but I love you, bro, and you know what? Always take the short route. I agree with that, man. I 100% agree with that. And, Jeff, keep it up. And any time you want to make another bet, are the Dodgers winning tonight? They won again. Yeah, they won. they're not. They won. They're, they're in good shape. Ah, fucker. Yeah. We had a hell of a game. I took more. They won tonight? Yep, easily. That fucking San Francisco is not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're falling apart. But the Mets look pretty bad, too. I hope they do, and the Pirates sneak in, but they're done, too. <laughs> Yeah, they may but, have I mean, they, for real, they're not. I mean, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. The fucking Giants. I thought they would win tonight just because no. it was a trap. But uh, survey says. 
Yep, right, well. Anyway, it was nice talking to you guys. I love you guys. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thank All you. right, bad guy. Be well. Thank All right, man. Take care, guys. Thank you, bad guy. That's uh, bad guy twenty three. A uh, one of the characters of the show. By the way, we have Trader Ruski on here. I forgot to announce him. Trader Ruski, hello. What's happening, guys? So yeah, we we've got uh, everything but uh, Brandon and Calwatt tonight. We had Brandon earlier. Brandon is uh, he's taking longer to get back than I thought, but that's okay. We have Trader Ruski. He's uh, picking up the slack along with the Northern California guy. And we even had a bad guy check in. And he even got me to uh, tell some stories I don't think I've ever even told on here. Bad, bad, guy, on the bad guy is always good. And there always is the drama that adds to the show. Yep. So... Uh, people have asked, you know, why do you have bad guy on here? You know, is, how is he a, a good example of, of someone that uh, would be representing a site called PokerFraudAlert.com? And I said, look, bad guy, he's a comic relief character. And it's important to have on shows like this. So, okay, I'm going to play, speaking of potential comedy, I'm going to play clips from a potential fictionalized TV show. That is called uh, Luck Boxes. That's really the name of it. Luck Boxes. It's a new series from a filmmaker named Ryan Furpo. Now, have you heard of Ryan Furpo before, either of you? Negative. Negative. Okay. He is the Hollywood powerhouse who directed the major motion picture Bet Ray's Fold. <laughs> yeah, that, that documentary about online poker and uh, and Black Friday. So he's he's now making a fictitious series. Bit Race Fold was a documentary. This is a fictitious series uh, that's set in 2009. That follows two brothers who, struggling through the recession of the late 2000s turn to online poker to save their childhood home from foreclosure. That's very sweet. So, I, I guess they're setting it in 09 rather than the main part of the poker boom, like 05, 06, because they, they, want the, they want this against the backdrop of financial struggles in this country, which started in 2008 during the banking and housing crisis and continued through 09. So... Here is a trailer of Luckboxes. And some people are optimistic about this. Even uh, that uh, Jay Rosencrantz guy who did the micros. He seems uh, high on this, but we will see. Every one of these has been awful and never even saw the light of day of any kind of uh, real TV time. I think even if it was good, it still might not be successful because just the interest in poker has just really waned off. That's true. And, and not only that, uh, they say it's being developed for, quote, streaming and cable, but a release date has not been announced, nor has a network carrying it been announced. So I'm sure they would love to be carried by Netflix or HBO or FX, but... They don't have any of that yet. I mean, anyone can make up a, a series like this, but the challenge is getting it carried by some kind of major operation. So here is uh, Luck Boxes, and uh, I think it's about a minute and a half. 
What time do you get off work today? Depends. Moving furniture's an exciting and unpredictable enterprise. I know it's not your dream job, honey, but at least you get to work with your brother. You're lucky. Hey guys, who am I? I love fava beans and Chianti. So those are the two brothers, and they're they're messing around at home. Was this a little, I think it was a little bit loud. Turn it down a little bit. Anyway, uh, they're, they're kind of just messing around in the kitchen of their home, and their mom is uh, telling the two brothers, well, at least you get to work together, even though you don't like the job. <laughs> so it says 918 Films presents. I don't know what that represents, 918 Films. Over the last six months, I sent over 200 applications, and I've gotten two responses. A double major in mechanical engineering and applied mathematics. We don't see those very often. I mean, I graduated in the top 3% of my class. I don't get it. I'm not worried about you. Hello. We are sofas to furnishings. We are furniture. You're over an hour late. Well, we- so these guys are delivering uh, furniture. That's their job. I guess he has a, an advanced degree in you know, mechanical engineering and something else, and... Uh, uh, the person who said they're not worried about him is his mom. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, while he's trying to get a, a, a job, a professional-type job, that's uh, where he uses what he went to school for, he, he's delivering sofas. And here they show him delivering the sofa along with his brother to uh, a very nice house. And then you have this stereotypically bitchy woman who's already mistreating them. Which, th- this doesn't really happen. This, I hate when they have things like this. I hate when there's like the class warfare type of crap in these movies. This is not how rich people really are. When you're bringing a sofa to them, you don't knock on the door and they don't go, Oh, you're an hour late. Like, they're, I guarantee they're no more irritable with you for being an hour late than a middle class person would be or a poor person would be. They, it, nobody likes when the person delivering it is an hour late. But uh, they always try... To depict something like this, where uh, not, not only are they doing a crap job, but then they're delivering a sofa to a really beautiful house and someone who should be thrilled with their life and is just uh, nasty and uh, very unpleasant. Just one of these things to just make you hit, hate the rich person. I, I, I've just always hated things like this. It, it's so just, she doesn't represent people who have their last names gold-plated in their pool? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. No, no. If the, I'll tell you, all couches that have been delivered here, I, I have been a, a very sweet guy. In fact, the true story, when when I've had furniture delivered here not too long ago, it was a warm day, and I, I immediately went and got out uh, cold bottled water and gave this to delivery guys. It was a hot day. I, th- I thought that uh, they could use it. So I, I didn't uh, look at my watch and tell them they're an hour late. Come on. We apologize for the inconvenience, ma'am. Are your parents around? Because we're going to need a signature before we leave. This is my house. Yeah, yeah. This is your house. Did you win it on a game show or? I see. I see. So this is, this is introducing the, this this nasty woman there, who's, who's a young, pretty girl. I, I see. So this is introducing a character that's probably going to have a relationship with one of these two brothers, maybe even both of them. And uh, so they they initially have the hostile interaction with her, and then when they learn that she uh, somehow has this house that's her own house at, at such a young age uh, now they're showing her watching something that looks like a, a it looks like full tilt but it's not really full tilt it's like a, a fake full tilt that she's sitting in front of watching like eight screens going at once so you guys are playing online poker for real money how much we talking here you guys move furniture for a living i'm sorry i, I saw the wrong thing it, it, she wasn't watching they showed someone else along here i thought it was her so so he so he's so the, here's where the plot point comes in. I jumped ahead of myself. I hadn't watched this yet either. We're, we're all watching it together for the first time. 
they are visiting a house of two slovenly-looking dudes playing online poker. And that's where they're being introduced to how they made this money. So first they get jealous of the young girl who has all the money, and then these two dudes are playing online poker here. If we told you, you'd probably shoot yourselves repeatedly. You know who this is, most overlooked. What is this? You have your own sushi chef. You have a computer room that looks like the control room in NASA. What's going on? Last year, I realized that I could either graduate with $400,000 in student loans during the worst recession in 80 years, or I could become a multimillionaire before I turned 20. Ah, so I see that girl is part of it. So I see. This is like a poker house. This is where you have a bunch of young douchebags there, including this girl, who are all hanging out at the poker house. Or they all own this poker house together, this beautiful house. And these delivery guys come over with the couch that they bought from, yeah, they're the delivery guys. And they, they learn about the online poker world and they, they look at all this uh, expensive stuff that they have going on there. Their own sushi chef, a beautiful house. Uh, they're all partying there. I, I see where this is going. Dumping champagne on each other in a in, in a swimming pool. So it says Luckbox is the original series about hitting it big, created by Ryan Furpo. Yeah, I see where they're going with this, and you know, this isn't a bad idea. Something that was never really fleshed out well, and I thought really had the potential for a good film if it was done right. Film or even a TV series would be the online poker world how pretty much a lot of young nobodies rose up to be very rich from playing online poker. And then a lot of times with that came a lot of irresponsible behavior because they were young and inexperienced with life. But I just have a feeling this is going to be a fail. I'm already watching it. It it kind of looks like they're hitting you over the head with this stuff too much. It's not subtle. Now, I know you could only hear this when I'm playing it, but so uh, Northern California guy, what was your reaction to hearing this trailer? Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I just it seemed kind of it actually did seem like the kind of the douchebaggy poker house. Um, That's what it is. If you look, at, you'll, you'll watch you can when you watch the trailer. You can find the trailer by the way. Uh, F5Poker.com has an article about this, and uh, uh, they seem pro this this series. They said. Uh, the new online poker series Luck Boxes looks amazing. I, I wouldn't say that. This looks. Uh, I the trailer doesn't always say everything. Sometimes the trailer of something sucks, and then you watch it, and it's actually very good. But and I wouldn't say this is an awful trailer. It's not like the, that that uh, Full House of Johnny Chan thing, which we just laughed at. It's got to be better than that Jennifer Harmon thing on TLC. Well, that that wasn't that was a reality show that was horrendous. Yeah. But the, this is a, a fictitious scripted show. And I, I just think that they might be going too much for the low-hanging flute, just just overplaying the the young, irresponsible player element of it, and just hitting you over the head with that, and making it look too effortless and easy for everyone to win money. Uh, obviously, there's going to be something about these two main characters who go from furniture delivery guys to who are also looking for a real job in their in their profession that they went to school for, to playing online poker and trying to become like these young douchebags. I don't I just have a feeling it's going to go the wrong direction. Yeah, I think a lot of these poker shows kind of turn off people who are actually really in the know in poker because all the cliche stuff that happens in them 
just becomes really tiresome, you know, to someone who actually knows the poker scene. That might be true, too, because it is true with any kind of TV show about uh, some sort of specific industry. It usually does not appeal to those in the industry because of things being unrealistic. Like, you ask any doctor what he thinks of uh, those medical dramas, you know, like Grey's Anatomy or any other one like that, and and they're just going to go off on how ridiculous it is, whereas the average person watching doesn't know how inaccurate a lot of these things are, and uh, therefore isn't as bothered by it. Uh, the one exception to this, by the way, and this is a very good show, even though it's old, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati would, was a very, very popular show with people in the radio business because they said it actually, even though it was uh, exaggerated for comic effect, they said it, it was actually a surprisingly accurate depiction of life at a radio station. So people love that show who were in radio, but, but that was an exception. So it is possible that this could be something that someone not really close to the poker world would find interesting and cool, and where we may watch it and say, "Wow, this is this is so cliche, this is uh, so overdone." But maybe that's what the general public wants to see. But I've yet to see any of these actually be well done. I, I the only poker movie I've ever seen, which was put together well, which was a good movie, was Rounders. And that actually predated the poker boom by five years. So we'll see. And again, we're back to the whole thing about the timing's off, too. The timing to do this, rather than have it set in 2009, they should have actually made it in 2009. And have it set in 2009. So... I don't mind so much having it set in 2009, though that's a little bit weird, because when you watch things that are set almost in the present, but not quite in the present, it's always a little bit odd, because like the, they don't try to do anything to make it look 2009, because like, how different were the styles in 2009 than 2016? Not very different. Maybe a little bit, but not very much. So, like, you're going to see everything look contemporary, pretty much. People are going to have smartphones, people are going to be watching flat screen TVs, you know, everything's going to, people are going to have GPS in their car. So you're going to see all these things that you see today in 2009, but yet you're supposed to think this is seven years ago. I always thought that could be set something in the past. It should either be, it should be like way in the past, or at least enough in the past to where there's a significant difference between now and when it's set. So you can tell that it's not supposed to be in the present. Right, right. So you, so you know, you set something in 1984. That's good because there's so many differences between 1984 and today. And and that can be interesting. Two thousand nine is it's too recent. I see the whole point because the but they could still do it. You know, they, they didn't have to be two. It didn't have to be two thousand nine. It could have just been two thousand sixteen. They have a hard time finding a job. Okay, I mean yes, uh, you could say well, online poker was bigger in two thousand nine. Yeah, but I mean, is anyone going to really care about that? Even I wouldn't care about that if they wrote this to be in the present. But I, I don't think that's the main problem with this script. I just think that uh, it just looks a little too much like the cliche poker douchebag house and, and uh, young guys trying to be like them story. Uh, Trader Ruski, what, what did you think of this trailer? No, I mean, I, I certainly thought the concept was good. Um, you know, about how people might break into poker, make a lot of the money. So I think it's more focused on the, t- the two movers <clears throat> that, that, that then are exposed to that world and probably go from there rather than the poker house itself. So... You know, who knows? Yeah, I, it's funny that, that seeing this because, and it's going to sound like I stole the idea here, but 
years ago, I even thought of writing something like this myself, and I, I didn't know where I would go with it if I did. Like, you know, I'd have to find someone who'd uh, take it and make it into something, and I don't really have those connections. But uh, I, I was thinking about writing something like this, except it wouldn't be this type of story. I was thinking it would be something that would take place in Las Vegas of somebody who uh, ha- has like a an ordinary job and someone who has a very quiet and uh, nondescript and boring life and then ends up getting, you know, ends up starting to play poker, gets good at it, then decides to turn pro and move to Las Vegas and then starts to get sucked into the whole lifestyle over there and and the good and the bad that comes with it. So I I was thinking of something like that and I never ended up doing it. So, so I can definitely understand uh, something like this being written and there is a lot of material to write about. It's a question of the execution. So I guess it's a wait and see. This isn't one of these things that I'm going to watch and go, it's guaranteed to be awful, because the, the trailer was good enough to where it could conceivably be good, but it's also something that I'm not excited about. I'm not saying, oh, wow, this looks awesome, I've got to watch it. Well, and it's the only game in town right now. So yeah, that, that too. It also may never show up anywhere because this this is a. Uh, it's possible that this was much like uh, they did with a with a Johnny Chan Full House thing with, with Chico Loco and all that. They didn't produce a whole show with Johnny Chan and Chico Loco. They they per- purposely made what they called a sizzle reel, where they were really just producing short scenes to put on on this little trailer and then see if it gets picked up, and then at that point spend all the money to actually make it. So that may have been done here with luck boxes. It's possible. It looks like these are outtakes from scenes that they've already made, but they don't have to be. This this really could be all that they have filmed so far. And that uh, they're going to actually go through and make it once they actually get a deal with a streaming service or a cable company. But that's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. And just saying, oh, I made Bet Race Fold, that's not exactly... Uh, a great pedigree in Hollywood. It's better than nothing, but it's not. Uh, it's not like this is someone. It's not like the guys from Rounders are making this or something. And and keep in mind, a lot of things that are made, both TV shows and movies, never see the light of day. Even ones that are made by by big names. For example, the guys from Rounders. Some people don't know this, but uh, four years ago they announced that they were going to be making a Rockford Files movie. And I was excited about that. I'm a very big fan of the Rockford Files. And uh, they, this was announced almost like it's a done deal and it's going to happen. Well, that was in 2012. Have, you, have, you, have any of you heard of the new Rockford Files movie? No, it, it never happened. So that's very, very common in Hollywood. So I don't know how much has actually been made of this. And uh, it doesn't sound like it has been fully made because it says in this article, Luckboxes will be developed for streaming and cable. So will be developed sounds like they haven't done very much at all yet. So we will see. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I'll give it a chance. I'm going to watch it with an open mind. If it's good, I'll come out and say it's good. If it's a fail. I I will too if if it's easy. You know, it's one of those things where like I'm not going to, go super out of my way or jump through a bunch of hoops to find it. But if it's easy enough to watch, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'll probably hear it come out, but yeah, I'm not going to go subscribe to any service. That, like, like for example, I don't have Showtime, so I'm not going to go subscribe to Showtime to get it. Uh, maybe if there's someone to down, somewhere to download it or something, I'll do it. But yeah, I'm not going to... This isn't something like must-watch must TV to me, but this is something, as you said, if it's uh, easy enough, I'll watch it and give it a chance. And then I will review it on this show. 
So, final poker gambling topic. Perlot Friedman has founded a new record company of his own called Progress Records. Now, Perlod, he has a, a long history in poker. He started out as kind of a nobody in the uh, early to mid-2000s. He was a good player, but he wasn't. no one knew who he was. In fact, I, I once met him in commerce and had a bit of an altercation with him. Not knowing who he was, he didn't know who I was, but we just... Uh, he was sitting directly behind his girlfriend at 200-400. And again, I didn't know his name, I didn't know who he was, he didn't know me. Uh, his girlfriend ended up being his wife later on, but uh, this was uh, D. Long, and she was playing 200-400 right next to me, the seat right next to me. I was running very bad in the game and losing a lot, and Perlot was sitting so close to me, right behind her, that if he wanted to, he could have easily seen my whole card. So you can imagine, I, I, I wasn't happy about this. I, I don't want the boyfriend of one of my opponents who sits next to me to see my whole cards. You know, all he has to do is, is nudge her or something. If I check raise her, to mean you know that I've got the goods and she can fold. I, I don't. Why why invite this? So uh, the problem was this occurred after I already had a problem with just these weird Asian guys like milling around the table and standing behind my seat, which I was very suspicious of. I didn't think they were doing this for her. I thought, but it was just weird. So I, I complained to the floor man about these Asian guys. He kicked them out once, and then they came back, and he kicked them out a second time. I was getting really irritated with the floor man who's not keeping the integrity of the game well, especially something like 200-400. So then Perlod's sitting right behind me after all this, and the floor man looks right at him and doesn't say anything. I'm like, oh my god. So I went to the floor man to complain to him. Not, I wasn't complaining like about Perlod doing something wrong. I was just complaining to the floor man. What are you doing? I thought you, were gonna tell, I thought you promised you'd keep these people away from standing behind me, or sitting right behind me. So the floor man went and told Perlot he has to move. He can't sit right behind me. So I guess Perlot was bitter about this, and I guess later on he found out who I was, and and you know laid into me on Poker Stars, and we argued about it. And and he said, if you have, why didn't you have the balls to tell me to move yourself? Why do you have to go tell the floor man? Uh, and I told him this. I told him the situation. Like at first, I tried not to fight with him. I go, you know, this is the story. This is what happened. It wasn't against you. Is that the floor man wasn't doing his job? Uh, he didn't care. He was just being a dick to me. So that was my history with Perlot. Then he got to be known after that, uh, mainly for his appearance on TV when he played the World Series and got deep and had this uh, altercation with Jeff Lissandro. And uh, he had that stupid poker is fun rap that he did. You know, Perlot saw himself as a rapper. He's, he's the whitest white bread guy you can imagine. But nevertheless, uh, he, he, he thought he was good. He still thinks he's a good rapper. And it's, it, it's amusing, because he, he, this is someone who is clueless that something that he loves to do and something that he thinks he's very talented at, that he sucks, and he doesn't realize it. But here, here's his little uh, Poker is Fun rap for ESPN. Yeah, yeah. This is from 10 years ago. It's kind of a MC-type style. You guys are cool. So I can just break into it. So, so you see, he's actually, like... He's taking this seriously. Like the song's going to sound comical, and you're going to think, "Oh, you know, maybe Prolash is having fun with it." No, he, you hear him going, "Yeah, it's kind of the MC type style." Yeah, kind of just uh, break into it. Like he, he's not doing this for a joke. This is ten years ago, though. You'll you'll see why I'm playing this now. I'll get into the reason for this shortly. Poker is fun for everyone. It 
except my opponents. They shoulda practiced avoidance. They ain't big proponents. And thinking not just in the moment, but the possible future problems. Sometimes comes tough to solve them. Then I awaken to a dream. I fell asleep at Spirit Rock. 15 seconds with aces before they drop. Before they drop. What? <laughs> is fun for everyone except my opponents. They should have practiced avoidance. <laughs> the clapping, of course, was not for him. That was just uh, they spliced that in there. So they they played that on ESPN. This is ten years ago. This is the 2006 uh, main event of the World Series of Poker. So that was how Prahlad got to be well known. He was also known as Spirit Rock Online, and he was a, a good and very successful high limit, high stakes, no limit player. Now there was no nosebleed stakes back then, so he'd play things like uh, twenty five, fifty, no limit, which is still a big game, especially online. And, and was crushing it. So he was doing very well. And uh, life was good for Prahlad Friedman. Uh, by this point, he was married to that girl that I saw him with in commerce. Her name is, again, Dee Luang. She's actually 10 years older than he is. She looked younger than that, but she, she was born in 1968. He was born in 1978. I have no problem with Dee Luang. Uh, though, I will tell you, from that same encounter I had with Prahlad there, um, a short time later, when he moved away from the table... Uh, a chip runner came and saw D and started talking to her. And he's like, hey, hey so you dating any one of these days? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, him, and pointed to Perlot. And he's like, him? Him? You're dating that guy? Why would you date him? Like The chip runner was totally ragging on Perlot. And the funny thing was D was not even defending him much. She was kind of just letting the guy go off on him. She wasn't even going, oh, no, no, you don't really know him. He's a good guy. Like She's just she's kind of like laughing at, at, at all this shit the chip, the chip runner's talking about him. And at, at the time, I'm like, wow. You know, actually, even though he's, you know, he was sitting behind me and I had to get him to move, I, like, I, I feel bad for this guy, whoever this is. And then I found out later that it was Prahlad. So, uh, not surprisingly, they got a divorce. Not then. Uh, it took several years. But in 2013, uh, Prahlad and Dee got a divorce. But I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. The bigger thing that happened with Prahlad was in 2010. In 2010, Prahlad hit a dry spell in his poker career. Perlot also was a big spender. Perlot loved the uh, he, he 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 loved being a baller. Perlot is a white guy who kind of wishes he's black and uh, wishes not just black but he wishes like he could live the life of a black rap star. So uh, he lives in a very expensive house. He was uh you know he buy expensive cars. He was he would spend a lot of money. You could tell the guy would spend a lot of money. So this is not someone who's socking away all his earnings and making sure he has a stable bankroll. So he wanted an 800K downswing, according to PokerTableRatings.com on PokerStars. He played there as Prefontaine. That was his name over there. Right at the end of this 800K downswing, it was suddenly announced that he was the new face of the new UB. The reason it was called the new UB was remember that Ultimate Bet had its big scandal in 2007 and 2008 where they were super using. They were looking at the whole cards and cheating their own players. Perlod was one of the biggest victims of UB. Uh, they gave him a refund of, I think, somewhere near a half a million dollars for the cheating. And, and keep in mind, they under-refunded most people. 
So they gave him a refund of half a million dollars. It's very possible that they actually cheated Prahlad uh, out of something like one million dollars or more. So he really lost, you know, he really got ripped off there. They gave him a refund of around half a million dollars when they were giving out the refunds there. So UB attempted to rebuild its image, and the way they did that was by lying to everyone and claiming that they sold it and that new owners took over. So this way you'd feel comfortable playing there because you weren't playing on a site owned by the people who cheated you. Well, that wasn't true, though. The same owners were there the whole time. There was no sale, and this was uncovered pretty quickly. So it was strange that Prahlad, who was one of the biggest cheating victims on there, was agreeing to represent the, quote, new UB, when there really was no new UB. He was representing the same old cheaters, the same people who had actually cheated him, and by his own admission, knocked him out of poker for a while. Because what had happened was after he got cheated, they basically busted him over there. And he was out of poker for a while, and Prahlad himself said, look, I could have kept playing if I was still rising up in the poker scene. I could have been one of these people who was killing the nosebleed games, but I couldn't because I had no more bankroll. So once the nosebleeds got started, I didn't have the role to play on them. So it really ruined him, these uh, these cheaters in UB. And then it was so weird in 2010 that he went and signed with UB to promote them, even with so many people, including uh, Daniel Negreanu, who had uh, been friendly with him. I don't think they were close friends, but Daniel Negreanu tried so hard to convince him that uh, this is not the new UB, it's the same old cheaters, that uh, they need to prove to him it's different and that they're not, not going to be able to, and to talk to the... You know, everyone was telling Prahlad, talk to... People in the know, and they will give you all the proof that it's not the new UB. In fact, I offered that. I offered he could talk to me, and I'll explain it to him. But uh, Prahlad did it anyway. Why? Because he was greedy. The worst thing about this was that Prahlad was not just any old poker player. Prahlad was a very, very supposedly principled guy a left-wing liberal who hated corporations. He felt corporations were evil, they're destroying the earth, blah, 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 they're, they're cheating the little guy. He never wore a patch for any poker site while things were going well, claiming that no matter how much money they want to give him, it's not worth it, because he does not want to sell out to the, corpor- the, the corporations, even poker corporations. He doesn't want to sell out. So what a turnaround that all of a sudden, when he goes broke... Not only does he sell out, but he sells out to promote the most evil poker corporation ever and continuing to promote a scam. And guess what? Indeed, it was the same ownership, and indeed, they stole from everyone all over again. And when Black Friday came down about six months later and UB went down, it turned out that all the money that was on deposit was stolen, and no one ever got it back. So, Prahlad, the hypocritical limousine liberal who pretended that he was so anti-corporate, so much for the little guy, went and promoted a scam site and knowingly did so because he was too afraid to be broke. I mean, talk about completely throwing away your principles. Here, here's Perlod talking about uh, the new UB. Let me get this up here. I had this, but I lost it. Uh, Seriously, Sirius did a funny song about him, but that's that's not what I'm looking for. 
Is this it? No, that's not it. That's a World Series book. I should have had this ready. Uh, it might be down because UB is down. Oh, no, here it is. We've played this before on this show. So it says, what happens when you combine millions in cash game victories? 1.1 milli in WPT scores. I hate when people talk like that. 1.1 milli. That, that's so him, too. Yeah, 1.1 milli. A WPT championship title. 700k in WSP bling. An unstoppable focus brought to every game. You get a stronger, louder Team UB. Perlod Friedman is here. So now you're seeing Perlod Friedman's room. And he's sitting in his chair, and he's jamming to music. And he's bobbing his head up and down. Oh, what's up, everybody? Oh, what's up, everybody? So he turns around as if you've surprised him. Oh, what's up, everybody? I just want to let y'all know that I'm the latest UB signed homie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the latest new B signed homie. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like butthead laughing. Yeah, and I'm real excited about it. There was the old UB, but this is the new UB, and I'm yeah. Big difference there. I'm here to shake things up. Call me the point guard, whatever. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna be kicking it. I'm gonna be traveling the world, playing tournaments, taking them down, and we'll just be chilling. Then he turns back around and jams to his music again. He actually turns it up. He turns up the music. And then they show him shooting free throws, which is unimportant. But anyway, that was uh, them introducing Prolod. Yeah, it's the old UB. Now we got the new UB. Yeah, the new UB that stole from everyone, too. The same ownership. And everyone told him. It's not like he was ignorant to it. He knew it. He chose to ignore it. So everyone turned on him. Uh, Seriously Serious did a song called Black and Yellow, which was uh, making fun of him. And uh, he, after UB went down after Black Friday and stole everyone's money, Prahlad uh, slinked away. He wasn't completely gone, but he kind of slinked away from, the, from being a public figure in poker. He realized that no one was going to like him anymore. He realized there's nothing he could say at that point to make anyone like him. Did he offer to give any of the money back that they paid him? Did he offer even apology? No, nothing. Just slinked away. Oh, well, everybody, your money's gone. Too bad. Promoted the new UB. Everyone told him what the truth was. He didn't care. He was greedy. So, that's old news, though. Getting back to the divorce, in 2013, Perlot Friedman and Dee Long got a divorce. They had a very nice house in the hills above Malibu. And that was up for sale. And I found it on Zillow.com. It was... Uh, it was selling for about $2 million. They were trying to sell it for $2.3 million, but it ended up selling for like $1.8 million about a year and a half later. I guess Perlod finally broke down and just sold it. But the, the point is they sold the house, presumably because Perlod could not afford to stay in it anymore. Uh, you know, once you have the divorce, you've got to split up the assets. Often if, if one person does not have enough to buy out the other, they have to sell the house. Sometimes they sell it anyway just because both want to get a new start, but usually it's because they can't afford to keep it anymore once they split the assets down 50-50. I assume that's what happened there. I don't know for sure. I do know, thanks to this radio show, that the one who 
stayed in the House after they separated in 2013 was D. Long. And we know that because I tracked down the phone number for that house and we called up. I think it was Colonel Fabersham who called up or something. And uh, we tried to talk to whoever answered and it was D for sure. And she stayed on the phone about 10 seconds and hung up on us. But the point is we got our answer because they were separated. They weren't living in the same house anymore. And D was the one answering the phone. So it took about over a year and a half, but they sold the house. And that was the last I heard. Now, Perlada has been making a lot of really bad music and putting it on YouTube. Again, thinking that he has a lot of musical talent. So this is one, this is my favorite of his uh, songs that he made. He made this uh, with two guys. Let's see if I can find this. Come on, I can't find this. It's called Progressive Collective. And it's It's funny. Huh. Somebody in the chat room could find Progressive Collective. It's, it's, it's a terrible song. It's kind of a wannabe rap mixed with like an East Asian spiritual song. I've played it before on this show. For some reason, I can't find it. Maybe he took it down. I should have saved a copy of it. So we, we, I definitely have it on some other episodes of this show. So if I really wanted to, I could find it. Anyway... Perlot is back to making music. And I hadn't seen in a while music that he'd been making. So I had assumed that uh, Perlot was just kind of, you know, making these stupid songs every once in a while, maybe playing some poker kind of under the radar. and Wasn't going to be much to say about him other than what we've already said many times. But no, a new song has come out. And... He has a new partner to make music with. And in fact, he has formed his own uh, record label, which is laughable, called Progress Records. Now, Progress is what he, that's his stage name for the music he makes. Progress is supposed to be a, uh, a combination of Prolod, you know, P-R-A, and the word progress. So instead of progress, it's progress. So... ProgressRecords.com is his record site. And uh, this is a new thing he just created. And there's a new single that has come out called Hazy Eyes. And that's Hazy Eyes with a Z at the end. That's H-A-Z-Y-E-Y-E-Z. It's by Progress and Ada, or Aida. A-I-D-A. Now, who is Aida or Ada? The only Ada I had heard of was someone who was on the X Factor. I didn't know much about her, but a Ukrainian singer who was on the X Factor like five years ago. Four years ago. Her name was uh, Ada Nikolachuk. But that's not who it is. This, is, I guess there's another Ada in music now that uh, Perlod's trying to push. Uh, it's apparently Perlod's new girlfriend and is a 22-year-old half-Brazilian, half-Cuban girl. And here is the description of, uh, of Aida, and then I'll, I'll play you this terrible song, or at least as much I can stand of playing it. It says, her name is Aida Leal Magalhaes. M-A-G-A-L-H-A-E-S. Aida feels many different types of music, many, many different types of genres, and creates chill-out music and more hyper-club songs. 
She isn't afraid to try new things, and, and her confidence spreads to everyone working with her. Well, there's one line in there that I believe is true, uh, the thing about spreading. <laughs> Aida Leal Ma- Ma- Magales, known as Aida, was born in the city of Rio de Janeiro on January 17, 1994. Aida is a singer-songwriter and producer that has been singing since she was four years old. Aida has a loving personality, and her songs describe her lifestyle as a normal black woman. She doesn't look very black to me, but she kind of, just, she kind of does look just, you know, Cuban, Brazilian, whatever. Uh, a normal black woman who loves to smoke cannabis and enjoy life. She sings about love, relationships, and feeling music getting high. By the way, this is written by Prelad. Ada is half Brazilian, half Cuban, and is fluent in Portuguese. Her main influences musically include Beyonce, Rihanna, the Internet. Oh, I don't know what the Internet is. <laughs> must be some group. Uh, Lauren Hill, Aretha Franklin, Anita Baker, Whitney Houston, Joss Stone, Dajavan, G- Gilberto Gill... Satano Veloso, Maria Rita, I don't know who these people are, to name a few. She is a true lover of music and has a thousand plus songs memorized. Is that these her songs? She just memorized everybody else, probably other songs. I mean, don't most of us have like a thousand songs memorized? Probably. And Northern California guy, how many songs did you say you probably have memorized or close to memorized? Uh, less than a thousand. Okay. Uh, what about you, Trader Risk? You think you've memorized a thousand songs? Okay, so you're be- you're beating Aida. Aida has done performances at clubs in Rio de Janeiro, where she's from. In the beginning of 2016, she started her career as a producer and beat maker, as well as singer songwriter for the record label Progress Records. Her first release is Hazy Eyes, which is funny. Prahlad misspelled Hazy Eyes here. <laughs> it's with an S here and a Z on the video, uh, which is a hip hop R and B style of music with Progress. Look for big things to come from Haida. She is currently finishing her first album, which is a collaboration with Progress Records. Now, if you click on Perlod, there's a bio of him, too. Perlod Friedman. Now, uh, first of all, I want to say Perlod Friedman, he's 38, and he, he did not put up a good picture of himself. He, he looks pretty old in this picture. It looks like Perlod, what you'd picture like uh, you know, 20 years later since these UB videos, yet it's only been like five years. Uh, he doesn't look quite as old in the video, but it's just a bad picture of him. He's starting to get wrinkles in his face. He just put up like the very worst picture, which makes him kind of look uh, old and disheveled. Uh, anyway, it says, Poker is fun, but there ain't nothing like expressing yourself through musical notes and words. When people feel your music, they might bump your jams for their whole life. That's mind-blowing. Well, that might be true, but not your music. Maybe someone else's music, Prolad. Prolad Progress Friedman was born in Denver, Colorado. He grew up mostly in the San Francisco Bay Area and Seattle, but currently resides in Los Angeles. He's a rapper, singer-songwriter, beatmaker, producer, and owner and CEO of Progress Records. Progress is currently best known for his world-class poker abilities. I think it's currently best known. Like, he's going to break out in music and become better known for that. Like, that's a... You, know, you just wait. He may be well-known in poker, but you just wait. He's going to be so big in music that one day he's going to be best known for being Progress the rapper. <laughs> For his world-class poker abilities, and has been featured on ESPN and multiple poker shows numerous times. Uh, he plays ex- extremely high-stake cash games in L.A. and Las Vegas. He says, I used to be considered the best in the world at online poker, but now I'm betting on music. Damn, that sounded corny. Ha ha. Well, you don't have to quote yourself then if it sounds so corny. This is your own webpage. Uh, and of, of course, uh, he doesn't mention that he went from being considered one of, I don't want to say the best in the world, he's one of, one of the best 
no-limit cash players in the world to falling behind the best players in the world because of what happened on UB that he went and promoted anyway, who then stole from other people. He, he left that part out of the story. He goes on to put, Progress is a dedicated vegan. He is an avid basketball player who once, hit a, who once held a world record for free throws with one ball, one rebounder, one minute to shoot. I'm glad that, is, I'm glad that got broken, by the way. It always bugged me he had that record. I'm glad he can't brag about that anymore. Glad someone must have beaten him. He says, I can't wait to blow up so Lil Dicky will think I'm cool enough to play hoops with him so I can torture him. Now, now who's Lil Dicky? Is he referring to Joe Seabock? <laughs> no, Lil, Lil Dicky is a rapper. Okay, it? okay. Yeah, and he's actually got a great story. If you ever look into that, he like started at an ad agency and he came up with these funny raps. Anyway. Okay, I thought you were talking about Joe Watching. I thought you were talking about Joe Seabach. Joe Seabach was the other uh, new UB pro on there, so it would have fit. Okay, so um, Progress has been rapping and beat making for many years. Now he wants to focus entirely on music and share hits, share his art with the world. That kind of sounds like he's quitting poker. So he's talked about how you know, he's, he's betting all on music, and he 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 now wants to do you know music. It focuses entirely on music. It sounds like he's he's given up on poker. I wonder if he's struggling there. Or if he's so delusional, he thinks this is going to be his meal ticket. He plays guitar and piano and is always willing to try new instruments or experiment with different types of music. Influences include Macklemore, Andre 3000, Tribe Called Quest, Jay Dilla, Pete Rock, Kanye, Tupac, Dell, Drake, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Beatles, Lil Dicky, and many more. Progress's first release is Hazy Eyes, which is a hip-hop R&B style. I already read that. So, okay. Expect lots of new songs from Progress. So, Let's hear the new song for Progress, the one track that Progress Records has released. We'll see what we think of it. Boom, boom, boom. It looks like he's like lighting up a joint here, by the way. It's kind of hard to tell if it's a cigarette or a joint, but I think it's a joint. Every day I wake up I just wanna roll me up on you. That's Aida, by the way. Every day I wake up, I just wanna put my lips on you. Okay, I gotta stop it right here. So, you can't see this, obviously, on the radio. This is the one moment I wish this was a video show. I usually say I don't want this to be a video show. I wish right now it was a video show. Uh, Aida is dressed up in this video like she's a high-end prostitute. And I don't know what she's like normally. I don't know if she normally dresses like this or if this is just for the video. So, I'm not going to bash her and say that she is that. But this is the way they're dressing her. She, she, she's wearing like this... Uh, this bathing suit. I think it's a bathing suit for most of the video. Sometimes she's wearing like this white outfit, but other times she's wearing this bathing suit, this kind of leopard print-looking bathing suit, where it uh, you can basically see her entire ass. It's it's like uh, the bathing suit has a very thin uh, piece, like a thong-like piece that goes like into her ass. You can't even see it; disappears into her ass, and you can you can see her full ass with this bathing suit. And Prahlad, very tastefully, uh, at around the 39-second mark, goes and zooms in on uh, his girlfriend's uh, pretty much bare ass. 
<laughs> Very tasteful, Prahlad. Yeah, hey, hey, look, here's I ate his ass. Here's my girlfriend's ass. Look at my girlfriend's ass. That's what he's doing here. He like zooms right in on it on purpose. They're, they're like smoking what looks like weed throughout. It's, it's uh, like a, I think they're smoking a joint throughout the video. And Perlot is wearing uh, various uh, douchebag-looking clothing that you'd expect. Uh, it it kind of looks like, speaking of the year 2009, kind of like what you'd expect someone in, like a douchebag in 2009 would wear, who's like in his mid-20s, except Perlot is 38. So yeah, he's trying to look youthful, so he, he doesn't come off as like the dirty old man with a, with Aida here is 12, 22 years old. Ah, uh, there we go. We got there we go. We got progress. Times back in puffing, walking, gymming, that's getting the body trim strengthened. Everything, then shower with a joint in hand. Ash traded drain, we bump music from Oakland. Getting lifted, staying positive, creating songs from the piano, guitar, a drum, a hum, a bird. Chirping like Chopin, benevolent, but still choking in jujits. Our habitat be the illest, but we still. Our habitat be the illest. Why? This is a good time to mention with that line our, habit, our habitat be the illest. The whole video takes place at the house where they apparently live. And I say apparently, I, I can't be sure this is where they live. But uh, this, again, it seems like Prahlad can't leave the Malibu area. Before, he was in the hills over Malibu, but didn't have an ocean view. He's in a new house, it looks like. Or should I should say a different house. I don't know how new it is. And this one has a very nice ocean view from out on the patio. But you can tell it's high up. Like you can say the they ocean. Say location is everything. Ah, Brandon, welcome back. So, so location, location, location. Ha- have you seen? Have you seen the video yet, Brandon? I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. We're talking about Prahlad Friedman's new video with his 22-year-old uh, Brazilian girlfriend. Oh, black and yellow, or whatever. Uh, seriously, serious? No, no, no. Prahlad just did a new video. He Prahlad came out with uh, a new re- a new record label that called Progress Records, and he's trying to promote himself and his twenty two year old Brazilian girlfriend, who I'm sure he's using him for money. Uh, and uh, he, he they made this here. Listen, Brandon, just, just listen. So had to go okay. through it. Had to go through it. Had to go through it. Sound like a good song, Brandon? Sounds splendid. It's awful. <laughs> so it's so awful. this, Prelod claims now that he's, this is on his own webpage, he's claiming that he's devoting full time to music, and this is their, uh, this is their first release. Progress and Aida is her name, and she's from uh, Brazil, but she's also half Cuban somehow. And they're, and, and the, a, it's a very classy video where they dress her up kind of like a high class prostitute, including they zoom in on her, uh, her bare ass where she's wearing a revealing bathing suit where you can basically see her whole ass. And uh, Perlot struts around like a douchebag in his late 30s that's trying to look younger. And, oh, wow. 
Yeah. So, and he's got a new house though. The house I don't understand. Maybe you have some theories on this one. So, the house that he had before with D. Long when they got a divorce that sold about a year and a half later for for a loss. And uh, so, presumably, they sold that house because they couldn't afford to keep it after the divorce. So here we are now, a year and a half later, and somehow Prahlad has a house with a a better view, also apparently in uh, in Malibu, which looks very expensive. So how did he afford this? I know I've heard rumors that Prahlad's parents are rich, and then maybe they're helping him. But uh, anyway, he's he's again living in in a. Uh, what he called a celebrity's house. That's what he called his last one. Like Prelada wants to feel like a celebrity and live on the hills of Malibu and, and, and just feel like he's balling out of control. So this is, this is his latest... Uh, so he's moved here now, so he's, he's showing off his new pad and his new 22-year-old Brazilian girlfriend, who he refers to as black on his webpage, even though she doesn't really appear black. And uh, and and then they're kind of like all over each other in the second half of the video. They, they she where, sit. Where did this appear? How did you find out about this? Well, one of our users found it and posted it on the forum. So then I then I did the research and, and found out the backstory with all this. It's, it's like the same... You don't hear the rest of it. Is, what you just heard, Brandon, they've repeated this this over and over. And it's pretty much the whole song. What you just heard. They just, they play that same verse over and over and over for three minutes. That's the song. That's awful. So, but the thing is... I don't even think... I, I think our uh, resident hip-hop aficionado, Doom, wouldn't even really like that. And he loves that rap music. Yeah, that, that, that I was trying to I was trying to put my dislike for Prahlad out of my mind. I was trying to look at it reasonably and say, okay, I, I don't listen to this type of music anyway. But if I did like this type of music, is it possible that I would like the song? And I, I have to still say the answer would be no. Like I, they're really, it, it's pretty much the same. That you've you hear the first fifteen seconds of the song and you've heard the whole song already. Are you watching on YouTube? Tom? Yes, yes. You see the second comment from the top. Uh, let me see. Didn't it say something about practice avoidance? Practice avoidance. Yeah, practice avoidance. Yeah, so, someone got that right. Now, also, no one has gotten my uh, my trivia question or my, my quiz, whatever you want to call it. But funny enough, do you know what the second most guest casino was that I've been to? It wasn't right. What do you think the second most guest casino was? It's very strange. Uh, the Number one was Venetian Palazzo. Yeah. People I've... know I go there. How about the Rio? No, I didn't get any Rios, but I got seven South Points. Wow. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell, no, no, no I, I know why. I know why. Because oh, they, figured why? You're, they figured you're making a contest out of it. It's not going to be obvious like the Venetian. So so people are guessing. Uh, they're trying to be clever and think, okay, what's something that's out of the way that they wouldn't expect Brandon to go to? And they go, oh, the South Point. That's why. Oh. I bet that's it. Well, right now, even if you're listening in the archives, it's 1120 Pacific time. Uh, live on the Fraud Channel, no one has gotten it right. So if no one gets it right before the show ends, then I guess... It's, 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 should we roll it over for the archive listeners? I guess that's only fair, can right? I do, can I do a live guess, or do I need to text you? Uh, who's it? Is that my little booby trader, Ruski? What's happening, my brother? Buddy, I, did you hear earlier on the Fraud Show, I told them about the, the kings with the queen, and then the other kings with the card for 4,000? Absolutely. I gave you Wow. Okay, take your guess, buddy. Uh, Treasure Island slash the Mirage. 
Well, it only, it's not a slash the Mirage. One is not. Yeah, I thought I could, I thought I could squeeze two of them. No, <laughs> no. Increase my odds. I, right. I, I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna guess the the Bellagio slash the Wind slash Harris <laughs> slash uh, the Link slash. It, Traderuski's disqualified, just like the people who texted too early. Yeah, Traderuski trying Trader to cheat here. Traderuski, you're incorrect, my 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 handsome friend. Traderuski, are you hungry by any chance? Yeah, are you, are you coming to me? Because actually, I'm starving. Are you hungry? Yeah, I've actually, I we we I would, we had we got some Chinese food. I got extra for you. Oh, really? So you, buy. so you have food already for you? Huh? What kind of Chinese food do you have? Mongolian beef um, from P.F. Chang's. Oh, Oh, now listen. Korean chicken, brown rice, and uh, some Chang's chicken. You you should get the... I ordered ordered extra. You know what the best at at P.F. Chang's? I got a microwave you can stick it in. At at P.F. Chang's... Hold on, on, Drop. Trederuski, I'm going to be honest. I am starving, and that sounds amazing. Is there enough to fill me up over there? Yeah. Okay, well, you know what, guys? We're going mobile even more. I'm on my way to Trader Ruski now. Well, you know, Brandon, I know you're very hungry right now, but but you're aware of the fact that uh, if you don't want to have to go back out and and eat within an hour after you're there, you should try to think of eating something else. <laughs> I mean, is, is it really worth it to make a special trip to eat Chinese food when you know you're going to no, be hungry again? No, it would be to see my little booby and, and to see radio and no. Trader Ruski. Can you send the assistant out maybe and get me a Pepsi? Or do you have any... <laughs> that's what the assistant does, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Now, actually, uh, my assistant uh, flew home today. He has to he had to leave for a wedding. We do, what about we your do, other assistant? We do have Katie's assistant here, and he can take care of that. Wow, me. see, there's actually a, a second assistant? Yeah, yeah it, who used to be the number one assistant, but now... He's a dog. He, he takes care of the dog. Traderuski, I just hopped on the on the motorway. I'll what? be there sh- very soon. But I didn't realize this. Traderuski must—he must really be balling. He has a dog assistant too. I. You have to understand, and I didn't even know this until yesterday. I found out. I'm not going to say it on the air, but I found out how much the assistant get paid, gets paid. It's fucking mind-boggling. If I ever decide to get out of this whole gambling world, I'm going to be Traderuski's assistant because it, it's. It's a good, it's a good paying job. Look, I, I look. I said I might get out of the gambling world after uh, Bovada shuts down, which will be uh, for the poker, which will be in about a, a week and a half. Maybe I should be the third assistant. Maybe you should. Now, lastly, before I forget, since we're kind of just talking, <laughs> there is a new strip resort, and this this started September first. Huh. And I didn't know this. This I mean, I'm about to say what it is. I didn't know it occurred. Trader Ruski told me about it last night, so I was literally there within 20 minutes of saying goodbye to Trader Ruski to check it out. Trader Ruski, why don't you tell the audience what you discovered for me? Yeah, and that's what you wanted, right? I wasn't sure if it was well, the exact same thing. Echo, uh, echo, echo uh, here. But it's, uh... He's not yeah. even talking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, you, you, are you in the bathroom? No, 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 I went out to have a smoke, but I'll jump out. Okay, okay. Um, no, it's the, uh, what do they call it? I guess it's the video Baccarat. Stadium, stadium, stadium. Stadium, that's the word I was looking for. It's not in Baccarat. It's Baccarat. Baccarat, got it. 
They opened up a stadium and roulette. Uh, stadium Baccarat and roulette at the Bellagio two weeks ago. Huh? Actually, September 1st, so three weeks ago. Because this thing is such a hit at the Palazzo in Venetian. I mentioned on last week's fraud show that they're opening one up at the Win, and they're in a what they're calling a beta one, a beta phase or a beta testing uh, at the Bellagio. And uh, I want I want to explain to the listener a stadium uh, baccarat game. What that is, it's where every they they have a whole lot of terminals where you can sit at electronic terminals and bet on action that is being done by a live dealer. So the advantage here is that one live dealer can be used for many, many, many players as opposed to traditional gaming where you can only have as many people as fit at the table. And you know what else? You can't tip, even if you want to do. Yeah, and there's no tipping. And they actually, the casino actually likes that because they don't want patrons wasting their gambling money on tipping. Yep. Very good point. So I was there last night, uh, and it was actually a good time to take out my line of credit there, just you know, so it's not stale, so it's decent play. So uh, I took out a marker for just five thousand, and I played for a little while, won twelve hundred dollars, and uh, I was pretty impressed. It was nice. Um, and the other thing that really blew my mind that I didn't know about, I spoke with a floor lady there named Teresa. That is where that basically is running, you know, this little stadium area. And she said that the feedback has been tremendous. And, you know, in terms of, you know, customers loving it. And she said one of the reasons, or the main reason was, in general, whether it's a Monday night or Friday night, there is no Baccarat table in the entire Bellagio that is less than a $100 minimum. And this. Which seems kind of strange to me. Yeah, it is strange. And this stadium, the minimum is $10. So people that normally could not play Baccarat at the Bellagio, because, you know, $100 minimum, that's, you know. Yeah, it's high. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people liked it. It was packed. I was there at one thirty in the morning. I, I started. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was packed. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, so they said that it's going to be there for 90 days. And then they're going to reevaluate and decide to either expand it or if the feedback. So it's very small. I think it's like 25 seats right now uh, versus like the Palazzo of Venetia that has well over 200 seats. So 60 more days or so, and they're going to choose to either expand it or they're going to remove it totally if they, if they deem it a fail. But I have a feeling it's going to stay. So anyhow, it's kind of interesting. The stadium seem to be the wave of the future, my uh, esteemed co-host. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think. I think you're right. I think it's. Uh, in fact, even I was swept up, and even I have played Stadium Baccarat on two occasions in 2016. And you know, the time we played, I remember when we were hitting it, you were cheering and fist pumping. It was like your Arsenio Hall show back in the 80s. <laughs> yep, I was. I was getting into it, and then I, I liked it so much, I came back a second time alone. Because the thing is that you were short stacking Baccarat, which I kind of said it's not like Limit Hold'em where it gives anyone any advantage to short, short stack. I, I was short stacking. You're right. But you did good. You, you booked two wins, didn't you? Yep. I'm 2-0 and oh so far in the stadium Baccarat. Awesome. Awesome. So right now, Druff, I'm on the 15. 
I'm sorry, I'm on the 215, merging to the 15, and I will be at Trader Ruski's secret location in about seven minutes. All right, beautiful. Yeah. So what, okay, what else? And you, and you want Pepsi. Pepsi's okay, right? An ice cold and maybe a bottle of water would be great. So now, Trader Ruski, are you really, this is not a joke, you're really sending out the assistant to go get Pepsi for uh, for Drexel here? I'm doing it myself. Oh, wow. You're, you're, so you're the machine down the hall. Oh, okay, okay. That's, I mean, that's generous, but at least it's not, you don't have to go outside the property. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, you know, they got sodas. I mean, it's going to be overpriced. It's going to be three bucks. Yeah, it's going to be sodas. three bucks. I know, I know. You, you know what, you know though? I'll tell you this. Um, I am so Jewish that when I am occasionally forced to make a purchase like this, like a $3 soda purchase because it's my only choice, I will tell you it tastes better to me simply because it's, I, I know it was more expensive. Not, not that I think it's better. I know it's the same one I would buy in the store. But just because I know I bought it from the machine and I spent $3 on it, somehow I appreciate it more. I actually, it actually tastes better to me. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it's not not a conscious thing, but I go, wow, this Pepsi's good. I go, oh, I know why. Because I paid $3 for it. I My, my brain's trying to justify it. That's interesting. I've never heard that logic applied to an overpriced Pepsi, but makes sense, I guess. Now, I've also had the reverse, though, happen where I get things for free, and I also think it's better, like it tastes better, because I get something for free. That that happens as well. It's a it's when I pay that kind of like the normal price when it doesn't taste as good. Yeah. Huh. Well, out of curiosity, what do we have left on the agenda tonight? Well, as far as yeah. the, the the this was the is a kind of a light week here as far as the poker gambling stuff uh, that's all done. And the last thing we were talking about was Perlod. Uh, I have just two general topics. I was going to play the. Uh, uh, I was going to have just a talk about Donald Trump and his sudden ascension back into competitiveness in the race. And I was going to also play clips of the grilling of the Wells Fargo CEO by Senator Elizabeth Warren. And uh, and talk a bit more about that whole situation and listen to this guy's uh, pathetic responses as to what happened. What about that Yasiel Puig? Are you looking at me? Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner apparently has a history of uh, picking fights with with batters. He he just uh, he likes to mouth off to batters. In fact, he said sometimes he said he actually does this on purpose. Cause especially, especially Cuban nationalists, it seems. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And he and he says he does this on purpose because he sometimes feels he has to get angrier to pitch better. So he'll sometimes actually start these arguments and fights on purpose. So for some reason, he likes to do it with Puig especially. So he and Puig have gone off on each other a few times. And But this one was the strangest of all because this one, Puig, for all his problems, he didn't cause it. Puig actually grounded out. And Madison, he, you know, he grounded back to the pitcher. Bumgarner threw it back to first in time to get Puig. Puig just kind of was walking away, just routine out. And then Madison Bumgarner is like staring at him, which is really weird. He got the guy out. Puig didn't say anything to him. Puig just walking away. Finally, he glances in in uh, Bumgarner's direction. And we're, we're talking, by the way, for those of you that don't know, the Dodgers versus Giants at, at Dodger Stadium. He, he just glances over there and sees uh, <laughs> Bumgarner just staring at him. And he's so Puig's like, what are you doing? And then Bumgarner says, uh, you looking at me? And then uh, they started. And then they started to. Uh, and then Puig says something like, "No, I think you, you're looking at me. What are you looking? At me? Like they went back and forth like that. And then uh, the bench is cleared, and a fight almost broke out. So then they got kind of cute though today. Do you hear about what happened today? 
Well, I heard yesterday they actually they very quickly manufactured T-shirts with hashtag you looking at me. And and Justin Turner, Adrian Gonzalez, and Yasiel Puig all wore the shirts and covered their eyes and took a picture and tweeted it out. Yeah. And then, How about marketing these days? Unbelievable. And yeah, they, they did it like within hours. They had these shirts made, and then they and then Puig actually signed one of them and and and, and dropped it into the Giants dugout to taunt Mass and to Bumgarner and say it was for him. What a crazy race in the NL uh, in the National League, huh? Yeah, well, the Dodgers have it. I mean, it's 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 pretty much done there. No, but I mean, they're all tied. They're all tied going into night. The Cardinals, who were, look like they're they're four games out on Saturday, now they're tied, or they were tied. Yeah, yeah. The Mets and San Francisco and. Well, yeah, all all of them crapped the bed. The the, the Cardinals got blown out yeah. today. The the Mets the Mets lost in the ninth inning to the Braves and. Uh, oh my God! And then and then the uh, and then the Giants lost to the Dodgers. So they they all didn't gain any ground today. Did you see how the Mets game ended though on that catch? No. A pretty pretty good catch by the Braves center fielder. It it might have been a game winning home run. It was like pretty close to the top of the fence and the guy went up and grabbed it. Wow. Yeah, the Braves the Braves actually been playing very well in September. They had nowhere to go but up. Yeah, they they've suddenly they they they've suddenly developed the ability to hit like every game they're they're hitting now. So, uh, yeah, they're of course way out of the race, but uh it's, it's surprising how well they've been playing in September, and the Giants have just been horrendous. So they, I, I think they're going to be the odd man out. I think they, the Giants are going to miss the playoffs. As, as poorly as, as the Cardinals and Mets are playing as well, I think the Giants are actually going to be the ones out. And who knows, maybe even the, the Pirates or Marlins could catch them. If the, if, the, if the other three teams keep playing so poorly, they you might even have a surprise there in the final days. Probably not. But. You know, and as crazy as it sounds, just think about... What this guy's doing, Gary Sanchez, the catcher for the Yankees. Have you have you read about these achievements he's made? I, I know he's been doing really well. By the way, PLOL is in the chat. He says he thinks the Pirates are going to sneak in there and get it for the wild card. Bad guy will be happy to hear that. You hear Brandon? I think we lost Brandon. No, I'm here. No, you're here. Can you okay. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. I just I'm turned into Trader Ruski's secret location. I'm looking for parking. Here, ba- bad guy... Tw- bad guy uh, he came on before and said he was sorry about the whole thing uh, from two weeks ago. Now, do you, do you want me to put him on now? He's calling in now. Yeah, as long as we keep it, you know. Yeah, he's, do you he, agree with me that that's not what this kind of show is? Yeah, you know, he, he, he was very uh, apologetic today. I know. Bad guy. Okay. Hello? No, no, dude, dude. I'm not calling to bust your balls, man. I want to say that was the greatest shit I heard since TK the Pimp last week, the Sonic the Hedgehog shit. Yeah, he, 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 loved, the, he loved the Sonic man. stuff. That was great radio. I'm so sorry, I want to bury the thing? hatchet. With... Last week when you went to the Sonic, that was fucking oh. the best shit I ever heard, man. <laughs> I'm glad you I, I want to bury the hatchet, man. I'm burying the hatchet on that one. Now I'm the believer. Thank you. Thank that you, was Jack. fucking hilarious, brother. Hilarious. But I stayed Thank up for the whole much. fucking drive and back. I mean, that's how good it was. I tried to call <laughs> earlier, but you weren't on here. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I get props and props for dude, dude. I kid around you sometimes, but like that shit was hilarious. That was great radio. Nice. I'm glad you got it back in one piece, man. Absolutely. How are you, my friend? What's what's going on on uh, the East Coast? You're uh, you you're uh, you're for football. You're a Steelers fan, all right? You're not Eagles, are no, you? No, I'm an Eagles fan. Oh, you are Eagles. So yeah, you, you I live in Pittsburgh, but I like the Eagles. I, and there's something not only really wrong with me, but yeah. You must be pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah, definitely. Doing and, and they play each other this week, man. 
Yep, only a oh. three and a half point spread. That shit only happens once every four years. Still is minus yep. three and a half, but you gotta lay some juice with it. I don't know. I don't see how the Eagles can win that game, but you never know. Yeah. Right or wrong. I need Davy to give me a pick on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's Mr. Davy at? You gotta go to another song tonight and wipe this shit up. Another Sonic. I think one Sonic. Yeah, you can't. I don't think we can afford to keep Brandon, sending Brandon to Sonic. If we, if we keep paying him three hundred dollars every show, well, we're going to be broke. He spent all the money out of his own pocket. He spent like forty bucks at the place. Well, no, twenty of that. Twenty of that. Twenty of those dollars yeah, came we got from three hundred uh, from Kilowatt or whatever the hell. His no, three hundred came from Calwatt. Twenty dollars came from uh, Trader Ruski, and then uh, the other twenty came from Brandon out of that three hundred that he was, he was given. So, I want to tell you this right you. now. That yeah. That show last week beat the two on the show. Easily. It wasn't even close, man. Yeah. That's like following PK to Penn. Like, there's no way you can follow that show last week. There's nothing you can do. Like, there's nothing you can do. But talk about it. Say, man, Brandon went down there to this Mexican joint. I mean, I guess it was in Mexico or somewhere. Like, it was a bad area. A lot of Latino gangsters. I mean, we don't want to fucking get anybody shot. I can't believe you did it. Because I didn't think you were going to do it. And then he said, fuck, well, you know, your girl as, said, yeah, do it. As I'm I said, it. As I said last week, when he said, I call your bluff, that's, I didn't want to fucking leave my house. I'm being honest. I was comfortable. I'm in my pajamas. I'm, I'm sipping on a iced coffee. I'm doing radio. I didn't want to fucking do well, it. Well, you asked that Trader Ruthie like three times. Should I do it? Should I do it? I say, there's no way And then you going. know what you heard? You heard because she was on the air. I thought my girl. Yeah, she said, I, go. Yeah, she's like, no, go. I'm like, all right, fuck. <laughs> all right, guess I'm going. Yeah, I got so, it, man. I mean, you know what? Awesome. So right now, right now, live, I am literally standing on the corner. This is the most traveled intersection. I think it's the most. It's the third most traveled intersection, at least it was years ago, in the United States. Uh, so where would I be, Druff? The third most traveled in- intersection in the entire United States. Where would I be right now? Uh, I think it would be. Las Vegas Boulevard and uh, Tropicana. Either Las Vegas that's Boulevard ex- and Tropicana. Yep, that is exactly okay. where I'm standing. I'm looking to the left, the beautiful MGM Grand. Uh, and then right across the street from that is New York, New York. And then to my left is, what would be to my left then? If right across from my view is the MGM, across from the MGM is New York, New York, what is to my left? <laughs> Excuse me. Um... So you're saying next to next to New York, New York. I'm a little confused by what you're talking about. Okay, here. I'm 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 standing. I would say luxury, but I'm totally fucking. I'm standing in a parking lot, and yeah. I'm straight up facing, looking at. By there. I'm looking at MGM. Yes. If I if I turn to my left, then I'm looking at. Uh, New York, New York. Now if you turn right, you're. I think you'd be looking at Excalibur. No, no, I'm actually. Well, yeah, okay, I can see Excalibur, and then what, what is the other? Circus, circus. What is the no, other? No, it's way out there. What's the What's the fourth <laughs> property on this intersection? There's four. It's probably the best way to phrase it. With four properties: MGM, across the street, New York, New York. Across the street from New York, New York is Excalibur. Across the street from Excalibur is what? Uh, that I'm forgetting. I guess Luxor, man, but none of them are right. I mean, what street am I on, guys? Well, you're, you're on. Uh, well, you're either on Vegas, Vegas Boulevard or, or Tropicana. Oh, it's the Tropicana. Okay. Yes, I, there you. I, I don't know. I forgot that. We're Indians, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, I forgot. I forgot that existed. Yeah. 
Well, it's been remodeled and redone. I heard it's real cute. I don't know. I haven't. I don't game in here. But uh, remember when they used to have in there like uh, like these screens where they'd have like girls dance behind and you see like the shadow of them dancing in front of the yes. blackjack table. Do they still have that, or is that gone? I don't know. Uh, I can find out very shortly. I'm actually going to be walking through here. And that's so what actually I, does, does does is Trader Ruski. Does anyone know his real name? I know it. Oh, I know you know it. I think it's, it's Candy. Okay, so I could I could probably say on a radio where I am heading now to meet him, couldn't I? And not worry about him being disturbed in his room, having to put the phone off. Like well, but yeah, they're pretty resourceful. They might be able to disturb him, so I don't know. All right. Well, I'll take my chance. Your name is Teddy? Jeff? No, it's not Teddy. Can it try a roof? No. <laughs> it's a Teddy. <laughs> like Teddy the Iceman? Who is what? Who is a guy? Wasn't there a guy from the Trop that got fired for, like, sexually abusing someone or doing something? Wasn't that here we talked about on the radio? Didn't the, one of the guys? Oh, I, I, we did yeah, a that, was, that was the guy who was the illusionist uh, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was for statutory so rape or something. What's going on here? Brandon's going to meet Trederuski right now? Yes, I'm actually walking through a parking lot to meet him. Trederuski, are you going to send down an assistant to bring me up, or how's this going to work? No, I texted you the uh, room number. From they my, don't have uh, security or nothing here? This doesn't make radio good, man. There's security you have to get through? Mm. No, most. I was asking if there was, because most hotels these days, you know, they have... You know, someone you have to show a key to to get up to... Yeah, you know, it's actually not a bad idea to start collecting keys from these various properties so you can just get in if you want to visit someone there. Yeah. Because you don't have to show okay. a valid key, you just have to show a key. Why, they don't, they don't desensitize the key? No, they don't even check. They, they just, you just, midnight. You, just, you just flash them they, the key. They show you them and you can walk in? You just flash the key, so as long as you have a key from at right. some point that looks like the current keys, they'll, they'll take it. All right, Druff, I'm going to go radio silent so you don't hear all this noise. And okay. The slot machines and the bells and whistles. As soon as I but get Jeff, to a secure the, location, what's, what's, I'll be right back. Okay. What's the game plan when Druff meets Trader Ruski? What are they going to do? They're like, well, no, Trader Ruski, who's always very generous, offered Brandon to come over and eat Chinese food that he saved for him. So Brandon's coming over to get some Chinese food that uh, Trader Ruski saved from P.F. Chang's. And Trader Ruski also dutifully went down the hall and bought a $3 Pepsi for Brandon out of the machine. So it's, it's all ready for Brandon. Okay, Ricky, how, old is the, how old is that Chinese food, bro? No, we just got like, it. Is it like uh, a couple minutes old? Yeah, it's from, from tonight, yeah. And, uh, within the last hour, so I think it's good. Oh, that'll be good, man. That motherfucker put that shit in that stuff, keeps it warm all night. The other thing that suffers is the broccoli, man. It gets, like, mushy. That's true. You know what, you know what uh, Trader Risky, have you ever had the uh, Kung Pao chicken at uh, P.F. Chang's? I have. See, that, that's my favorite thing there by far. You want me to get you free food at P.F. Chang's right now? No, we're not going to do this again. <laughs> we're not going to do this again. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> this is Poker Fraud Alert. We can't, go, we can't commit frauds on Poker Fraud Alert. That's going to defeat the whole purpose of the show. So anyway, uh, the, I really like the Kung Pao chicken at P.F. Chang's. So not only is it white meat, but it's got this... Like the way they make it, it has kind of this crunchy outside to it. By the way they uh, they fry it or whatever, and it tastes really good. And I like the sauce. I like everything about it. I love their kung pao chicken. I haven't had it in a long time actually, but I, I love it. I used to. Okay, well, there used to be a like they they got one up here in Pittsburgh now. Two of them, I think. But the other one used to be down in Maryland, man, and it was so good. Like any kind of chicken you got, like General Ho's, I call it, or even the General Ho. I, I like. 
I call it General Hose. I mean, it shows, but you know what I'm talking about. But the way it came out, it was nice, crispy and stuff. You know you can buy that shit in bags now. Like yeah, I'm sure it's not. Stuff. I'm sure it's not the same. Yeah, it's not going to be the same because you have to fucking cook it yourself. But if you got a walk one, it might be. Probably not. They, they just, you know, they you they jack the walk up, Brock. Do you have a do you have a walk in your arsenal or what? How are you going to knock it before you get a walk? I got on? I got a walk, bad guy. Yeah, well, put that shit in the walk. I bet you. It's but good. a lot of times they just license it out. It's not exactly the same thing. It's just it, it's very hard to duplicate the experience you yeah, have in the I'm restaurant. I'm on PF Change, man. I mean, like the last two times I went around here, it was nowhere near as good as that place I used to go in Baltimore. And let me tell you something: you got a Jack and Coke in Baltimore, it was like a double, man. I mean, I walk out of there crooked <laughs> like, every fucking time. I'm telling you the truth. Up here, it's like I don't even know what they're giving you, like well drinks. Okay, well, I'm suggesting to the listening audience. Well, you don't drink, man. I, I'm suggesting the li- listening I need, I need audience. See with my broccoli. <laughs> the listening audience here. If if you go to PF Chang's, I'm telling you, try the kung pao chicken. You'll really like it. So it's, it's really really try. good. What's in it? Is there mushrooms in it? No, they they have like peppers and uh, and scallions and peanuts. Okay, I like that. As long as there's no mushrooms, man. I can't stand mushrooms. No, I can't stand mushrooms either. In fact, I hate mushrooms so much that I have to make sure, like, anything I order just doesn't have them or they leave them out. And, like, if I eat one accidentally, it, it really bugs yeah, me. I get pissed, too, dude. Like, yeah, I, I hate them. There's a, there's a few things I really hate, and mushrooms is one, that's one they of them. It tastes like fucking dirt, dude. I don't even get the point of, like, people is like it the is I mean, it the texture or the taste you guys don't like? It's both. I just I think it just grosses me out. It tastes like dirt or something. I mean, I, I can't eat them. My mom and them love them. Like even the big ones. Like what the hell is the big ones called? And, uh, the big mushrooms. Oh yeah, the, portobellos. The, like the rich people mushrooms. I call them. Right? Well, there's also the oh, there's also the shit talkie mushrooms. Yeah, that's what that's what they are. Those <laughs> shiitakes are a little smaller. Portobellos are the big ones. They're they're portobellos. Yeah, portobellos. That's what it is. Portobellos. They put like all the shit, and I have to make them for them sometimes, like on a grill. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing because I don't eat that shit. No, they're, they're so I so, put some olive oil and stuff on them, and hopefully they come out right. I even hate how they smell. Like uh, I went to Lowry's, the prime rib place, and uh, you can order mushrooms as a side if you want. So I was with my parents, and they ordered a mushroom side, and the waitress kind of just dropped it in front of me just thinking the table's sharing it and it, it just smelled so bad and i said to my dad you've got to move that to the other side of the table because it's it's ruining my meal like i can't eat, i don't even want to smell it and there's most other foods that i don't like i i don't have a problem You're smelling the whole fucking luger's meal man <laughs> like i don't have a, i don't have a problem smelling most foods i don't like but but mushrooms are an exception i i hate the way they even smell when they're cooked so i agree i, I just can't dirty. do it I can't do right, it. Right, or is that the right word for it? I don't earthy, know. I mean, they, like, earthy. Yeah, earthy, yeah. I know, but, like, I mean, I'd rather eat it. I could eat onions, but not, I can't eat freaking mushrooms. And I, I've had it before where I accidentally eat a mushroom, like, in soup. Like, like I think it's uh, I think it's meat, and I end up uh, eating Probably the, a jap joint. And then and then I, I can tell. Like, as soon as I have it, oh, I just ate a mushroom. Like, I, I can taste it. It's terrible. I'm, I, that's Some jap joints will sneak a mushroom on you. <laughs> you, you won't get it by me, trust me. Am I right or wrong? I'm telling you the truth. I mean, they will. The freaking the ones that do all the crazy hibachi shit. I mean, I think they have mushrooms in some of their soups, man. I, I'm the very, I'm very, bullshit. I'm very careful with that. I, I, I look for what I'm eating. I, I, I inspect for mushrooms. I'll fish them out first if I need to. But the worst thing is, you get something from a pizza joint, you tell them no mushrooms, and then you think there's a couple on there because you know, like a, if you get a steak hoagie, because you never know. Yeah, I know. Sometimes, sometimes things that you don't want will slip, yeah, like from a previous order, will slip onto yours. I hate that too. 
You know I called back again, Matt, because I'm still up. What the fuck time is it? Two fucking three in the morning. Yeah, I mean, it's almost three in the morning in the East Coast. Yeah, what the hell does that mean, dude? I mean, the fucking Dodgers won. I fucking picked them to lose. I mean, what the fuck? They won nine to three. I mean, what the hell's going on with that? The, the Dodgers are actually also a very strong home team. They're they're the second best home I team. Know, in but baseball. I know, but I thought this would be a game they could lose, like just stupidly. Everybody throw the Dodgers tonight. Like, it don't work like that. So. Easy come, easy go. I did a party with the Pirates, so I just didn't pay nothing. I would have paid six sixty eight for a two hundred and eleven dollar party, so I just lost two hundred and eleven bucks. What the fuck ever. Where, where, where are you betting, by the way? Are you betting with like a local bookie or something? Or how are you betting? No, I bet offshore, man, just like you do. I bet at three places. I bet at Nitrogen. I bet at U Wager, and I got this new place. It's called ML Seventeen. 18.com. They got like every fucking line ever, but they don't have props. But the problem here's the I'm question: to find the props where the fuck you guys are doing these prop shit at? Yeah, I can't they, find. They I can't. I can't get them either they anymore. Don't have props. Yeah. So, so here's the question: Do these places actually pay you? Yeah, quickly. They pay you and, and nitrogen pay. I told you, nitrogen pays out in seconds. Uh, you wager will take about three hours to pay you money through Saturday Bitcoin. And are they? Uh, are are they? Is there a lot of fees for this though? Do they charge you a lot of fees for these uh, withdrawals? No, there's no fees for 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 Bitcoin. There's absolutely no fees with these three bookies. Huh. Deposit or withdrawal, no fees. And sometimes you get a nice bonus that you wager, especially if you're first coming, let you spin a wheel. And that wheel is not generic, dude. Like it doesn't just land on twenty five every time. Like you'll get three free spins if you come in for like five hundred, and then you get your twenty five percent net loss back. The whole time, like it goes from like uh, July thirty first until like the Super Bowl, and then then they do it again. But anytime you deposit five hundred or more, they give you twenty five percent of your net losses back. So if you're a loser that quarter, you you'll get some of your money back too, and it's no rollover or nothing. It's in a free play, but I mean that's what they do. They're a good book, man. They've been around. Wow, you wager it's called youwager.com. They got a poker room, but it's chanky as fuck. <laughs> I mean, like you wouldn't like, like no one plays it, but they have everything. I've live casino. That's a good book. Bitcoin book. They pay you the same day, but in three hours. So no, no. Yeah, well, what about the lines on? I mean, baseball's getting close to over, but uh, are they? They're one ten. Every they're, the the whole shit's one ten. It's great. One ten either way. All right. Well, I'll, t- I'll take like, it. Like, like, like it's a ten cent line. It ain't that bullshit nitrogen that's fucking jacking it up? You seen what I talked about that one time? I talked, yeah, like, yeah. I, you see, I wasn't lying. So no, they're one ten the whole way. So they're a good book. I mean, they might not let you kill them overnight, but you have a little bit of limits there. But other than that, you're good to go. I'm telling you, you wager is a good book. And yeah, all and right, I'll, I'll consider it. Very sufficient, man, for like just betting. I'm telling you, they got all the freaking different stuff, and they got a lot of cool stuff. Like they'll send you a magazine, get an extra. Like I mean, I don't know if you're into the free play bullshit. I mean, I'm not really into that. But here's another cool thing: say you take a bonus with them. All right, say you deposit, let's just say, $1,000 tomorrow, right? And they give you a 30% bonus, so it's free play. You're getting 1300 You know how most places make you roll all the money over before you can cash out? How many? That don't work like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Like, you know, you have to roll it all over. Yeah, 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 yeah. It don't, it don't work like that. With them. All you got to do is have the $1,000 you got to keep in there and half the bonus, and anything over that you can cash out at any time. Yep, all right. But the kicker is the kicker is you got to keep the thousand dollars in there for thirty days. Oh. Okay. Well, well I, don't I'll, know if I, I, I think it's not a bad deal though. I mean, if you're going to gamble. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll look into it. So, okay. Uh, 
So bad guy. I mean, Definitely I, look into it, dude. I'm I'm your sports betting connoisseur, even though you don't believe it. No, I do. I, I, I actually I've commented sports before sports. that that you actually know a lot about this stuff. So I never lead you the wrong way. Did you ever check out WagerWeb? No, I told I, you. No, I don't. I don't have. Well, dude, that, it's heritage. It's it's what it is. I'm just telling you. It's easy to get in. Yeah, well, I, I might it's sign up for one of those like for for NBA time because Bovada sucks for NBA. Yeah, dude, check out WagerWeb because it's. Same thing as Heritage. I'm telling you. Same people run it now. Okay. Trust me, Jeff. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, no, I actually, uh, I actually believe you. fired over here. Thanks you for letting me All right. do my shit. And I love you guys like brothers. And you okay. guys are having a great show tonight. All right. Thank you, bad guy. Take care, brother. Okay. That's bad guy 23. It's good he bowed out. I was about to get rid of him anyway because I was going to talk about the next topic. And I don't think he has much to add about uh, the Donald Trump race, even though he did try to call up once during uh, some election night and try to... He went, he crashed some Republican party and was trying to put on Republicans to talk to us when we weren't... Like, I think he called the wrong night. I think he called on Tuesday, forgetting we were on Wednesday. Something like that. I think it was two years ago. Anyway, uh, I had dismissed Donald Trump... About, uh, I'd say a month or maybe even more than that ago. Maybe a month, month and a half ago. I just decided it's over. I decided that Trump doesn't know how to run a general election campaign. He kept replacing his uh, people working on his campaign. Because there was infighting there and they didn't know what they were doing. And the whole thing was a disaster. And everything that worked for Trump in the primary was failing for him in the general election. And... It looked like he just blew the opportunity. It looked like that uh, even though Hillary was a bad candidate, that he should have been able to beat if he did the right things. He just he just did not stay on message. He did not uh, tone down the craziness. He didn't attempt to communicate what his exact plans were to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. He didn't make himself general election appealing. And Hillary Clinton, for all of her problems, seemed like she was going to fade all of them, and Donald Trump basically beat himself to where she was going to skate through. Very few people were excited about Hillary Clinton. Some Democrats forced themselves to be, but uh, truthfully, very few people were excited about her candidacy. But there were enough people who were willing to take her or just hated Donald Trump or feared Donald Trump so much that they were going to vote for her, and Trump seemed to have no chance. Of course, in the United States, the Electoral College is what really matters, that you know, you, you win a state, and it's, except a few smaller states, the policy is that it's winner-take-all, so you win a state, you get all their electoral votes, and that's the same as winning every single popular vote in the state. So it becomes like a state-by-state contest, and the goal is to get 270 electoral votes of the 538 that are out there. If it ends up 269, 269, it's a tie, and then a complicated set of circumstances exists to rectify that. But uh, once you have 270, you have it clinched. So it really is the road to 270 electoral votes. And uh, in recent times, the country has become very polarized, and there are most most states that are in this country now are very solidly Republican or solidly Democrat as far as their presidential election voting to where there really is not any kind of race. California, for example, solidly Democrat. It's going to go Democrat every presidential race. So you can already count that one for Hillary. Uh, 
there's there's a number of other states that are solidly Republican that are not going to go Democrat, at least not in the near future. There was some talk that maybe solid Republican states like Utah may go over to Hillary because they just don't like Trump there, but it looks like that's not going to happen. But the problem was that in order to win the White House, obviously Trump had to do better than what Romney did four years ago against Obama. So Trump basically had to carry everything Romney did and then win Ohio, win Florida, and win, like, I think 19 other, either 17 or 19 other electoral votes. So that's a lot to do. Carry everything Romney did and not lose any of that. Carry Ohio and Florida, which Romney failed to do. And then get 19 electoral votes some other way. So there were a lot of problems for Trump doing this. Number one, it looked like there were some states where Romney carried that he might lose. Number two, uh, it looked like he wasn't going to win Ohio and Florida. Number three, it looked like he might lose North Carolina, which Romney did carry. And that has a lot of electoral votes to be over right there. And number four, it didn't look like he could get those additional 19. It didn't look, he, look like he was going to win any states that Romney had lost in 2012. So it looked like it was over. Then there started to be some problems. And the first thing Hillary Clinton did that uh, started to sink her was her statement about the deplorables. And it's amazing that she did this, given that Mitt Romney basically made the same mistake. Except his, he thought he was making the statement in private, and someone secretly recorded it. He he stupidly trusted... uh, a crowd that he thought was friendly to him, and he didn't realize, you know, one person in there records it and puts it on the internet, and it's public. So that was where he talked about the 47% of the country that's not going to vote for him so they don't have to worry about them, and it made it look like he didn't care about 47% of the country. So that that was a killer. That was an absolute killer. So... Hillary basically made the same mistake, except amazingly, her speech about the deplorables was public. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up here. City, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it turns out that if you, uh, well, if you, right? Here we go. Here we go. Here. Put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that. And he has lifted them up. So that's, that's a bad thing to say. She didn't say there's a few fringe weirdos supporting him. She's saying 50% of his, of his supporters are... A basket of deplorables. Racists, sexists, homophobes, Islamophobes, whatever. Basically bashing a large segment of the country. Half of Trump's supporters, she's saying, are like this. Now, her belief when she said this was that these people aren't going to vote for her anyway. So what does she have to worry about? Why does she have to care about alienating them? Because she already has alienated them. They're not voting for her anyway. What she didn't think about 
with the fact that, number one, this motivates them to go vote for Trump a lot more. When they, see, they, when they see that Hillary has this attitude about them, when she says 50% of Trump supporters and then she calls them these names, these people are going to say, okay, well, Hillary, uh, she doesn't like us. She's not going to represent our interests. She looks down upon us. Now we're really motivated to go vote for Trump instead of her. And, and also, those who weren't sure who they were going to vote for could be very put off by this. They can really think that uh, this is the Washington elite looking down on the average citizen, saying uh, my opponent, the people voting for my opponents are, are deplorables. Uh, a standard rule of politics, Politics 101 says you do not attack the voters. You attack the candidates you're running against. You don't attack the ones voting for them. Because all you do is motivate your opponent's uh, supporters. And even those who were kind of on the fence whether they wanted to support your opponent, you might motivate them as well. So that was the first problem. That was the first problem. And then Hillary had her 9-11 moment. But it didn't have to do with the 9-11 that you might think of. Though it was on the 15-year anniversary of 9-11-2001. And she was on her way to a memorial for the 9-11 attacks. But the thing that happened had nothing to do with the 9-11 attacks. And that was she fainted. She was getting out of a car and she fainted. And uh, her Secret Service detail had to catch her. Otherwise, she would have slammed her head into the ground and been unconscious. And they uh, they helped her up and kind of you know got her back in the car and uh, she then had to admit that she had pneumonia, which she at the very least was covering up from everybody and claiming that the coughing that had happened a week before was just uh, allergies or something. So now she had to admit she had pneumonia and had to admit that uh, she was covering this up from everybody that she had pneumonia. She tried to make it sound like that she was just working so hard in the campaign trail she overextended herself and gave herself pneumonia. But this really made people think of two things. Number one, they thought that Hillary's the statements about Hillary's health not being good might actually have something to them. At first, the general public took these statements from the Trump people as just desperation. Just a ridiculous thing that's being an accusation being thrown at her this has no basis, in fact. But between the coughing and the fainting, all of a sudden it started to look like, hey, maybe the Trump people are right. Maybe Hillary is sick and is covering it up. Maybe Hillary has some serious health condition and is not telling us. And then when they wanted to see a full health history of Hillary, she wouldn't show people. And I think that was the most damaging because people thought, okay, we've had enough. A lot of people thought we've had enough of Hillary's lack of transparency, her dishonesty, covering things up, never telling us the full truth of what's going on. We're tired of it. We're done. We're we're tired of this. Now we can't even find out the truth about how healthy she is before electing her president. Screw it. We're not supporting her. Now, not everybody did that, but enough people were turned off by that and the basket of deplorables statement that suddenly things started to change in a lot of these swing states. As we're looking now, North Carolina, latest polls, going with Trump. Before it was a, a, a Hillary was leading. Not by a whole lot, but she was leading. Now Trump's leading there. 
Florida. Hillary was leading before, latest poll, Trump is leading. Ohio, Hillary was leading before, latest poll, Trump is leading. Nevada, Hillary was leading before. It's gone Democrat for the last few election cycles. Nope, it went, it's, it's now, uh, Trump uh, is a few points ahead there, according to latest polls. Colorado, Hillary was leading handily over there. It looked like basically Trump had no shot. Latest poll, Trump's ahead there. Even Virginia and Wisconsin are starting to draw closer. I don't think that uh, Trump's going to win those, but they're starting to get within reach. Georgia, which was looking like Hillary might pull that one off, and that is pulling away to where Trump looks like he's got it. Iowa, one that seemed clearly in Hillary's column and has gone Democrat for several cycles now. Iowa looks like it's very much for Trump. He's had a huge bump over in Iowa. Looks like he's going to win there. Missouri has gotten completely out of Hillary's reach. He's ahead by like nine points now over there. And Arizona, where Hillary also looked like she had a chance, uh, Trump is getting further ahead. and looks like he'll take that as well. So what does this mean? Well, let's say that Trump takes everything that he's expected to take already before all this happened. But then he also gets North Carolina, where last, last poll he was ahead. Also gets Florida, last poll he was ahead. Also gets Ohio, last poll he was ahead. Also gets Nevada, last poll he was ahead. And also gets Colorado, where, once again, last poll he was ahead. Guess what? Oh, and gets Iowa, too. Where he's actually uh, a few points ahead now. If he gets all of those, where he's leading all of them right now, in the last poll, if this holds, he wins. It's over. It's that simple. He doesn't need Pennsylvania. He doesn't need Wisconsin. He doesn't need Virginia. He doesn't need Michigan. All these pipe dream states where he's not going to win. He's not going to win Michigan. He's not going to win Pennsylvania. But just those light listed. Do the math yourself. Look at the electoral maps yourself. You'll see if those states I talked about, Iowa, Arizona, uh, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, Colorado, Nevada, he takes those plus all the ones he's expected to take anyway. He wins. He wins by a few votes. A few electoral votes. So this is now realistic. I'm not saying he's a favorite, but this is realistic. I mean, I'm saying if he holds ahead in all the states that he just pulled ahead in the last round of polls, he wins. Now, you can say this is cherry picking. You can say I'm cherry-picking the time where he happened to get a bump. But go back a few weeks, it looks like he's getting crushed. How can I say it's going to stay this way? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that right now, if he holds according to the latest polls in each state, then he wins. Barely, but he wins. So... Hillary might really be blowing this. And if she does blow it, you might see a real civil war within the Democratic Party because you're going to see the Bernie Democrats coming out and they're going to be furious. They're going to say, look, you guys rigged this against our candidate. Now, he wasn't going to win anyway, to be fair, but uh, I'm saying against Hillary. Even if they hadn't rigged it against him, Hillary still would have beaten him in the primary. But 
His supporters don't believe that. His supporters really believe it was stolen from him. So they're going to say, look, we, we've, we were backing him the whole way. You guys rigged it against us. Bernie lost. And then you got beaten by Trump, who was a very, very, very beatable candidate. A super flawed candidate. You couldn't even beat him. Now we lost the White House because of uh, the Clintons and their shenanigans. Because Hillary just could not tell the truth. If you would put up Bernie, he would have won, they would have said. There's going to be a a big civil war there because all the Bernie people are going to be saying, we told you so. So I don't know how this election is going to go. Before I thought it was going to go to Hillary for sure. Now I don't know. I really don't know what I'm going to see now. Much, Much like the race in 2004 with Kerry and Bush, that one I remember saying just before, and I have no idea how this is going to go. And in fact, even on the election day, they were calling it for each candidate back and forth. Okay, we call it Kerry has won the election. Nope, Bush has won the election. Nope, actually, we're not sure now. And then it sat that way forever. Or sorry, that wasn't. It was on. Uh, that wasn't. It was. Uh, that was Bush and Gore, not Kerry. Maybe it was Kerry. I'm forgetting which one it was. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. This could easily go to Trump. And. There's articles now that are starting to be written. If you go to realclearpolitics.com, you get a lot of, you know, you see a lot of articles up there on both sides of the political fence, and you'll see uh, an aggregate of polls. It's a good site, realclearpolitics.com, but there's a, they, they linked uh, an article right up there at the top. What happens to the Democratic Party if Hillary loses? It's a good question. Now, what happens to the Republican Party if Trump loses? That's another good question. There's, both parties are facing a, a civil war if their candidate loses. And obviously only one candidate is going to win, so one party is going to really have to do soul-searching and a lot of infighting when their candidate loses, whichever party that's going to be. But all of a sudden, Trump looks like he's got a shot, which is amazing. It wasn't his doing. Hillary beat herself. Hillary, between the arrogance and, and you know publicly insulting Trump's voters and the lack of transparency, people are finally tiring of it. You never want to energize the opposition. Never. You never try to insult the opposition. When I say the opposition, I mean like in this case, you don't insult the voters supporting the opposition. But it's the same thing like in an athletic contest. Uh, teams, players are told not to insult their opponents because they don't want their opponents extra motivated to beat them. So in politics, you don't insult the voters of the opposing candidate because then they become extra motivated to show up in the polls and vote against you. And that looks like that's happening here. So, uh, let's see. Who do we still have on the phone here? So, uh, Trader Risky is still around? He's probably eating Chinese food. Okay, uh, Northern California guy, what do you think of all this? Uh, I think I wish I was eating Chinese food, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't don't follow the the whole politics thing very closely, but I, I do agree with you. If Hillary had such a lead, why would she even risk saying something like that? Like, what's to gain versus what's to lose for it? Like, you think she'd just play it close to the vest from here on out? Right. Rather than do something risky. When you're ahead, you don't need to take risks. Exactly. And that's that's amazing. Like, uh, in 2008, Barack Obama, when he was against McCain, and there was that big financial crash, which really made the Republicans look bad because they were the ones in power when it happened. 
So in early September, Obama realized that he had a big lead on McCain. And Obama said, okay, well, I'm not going to screw this up now. All I have to do is just sit and do nothing, and I will win. And to ensure this, Obama actually shut down Joe Biden. By shutting him down, they told Joe Biden, do not make any speeches, stay out of the public eye, do not give interviews, stay away from everyone. Why? Because Joe Biden had a history of putting his foot in his mouth and saying stupid things. He even did it. <laughs> he even did that a few times on the, on the 2008 campaign trail. So Obama told Biden's people, keep Biden away from everything. Because we're not going to screw this up. The strategy from this point forward is just to do nothing and win. We're not going to mess up anything and give up this lead. And that's what they did, and and it was an easy victory for Obama in 2008. And that should have been Hillary's plan there. I, I, I thought the same thing. And there were people who were supporters of Hillary saying, oh, she's just coming out and telling it like it is. She's finally calling out the Trump supporters for what they are, blah, blah, blah. I go, no, you, that's, that's a mistake. Even if you want to claim this is true, even if you want to claim that half Trump supporters are the basket of deplorables, you, you don't say it. You don't say it when you're ahead like that. You, you, you never should energize the opposition. So that was the beginning. And that might be looked back upon as uh, an election-killing moment for Hillary. Much like uh, back in 88, Michael Dukakis seemed very viable as a candidate and then uh, made a few stupid mistakes. Uh, the two that were said to have really sunk his campaign, one, he took a uh, picture of himself in a tank, which just made him look really foolish. And, and number two, on a, in a debate when he was asked would he support the death penalty if his wife was murdered, um, he gave a very cold and callous answer rather than saying something like, well, I'm, I'm anti-death penalty and even though I'd be distraught about my wife being killed and I might, I might personally want to see that, uh, you know, someone whose loved one has been killed you know, isn't thinking completely rationally and is thinking with their emotions, but the right thing to do is to abolish the death penalty. That, that would have been a good answer while still keeping to his principles. Instead, he gave this very cold-sounding answer as if, like, his wife being murdered wouldn't matter, and he's just he's like, no, you know I'm against the death penalty. No, of course I wouldn't. It, it, it was a, a terrible answer he gave. And I remember as a 16-year-old watching that debate going, what the hell is wrong with this guy? So did he really just say this? Did he really just, just coldly respond about the death penalty if his wife were to be murdered? And, and saying he's against it and just rattling it off as if... Uh, this wouldn't make him the slightest bit emotional if it happened. It was, if, if you watch it, go, go look at this, this debate. You can find it on YouTube. It's amazing. So that between that and the, uh, the tank picture, it just killed him. And it wasn't even a close election when uh, it came down to it. And George H.W. Bush won. So you can always have these moments. Mitt Romney had his 47% comment that he made. At least there, he wasn't making it publicly, but he, it was only semi-private when he made it and it got out. So, you can't make these gaffes when you're running for president. I know it's hard every single day to not screw up when all eyes are on you. I'm sure if I was running for president, I would at some point say something stupid that would hurt me. It's hard not to, but you've got to be very careful. And This is just so weird that Hillary would have come out and say that. I agree with you. So we will see. 
that's why I started talking about uh, the election again, because it's once again a race. Hillary has beaten herself. It wasn't from anything good that Trump did. It's just Hillary beat herself. Now, surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, because I mentioned this in the agenda, I'm actually going to be praising Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren, which I never thought I would ever say. Because I don't like her, I don't agree with her politics. But uh, this show is called Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel show. The site is called PokerFraudAlert.com. I'm always calling out scammers, both individuals and companies that act in a shady fashion and rip us off. And I'll call out companies that are not even involved with poker. Last week I called out Wells Fargo for what they did, which I'm sure you've heard about by now, the 2 million fake accounts that were created in order to meet sales goals that were made uh, without customers' permission. But when a politician makes a real effort to put a consequence upon one of these companies that does this and arrogantly thinks they're going to get away with it, where the company itself doesn't enact any consequence upon anyone who is at a high level involved with these scandals and just tries to go on business as usual. When a politician tries to step in and stop this and and, uh, make sure justice is served as much as they can, I have to give them respect for that, even if I don't agree with many other things they say and do. So Senator Elizabeth Warren, who I think wants to be president one day, she may run in 2020 if Hillary loses, she was kind of hoping maybe to be Hillary's vice president, but it wasn't going to happen. She and Hillary just have never gotten along. They, they pretend to like each other, but they don't, and people know that. But she is a, a liberal uh, left-wing senator from, and uh, she, she and Donald Trump hate each other. They're always battling on Twitter. Donald Trump calls her Pocahontas because uh, she once claimed to have uh, a Native American heritage, and I think she even got a professorship at a college because of her Native American heritage, which turned out to not actually be true. I think that's really the only scandal following her as far as I know, but uh, Donald Trump seized upon it and makes fun of her. But she did do something good here. She has... She grilled Wells Fargo CEO John Stumpf at a banking committee hearing. The hearing was entitled An Examination of Wells Fargo's Unauthorized Accounts and the Regulatory Response. Because all all these banks are regulated, so they they do have to answer to the government when things like this happen. They can't just say, well, if you don't like our practices, don't bank here. It's not that simple. So here she was at the hearing. I'm going to play parts of this for you. It's 18 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but here here are some parts of it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Stump, the Wells Fargo vision and values statement, which you frequently cite, says... Quote, we believe in values live, not phrases memorized. If you want to find out how strong a company's ethics are, don't listen to what its people say. Watch what they do. So let's do that. Since this massive years-long scam came to light, you have said repeatedly, quote, I am accountable. But what have you actually done to hold yourself accountable? Have you resigned as CEO or chairman of Wells Fargo? The board, I serve at Have you resigned? No, I have not. All right. Have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam was going on? 
Well, first of all, this was by 1% of our people. I, and That's and, not my question. And, my question is about responsibility. Have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam was going on? The, the board will take care Have of that. Have you returned one nickel of the money you earned while this scam was going on? And, and the board will do I will it. take that as a no then. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. This guy, all he can keep saying is the board will take care of it. The board will take care of it. The board will, will, will handle that. He just, that's all he can say to every direct question she's, answer, she's asking. Reminds me of Howard. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. He had one answer. That's what I thought, too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I one think time at a party. One time at a party? Yeah, that's, that's what we're getting here. And he, she's asking him direct questions, and he just keeps mumbling other crap back to her that she's not even asking or, or just turning it over to talking about the board. And this is all he does throughout this entire 18-minute uh, inquisition here is keep talking about the board this, the board that. And she gets annoyed at this. But you hear these are good questions. Uh, have you resigned? No. Uh have you returned any of the extra money you made as a result of this scam? No. Uh, like, like these are good questions. Why should he get to keep money that, that Wells Fargo that he made at the helm of Wells Fargo? I'm not talking about his salary. He made a lot of extra money because of Wells Fargo's stock shooting up because of the increased sales that they were touting constantly as, as a reason why people should be buying that stock as a reason why Wells Fargo is so strong is because of their sales numbers. Yeah. They're inflated numbers of banking products that each person owns, each customer owns. That's far above the industry average, which was true, but it it was all phony. So that's a, that's why the stock went up. That's why he made so much money. And she's saying, well, you made all this money because of the scam, because of this, this false perception that Wells Fargo was doing so well, uh, selling all these products. I, I, have you returning any of it? And you, uh, the board, the board will handle. The board will handle. And they're, and they're not doing that sure pay too well either these days. Yeah, yeah. And I try to do my sure pay, and it still isn't in uh, in Brandon's account. Oh, have you after midnight, still no money. Great. Hired a single senior executive, and by that I don't mean a regional manager or a branch manager. I'm asking about the people who actually led your community banking division or your compliance division. We've, we've made a change in our regional to lead our regional bank. I just said, I'm not asking about regional managers. I'm not asking about branch managers. I'm asking if you have fired senior management, the people who actually led community banking division, who oversaw this fraud, or the compliance division that was in charge of making sure that the bank complied with the law. Carrie yeah, Toll said... Did you so. fire no. any of those people? No. Okay. Yeah, that's, so you haven't resigned... That's actually amazing, and that's that's what's been really bugging me. This whole thing is that everybody who was high up in the company who was involved in this has just gotten away with it. They're just going on. They're collecting huge money that they reaped from this scam, and they're just moving on. Okay, nobody's getting fired. One of them resigned uh, before they could get fired, so this way they get a gigantic uh, retirement package. It, it's so sickening to hear the details of this, and and. This guy, it's amazing he's even CEO with these inept answers we're getting from him. You haven't returned a single nickel of your personal earnings. You haven't fired a single senior executive. Instead, evidently, your definition of accountable is to push the blame to your low-level employees who don't have the money for a fancy PR firm to defend themselves. It's gutless leadership. 
In your time as chairman and CEO, Wells has been famous for cross-selling, which is pushing existing customers to open more accounts. Cross-selling is one of the main reasons that Wells has become the most valuable bank in the world. Wells measures cross-selling by the number of different accounts a customer has with Wells. Other big banks average fewer than three accounts per customer, but you set the target at eight accounts. Every customer of Wells should have eight accounts with the bank. And that's not because you ran the numbers and found that the average customer needed eight banking accounts. It is because, quote, eight rhymes with great. This was your rationale right there in your 2010 annual report. <laughs> That's fun. That's, I remember that you know they were discussing about the Great Eight initiative. And, and and so apparently that's where they just came up with the number eight. Like four, four rhymes with whore. Okay, maybe maybe that's uh, that should be the next initiative. Or like if you're like a stripper or something, go to Wells because four rhymes with whore. Yeah, why would someone even need eight accounts? So forget just the average person. Who would ever need eight accounts there? I mean, maybe you run a poker forum and. You have all these different transactions for World Series and contests and so on and so forth. Maybe I don't know how many bank accounts. I have two bank accounts. No, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying within Wells Fargo. I'm not, oh, I'm, that, I'm not, no, that makes no sense at all. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like like some people have a checking and a savings, and then they'll have a credit card which counts as an account. But that's about it. Like like how many more can you have? How are you going to have eight accounts eight, of, of different types? Now, for those that are just wondering. Uh, I had the Chinese food drop. I'm actually live on the casino floor with Trader Ruski now. And, you know, I'm going to mute myself when I'm not talking just uh, for the audience's convenience. But uh, he's going to give it another go with this uh, ultimate four-of-a-kind bonus poker. So we're gonna Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Okay, I, I want, I'm going to get answers here. I'm going to get about this bonus poker. Okay, so, so I got that same text message you did from the person in the 805 about that game. Yeah, very nice. And also, I got a text from a, a girl. I didn't know we have a girl that listens. Uh, hold on. What was her name? So I, I, I wrote something, sir, and she's like, I'm not a guy. Uh, her name is Chelsea Rocks 420 Yeah, yeah, she listens. She's the, the girlfriend of one of uh, one of our uh, listeners. Oh, she's in a committed relationship? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that we had a... Uh, we, we, we have a... How many females would you guess listen to the fraud uh, network I, I don't know but the, at least this chelsea is young now most of the other uh, females we have and I, I don't want to criticize them but i'm saying i was surprised well I, i'm not that surprised because chelsea's boyfriend listens but uh i i had found prior to that that most of the females who listen the few that we have tend to be older like like over 60 so we we have a we have a woman who listens in Malibu whose name is Elise, a very nice woman. But uh, we have another one who listens in uh, in Las Vegas who I believe is over sixty. As, as far as uh, and we so have, what do you know about this Chelsea Rocks? Is she hot? Uh, I, I only know I, I know she's real. I only know a, a limited amount about her. I know who her boyfriend is and. Uh, okay, well that's cool. I'm nice. Uh, we're branching out. You said we have don't we have we have one black listener at our last. Sentence? No, no. We we have at least two black listeners. We have uh, one black listener listens every, listens every time he he lives in Vegas. And he has a five hundred five uh, area code cell phone number, and then there's another one who listens in the Oakland area. So we have at least two. 
they're they're both black males, but they're they're uh, right. And uh, yeah, we have a number of listeners in Australia and and uh, some in Europe. We have a number, you know, a number of them in England actually, including Belly Buster, who runs our our room. And let's see. Yeah, we yeah we we have a few uh, of each type that you wouldn't expect. As you know, we even we even have uh, PLOL back, back, who's a gay listener. Now, what happened with that? Is it like a normal gang where they have to? Like, I've always heard the legend that if you're in a gang, that you're in it for life. If not, they have to beat you up pretty bad to let you go or something. Now, what happens with the gay gang? Like, does that mean you have to? How did, how did he get out of it? No, I think he's. St- I think he's still in the gay gang. I think just maybe they've uh, they, they've moderated their stance towards us. Maybe we've become more gay friendly. I missed that kid with a dream, to be honest with you. No, I did. I missed him, too, so I'm, I'm glad he's back. But, uh, you know, he uh, he apparently got their permission to listen again. So, I, I don't know, maybe it was because, maybe Ryan LaPlante, who's one of their leaders, maybe he uh, he felt bad about uh, knocking me out of that limit event that I thought I was going to win. Huh. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, yeah. let, let me get to... Uh, yeah, usually, you know, we actually have some other female okay. listeners that, that are the girlfriends of, of the male listeners. So that's actually more common than you think. Where they Like, what happens is we have some male listeners who are very devoted to this show, and they have it on all the time, and then their girlfriends just kind of get used to us. That, that's pretty much what happens. Right. I think even Handicap Me's girlfriend listens that way. Hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, we have some of that going on. Is that, some people, they just, they're... They listen to this show so often. In fact, those Australians that you've talked about, the Australians I met at the tire place, uh, the wife of the guy you met, she is a very big fan of this show, and she became a very big fan because he had downloaded the show, among other shows, to listen to on a long cruise they took. And then when he had it on speaker and she and she heard it, she said, oh, this show, what is this one? And then... What she li- the filthy rich guy that I briefly met? That was yes, that was the filthy rich guy. But, but she she really liked the show, she said, because she said this was the only show of all the poker shows where everything is explained very well for the listener who doesn't necessarily know all the poker inside stuff. That I that I, I break it down so, so well for the novice poker listener that uh, she could understand what was going on. So she, But then she just really got to like everything about the show. Interesting. Yeah. What I'm going to do for those that are listening, I do want to give some shout outs. Yeah. Uh, for the people that texted me last week, but unfortunately, I'm not in my office as normal. So I'm going to wait till next week. Cause it's kind of hard. I'm doing everything remotely from a phone now. But, uh, you know, there's some funny messages I got last week regarding the colloquial evidence. But uh, for those that are listening that text me this week, thank you for your participation. And uh, I'll. Uh, Definitely give some shout-outs. And the contest is still going on, Druff. No one has got it right. So this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I guess I'm going to close the contest. Well, what's the average that we you think we should give people to listen? Like, most people are done listening. If the show's on a Wednesday, but what, maybe by Monday at the latest? Yeah, maybe by Monday. I have to say it was a, it was a not to give too much of a hint, but it was, it was a pretty hard question. Because I have the answer already. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to give one more clue. Uh, if, if you know, and I'll even I'll even open this up to everybody. So even if you've guessed, you can guess again because I do want to give away the twenty five dollars. So the last and only clue I will give is that it is indeed a locals casino. It is not on the stroll. You know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Maybe it's not classified as a locals casino. I think it kind of is, but maybe it isn't. But it is it is not on the strip? It's not a strip resort. So anyone guessing, 
Caesars, Venetian, Treasure Island, Mirage, MGM, Mandalay, et cetera, et cetera. It is not on the strip. So uh, go ahead and submit your answers again. Oh, thank you. My coffee just got here. What, what's your name, dear? Perla. Thank you, Perla. I appreciate it. Uh, Perla just brought me a, a coffee. What we're going to do here is if uh, Trader Ruski... Oh, hold on. Give a dollar. I don't... Oh, jeez. Look at all that money. Trader Ruski has a wad that even make you jealous, Gruff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, don't say that. They're going to come down and, and mug Trader Ruski. No, no. Just give it to her. Yes. Matt? Perla. Um, so, yeah. So, the contest is opened up again. Wow, they're just booming in. I just got... Okay, tell me if this isn't fixed. I just got two Texas at the same exact time, both saying Green Valley Ranch. <laughs> Here you go, dear. I'm sorry. We had to get money for you. No, it's for you. Keep it. And a water for my friend. Yeah, it's, it's not Green Valley Ranch. That is incorrect. Fort Queens on Fremont. That is not correct. And Donkey Killer. Also, he was one of two that said Green Valley Ranch at the exact same time. Hey, let me uh, let me give the phone number again because they they're they're texting me yeah. now. They're not don't, don't text me because I'm I'm not running this contest. Text Brandon at 203-299-2436, and you are allowed to re-enter the contest now. But you have to text that number, not me. Yes, and you get one entry. If you miss before, you can guess again. But just one more guess. It is not on the strip, and I've talked about it on the show before. So you know, let me tell you this whole thing. You know, we have all these listeners. That we don't know about. Uh, is uh, Northern California guys still on the line? Yeah, I'm here, Brandon. Are you familiar with the movie Fight Club? Yeah, I've seen it. Druff, what about you? Yeah. So I am at the uh, Oyster Bar yesterday with Karina and Jeannie having dinner around 5.30. And a very friendly, we have a very friendly Mexican server named Manuel. So I place my order. And then when I'm done with right when I'm done, I'm like, oh, you know what? I want to get a soup. So I said, Manuel, may I also get the New England clam chowder? And then he winks at me and says, sir, I only recommend clean food. And then he says, colloquial evidence. And then he walks away. What do you guys make of that? Did that really happen? No, it didn't. But okay. I'd, I'd be so happy if it did. No, I, I, cool. I would have been happy too. If I'm being treated like I'm Tyler Durden from the Fight Club, you know what I mean there? Yeah. The California guy. Uh, I'm afraid I don't follow. Exactly. <laughs> oh come on, it's 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 a it's a classic line in them. Okay, you know who Tyler Durden is? Do you remember yeah. Tyler Durden? Okay, Tyler Durden was a leader of this posse of other Fight Club members, and whenever he went to a restaurant, if the food was not what they considered clean, they would advise him against ordering it. He walked into a restaurant. He ordered. Uh, it was girlfriend, in fact, that Marla ordered New England clam chowder, and they told him not to let her eat it because it wasn't clean, meaning that, like, you know, it just it wasn't, it was contaminated or it just wasn't, you know, you know, like, you know, like taco meat from, like, Taco Bell. Like, it's not the best quality food. Okay, never mind. But if you've seen the movie, you'll get exactly what I meant. Druff, did you understand what I meant? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So... But no, that did not happen, but that would have made my day if it did. Yeah, I would have made mine, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so anyway, let's see. What are we doing? So, so Trader Ruski has a big wad of cash. So you, are you playing this, uh, this Baccarat? What are you doing right now? No, no, no. I'm not playing. Uh, we are at a secret location. 
he's playing this. Oh, game the that video he poker. Loves. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So, so I want you to I'm read. Back to... At the one right at the four K. Okay. Okay. So I want Trader Ruski. Where did you go, by the way? Oh. Okay. Yeah. So he's in love with this game, and it's the game where if you hit four of a kind, you uh, trigger an exciting four of a kind bonus round, where you pick one of. I guess 52 cards, and one of them is a $4,000, which I have the pictures here to prove it. He hit earlier. He hit a 1 in 52 shot for 4K plus the 250 for the four kings. Okay, so, he, running, so here's, here's, what I want, here's what I want from you. Uh, right. tell, me, uh, the, tell me if these are the pay tables. I'm going to read them to you. Okay? Jacks are better is one. Two pairs oh, is on, one. I'm looking. Okay, I'm, I'm in front of the machine right now. Go ahead. Jacks are better is one. Two pair is one. Three of yep. a kind, three of a kind is three. Yep. Straight is four. Yep. Flush is five. Yep. Full house is six. Ah 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 ah. Full house is seven. Okay, so that's an improvement. Okay, let me. Then uh, all. Oh, I'm the, sorry, it's seven on one machine, and the machine next to it is eight. It's really weird. And is everything else the same? Yep, everything. Else I hope he's playing the eight machine. So, well, you know what? A gentleman just got up. That's why he left me. Because we were sitting in front of the seven, and then when the eight became available, he moved over there. Okay, okay. So, so then the all the four of a kinds are eighty. Uh, let me see here. Uh, are all the four five twenty twenty five forty eighty eighty? Okay, that's a different game than I'm seeing. Let me see here. Uh, double double. No, I have, there's so many different variants of this. I'm trying to find it. Is this double double bonus you're playing? Yep. So it's seven five double double. Okay, so it's, it's so it's one one three four five seven. Then four of a kind. Uh, no, eight eight on this one. Uh, eight four on this one. Okay. Okay. So two fifty for fives through kings. Four hundred for two threes and fours. No kicker. 800, four aces, no kicker. 800, two threes and fours with the kicker. 2,000, four aces with the kicker. Okay. And then uh, is there a difference between the deal and the draw? No, it's the same thing. I see. No, okay. Okay. So I, I figured it out. And the straight flush, and the straight flush is... Uh, 250. It's 250, and the royal flush is 4,000. Okay. I figured out the game. And you have... and So you're playing the game with the eight full house, though, not the seven, right? Yes. Okay. So I can tell you that the game with the seven. Oh, it's very loud here. Uh, the game with the seven. Why did it get louder all of a sudden? Is that Brandon? Yeah, I'm, I'm not on mute. Can you hear them? They're playing uh, some 80s song in the background. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, yeah. All right, I'll mute it. I'll, I'll, I'll mute it. Okay. So the normal. Uh, the, the normal return for this machine that with the seven, the five seven, is a ninety eight point six eight percent, which which isn't horrible. It's it's not great, but it's not horrible. Uh, but w- the one with the eight is a little bit better. Uh, that one you get an additional. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, we left that one important detail though. You're betting uh, an extra dollar in VIG for the eight. So no, for this game in itself, you're betting six dollars for. Spin. So then, when, so then, when you hit the bonus, so then when you hit four of a kind, you pick a card. It's two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, or four k. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know about the extra coin. But I'm saying that overall, this game here is um, what's the what's the hold? It's actually. I, let me make sure about the the extra coin that this is factored in because the the, the one with the eight isn't that bad. The one with the eight is actually the, one of the better games I've seen in Vegas. It would, it, the one with the eight would be uh, like uh, a ninety nine point uh, what thirty eight percent or something. So that's actually not bad. That's actually a pretty good game there. But let me make sure that it has to do with the extra coin. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So this is a good game. Trader Risk, you found a good game. If I want, I'm going to want to know where this game is. You can tell me later. This is a. Uh, from what I can tell, this is a good game. Because now the, the one with the seven isn't that great. That's the 98.68 percent return. But you're getting an extra 0.7 percent return for uh, for it being an eight, a five eight game. Wait, I'm not sure if this is real. I just got a text. Uh, my text to line from a 702 number it says, "Where are you?" Dash. Bob Dancer. <laughs> Come on, where's the laugh track for that? Yeah, I was, I was too busy looking at pay tables. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty convinced this is a good game. So, I'll have to find out where this one is. This could be a, a worthwhile game to play. Even though there is a lot of variance to it, I'll say that. There's a lot of variance on this one. No, it's, it's at the Tropicana. And actually, the host I deal with, I met in uh, 1991 when he was a crap dealer at the Mirage. Wow. And if anybody wants a hookup here, um, just PM me or DM me or whatever it is, and uh, I can connect you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I might actually do it because I'm, I'm looking. Uh, Tr- Trader Ruski has also just put a bounty out or an offer. The first person, and we're in the main center of the casino that shows up here. With PFA spray painted on their bare chest, gets a hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, people may actually do that. I think some. I think some of. I think some of our listeners are broke enough to actually do that. Yeah, no, I, I'm proud of. I, you know, I actually thought that this was going to be a terrible game, but uh, unless I'm missing something, the the five eight or the eight five double double bonus game with the pay tables you described. And I'm basing this on reading the Wizard of Odds site. To have a well over 99% return video poker game in Vegas is this is like 99.38 uh, uh, is is really good. So I, I will analyze this further after radio. I don't want to waste too much time on that. But anyway, uh, let, let's see. Let me let me play a little bit more of this uh, grilling here of the Wells Fargo CEO. And then you know we can talk about whatever and and be done because we don't uh, we'll be out of topics. Here we go. Hold on, wrong one, wrong one. That wasn't what I wanted to play. That was a Aida. Here we go. Cross-selling isn't about helping customers get what they need. If it was, you wouldn't have to squeeze your employees so hard to make it happen. No, cross-selling is all about pumping up Wells' stock price, isn't it? No, cross-selling is shorthand for uh, deepening relationships. We only do well... Let me stop you right there. You say no? No? Here are the transcripts of 12 quarterly earnings calls that you participated in from 2012 to 2014. I'm actually disappointed in her for not saying participating. 
I like how he, say, he says this is the way we're deepening relationships. That, that's such BS corporate speak. They're, they're deepening relationships by adding a bunch of accounts you don't need. And the funny thing was, this wasn't even about really collecting fees, as you'll hear from what she's about to say. I was always wondering, why were they doing this? Because most of the additional accounts they created uh, were non-fee accounts. And I think that was on purpose, so this way people wouldn't find fees being charged and then uh, cry foul about these accounts right away. This way, if it's a harmless extra account that you didn't remember creating but isn't costing you anything, you may keep quiet. So... They didn't create. They collected some extra fees from this, but it, they didn't collect that much to where I was thinking this didn't seem like it would have been worth it to them to do. But the reason for what they did here comes out in, in what you'll read here. The three full years in which we know this scam was going on, I'd like to submit them for the record, if I may, Mr. Chair. Thank you. These are calls where you personally made your pitch to investors and analysts about why Wells Fargo is a great investment. And in all 12 of these calls, you personally cited Wells Fargo's success at cross-selling retail accounts as one of the main reasons to buy more stock in the company. Let me read you a few quotes that you had. April 2012, quote, We grew our retail banking cross-sell ratio to a record 5.98 products per household. A year later, April 2013, quote, We achieved record retail banking cross-sell of 6.1 products per household. April 2014, quote, We achieved record retail banking cross-sell of 6.17 products per household. So so you see what they were doing here is they were every year slightly selling more products by, or not slightly uh, getting customers to sign up for more products through these uh, scam tactics of just uh, forcing accounts that they didn't sign up for. And then the CEO, John Stumpf, when, when speaking to investors, would cite this as a reason that the bank is so strong. So it was really just to drive up the stock price. That was the whole point. It, it wasn't to collect extra fees. It was to give a false impression that customers have so many products at Wells Fargo, far more than any other bank per customer, and that's why they're a stronger bank, and that this makes them want to invest in the bank more, now, buy now, more stock. Now, now, now Druff, I, I'm sorry. I hate interrupting, especially when you're in the middle of a tangent. But can you play the ESPN update? Because I have some breaking information. Oh, okay. I wasn't ready with it, but hang on a second. And this is literally just seconds old news now. Uh, I right off the wire. Well, it's getting older as I'm searching for the sound oh, file. It's about 20 seconds old. Okay, I'm hurrying it up. I'm hurrying up here. You know, people don't realize all the stuff you got to do with the show. Now, the first update, it's not really the real update, but if you're tuning in late, no one has yet to guess the casino I'm at. There's a little bit of confusion, Druff, because I'm at the TROP. People think that it has to be somewhere close to the TROP, but they don't realize earlier was when I was at this local casino uh. with somebody. So everyone's guessing MGM, Excalibur. Okay, so it, it, it was somewhere I was about two hours ago that's not on the strip. The second update, and the most important one, this is literally not even a minute old still, is I am on paper at least now, Druff, $1,200 richer, Druff, right now. Just came through the wire. $1,200 richer I am. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you. Thank you, Wells Fargo CEO John Stump, for putting yes. my... Uh, Isn't that ironic when you're talking about it, it comes through the wire? Yeah, I, th- I think he knows. I think he has his spies listening to this show, and he knew that uh, it's bad enough that we're bashing him on the show, that if we have the additional ammunition that they're not processing my quick pay transfer to you in, in three days, that something's wrong, and that uh, they, they tried to rectify this, so we'll praise them at the end of the show. Maybe that's it. So, okay, we're, we're, that has gone through now. Good, it's officially well. there, and it says the whittles and the money and the twelve hundred, and it's all in the, the account. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm all set. I don't yeah. owe you any money You're anymore. A, nope, we're good, buddy. I'm no longer a deadbeat. This is no. cause for celebration. Absolutely. Okay, here that's uh, <clears throat> so. Yeah, so so what I was saying that that's the whole point of it. That was the whole reason they did this. It, it becomes clear now to me. Let's see what else we got. I'm going to skip around here. The ratio kept going up. Well, first of all, it was not a scam, and cross-sell is a way of deepening relationships. When customers we've, use we've cross- been- <laughs> That's all he has to say, like dumb stuff like that. Uh, that. Couldn't he have prepared a better answer to these things, even a BS answer, than it wasn't a scam, it, it, we're deepening relationships? That's just silly. No one's going to buy that. Do you, th- you think like... You think if a hundred people were watching this, just a hundred random people, that even one of the hundred would think that that's a good explanation—that we're not scamming, we're just deepening relationships. No one's going to buy that. No one. It makes me wonder how, like, someone like that could become a CEO, because the guy comes off like like a feckless idiot. Through this, Mr. Stump, I asked you a very simple it, question: it, Do you know how much the value of your stock went up while this scam was going on? It's all of my compensation is in our uh, uh, public. Do you filing. know how much it was? It's all in the public filing. See, he just doesn't want to answer. Instead of yes, it was. It's like he knows she knows. So why not just say it? Why not just say yes? This is you what. You know I- what they would have done to this fucking slub in North Korea by now? <laughs> I would have been happy to see that. So, so listen, listen, what his compensation was? It's crazy. Well, you're right. It is all in the public records because I looked it up. While this scam was going on, you personally held an average of 6.75 million shares of Wells stock. The share price during this time period went up by about $30, which comes out to more than $200 million in gains, all for you personally. And th- Yeah, so he made $200 million with how the stock went up during this time period when they were... Uh, promoting all the cross-selling to investors. So maybe not all of that rise in the stock was attributed to the cross-selling, but definitely some of it was. That was a big thing that they were pushing to investors of why they should buy the stock is because of the cross-selling, how successful it is. So that's what's so obnoxious about this whole thing is that they've committed this scam so they could pump the stock price up, and it worked, and this guy made uh, $200 million on it. So... Uh, but it's funny his answers here. Like you, th- you think he would have answers prepared? He he knew what you would be asking. In fact, they submitted a bunch of questions for him to answer on paper before this, so he knew what they were going to be talking about. And he has like the dumbest answers. I, I could, if you put me in his body, I could have BSed a much better response with all these things than he did. His responses couldn't be much worse. Thanks in part to those cross sell numbers that you talked about on every one of those calls. You know. Here's what really gets me about this, Mr. Stump. If one of your tellers took a handful of $20 bills out of the cash drawer, they'd probably be looking at criminal charges for theft. 
they could end up in prison. But you squeezed your employees to the breaking point so they would cheat customers and you could drive up the value of your stock and put hundreds of millions of dollars in your own pocket. And when it all blew up, you kept your job, you kept your multi-million dollar bonuses, and you went on television to blame thousands of $12 an hour employees who were just trying to meet cross-sell quotas that made you rich. Now, you know, I, this is the only part where I somewhat disagree. I, I agree that he should fully be responsible and that uh, he should suffer penalties and that this uh, Carrie Tolstead who worked under him that uh, was overseeing this department should especially suffer penalties. Uh, criminal penalties, I'm talking about, and, and financial penalties. But you can't dismiss these workers, the ones that were breaking the law, the ones that were knowingly for, for, forging people's signatures and signing up accounts, which they knew was against the law for people that didn't want them. You can't just dismiss this and say, well, they had to do it to keep their job. They didn't have to do anything. You, if you're an adult, you can't, be, you can't ever say, someone forced me to break the law. The only way you could say that is if they have a gun to your head. Uh, that's that's not an excuse. And while I don't think these people should suffer as much as the Talking ones about uh, Patty Hearst syndrome, well, yeah, I guess in front of the bank in a banking sense. But uh, well, they, then they put the gun to her head technically and make her rob the bank with the lesbian army or whatever. Well, the she lesbian. the the 70s, uh, lesbian army. Yeah, no, they, they she actually joined them. She actually became sympathetic with them. And and actually was doing but things on her own accord. She was kidnapped fir- at first, though. Yeah, she was kidnapped at first, and then she became sympathetic over time, and uh, and claimed it was a Stockholm syndrome that she just became to you know, came to sympathize with them because of uh, they were her captors and they were really all she had. And I, I don't fully, even fully believe in all that. I think that uh, why is it actually called Stockholm syndrome? I'm not Where even sure. That- I'm not sure where that term came from, but that's that's what it's called. But but anyway, they I, I these. The excuse for the employees who broke the law and did this was that, well, they had to do it, otherwise they get fired. But there are so many protections nowadays for employees who would get fired for this sort of thing. If, if they were to sue Wells Fargo or, or, or uh, make complaints to regulators or, or whatever and say, we were fired because we did not break the law, these other people in my office were breaking the law. But there, there could be very good cases against Wells Fargo here because they'd have the facts behind them. They, they, this wouldn't be one of these things that's hard to prove. This would be easy to prove for anyone who'd sue them for getting fired. The, the truth is that people were pressured to make these sales goals, and the company, it became clear in the corporate culture that everyone looks the other way if you do it, and everyone from the top to the bottom was willing to break the law to achieve their goals. Now, I admit the people on the top are more responsible because uh, it really starts with them, and they're the ones who made these policies that were causing people to uh, want to do this uh, in order to meet their goals. But they were still knowingly breaking the law and, and victimizing customers. So you can't just say they were forced to. They weren't forced. So I, I can't say that the low-level employees should be let off for this, but uh, the problem is they're, they're the ones who got fired, and, and these guys are the ones who made millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars off of it and still have their jobs. This is about accountability. You should resign. You should give back the money that you took while this scam was going on, and you should be criminally investigated by both the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission. You know, this just isn't right. A cashier who steals a handful of 20s, we need tough new laws to hold corporate executives personally accountable, and we need tough prosecutors who have the courage to go after people at the top. 
Until then, it will be business as usual. And that's true. That's what I was saying last week. They, they, they really do. They really... This type of thing, there, there has to be a consequence. There's not enough of a consequence. A $185 million fine for a gigantic company like Wells Fargo is not a consequence. So they, they, they do that's, need criminal charges that's for That's like them taking the dot off the eye of the Wittellis and Gold off your pool. Just the dot on the eye. No, that's, that's actually, the dot on the eye would be much more than that. The dot on the eye would, oh, be a, no. that would be a big hardship to me. Okay. Can you imagine if I, I get in the pool and, and the, I, I have to look at a Wittellis with no dot on the eye? That would be uh, unnerving. Yeah, I'm happy at least you're finally embracing your roots. That would be unnerving, you know? Like, like how, how, could, how could I even swim under the circumstances? Benjamin would be mocked at school. He would be. We couldn't even have a pool party if, if it's like that. That would be embarrassing. And at giant banks like Wells Fargo, that seems to mean cheating as many customers, investors, and employees as they possibly can. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Mr. Strumpf, as you know, some of my colleagues and I sent you a letter last week about the board's plans to claw back compensation from senior executives who were responsible for overseeing this scam. Now, she's talking about this Carrie Tolstead who, who, gets, uh, who retired at age 56 uh, two months before this whole thing was made public, but while a lawsuit was already going on from the city of Los Angeles about this matter, so they knew the shit was going to hit the fan soon. So they, she retired, therefore, to make her eligible for much more, uh, a, a much, much bigger retirement package, which ended up being worth $125 million. So this is what she's talking about here. And they, Wells Fargo still has the ability to claw back what they call the, the package that she was given, or at least some of it, and, and they're choosing not to at the moment, and that's what she's pissed off about here. Wells Fargo provided us with a response yesterday. I noticed that although we sent the letter to you, that uh, the response actually came from somebody else in the company, which I guess is another example of holding yourself accountable. I want to focus now on the mysterious circumstances surrounding Carrie Tolstead's retirement in July. As you know, Ms. Tolstead ran the community banking division, the division where this scam occurred, for the entire time that the scam took place. She was in charge of all of the 5,300 employees who were fired, and she oversaw the creation of 2 million fake accounts. Now, in July of this year, just two months before the settlement was announced and before those facts became public, Ms. Tolstead retired at age 56, You indicated in the letter, responding to our letter, that she walks away with over $90 million in stock, stock options, and awards. Fortune magazine says it's actually about $125 million. But, and here's the key part, according to Fortune, if Ms. Tolstead had been fired instead of retiring, she would have had to forfeit as much as $45 million of that award. Mr. Stumpf, the response to our letter confirms that you knew of this scandal before Ms. Tolstead retired. It said, and this is from your letter, quote, senior management and the board were aware of the pending litigation, investigation, and discussions with our regulators relating to sales practices when Ms. Tolstead indicated her decision to retire. Is, is that accurate, Mr. Stumpf, what this letter says? Were you personally aware of the massive problem that occurred under Ms. Tolstead's watch in July when she announced her retirement? 
I was aware of that we were involved in discussions with the city attorney, the OCC, and the CFPB, yes. So you had some indication there was a massive problem. We had some indication that we had 1% of our people who were doing the wrong thing. Also known as a massive problem. Well, If you knew this, did you consider firing Ms. Tolstead before she retired? Well, at the time, she was reporting to our our president and chief operating officer. It's a simple question. You knew there was a problem. Did you consider firing her? No, because of her full... Seriously? You found out that one of your divisions had created 2 million fake accounts, had fired thousands of employees for improper behavior, and had cheated thousands of your own customers, and you didn't even once consider firing her ahead of her retirement? In, In fact... When I look at her full body of work and I look at the at the customer loyalty improvement and the customer service improvement. Are you sure that those were not fake? (laughs) That was my favorite line. Are you sure those weren't fake? He's saying we didn't fire her because if you look at uh, everything else she did. Yeah, maybe 5,300 people had to be fired. Maybe they created 2 million fake accounts. But everything else she did was great. So why should we fire her? I mean, unbelievable answers from this guy. It's, it's sickening to hear. So I, I hope something happens from this. Th- this story really bugs me. I don't, I don't like when these things can happen and they can blatantly get away with it. And that's what seems to have happened here. At least so far. May- maybe the hammer will come down. Maybe this will actually be the catalyst to changing some of this stuff. Because it, it really just seems like they this is a very blatant thing that was done here. Can you imagine two million accounts that were created without customers' approval? Fake accounts isn't even a good term. Fake accounts makes it sound like that they're just creating phantom accounts that don't exist to manipulate the stock price or whatever. This is much worse. They, they actual customers they they forced accounts on them they did not want, some of which had fees. They forged signatures. They they just opened accounts people didn't want. There's there's all kinds of banking res- regulations that are very much against doing this. So it's crazy. Anyway, I'm not going to play any more of that. You can you can uh, look it up on YouTube if you just uh, type in Elizabeth Warren and Wells Fargo. You will see this this hearing took place on September 20th. So. Only about a day and a half ago. And uh, we will see. In the meantime, we have a phone call from the 503 area code. Hello. And uh, we will see. Uh Uh-oh, turn down the radio. In the meantime, we have a phone call from the 503 area code. Turn down the radio. Kill the radio. Yeah, this is uh, Boost Studios. Yeah, but you got to turn off the radio. Hold up. I'm turning it off right now. Okay. So. <laughs> this is brutal. Amateur hour. Huge amateur hour. Come on. How long does it close the damn window? Close it. Close it. It's turned off. It's turned off. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm going to have nightmares about that. Okay, so Boots yeah. 2, yes. Uh, hello. Hello. So uh, what are you calling in to talk about? Uh, so, yeah, no, uh, I called in. Well, I've talked to you before. I was that guy that a uh, long time ago who talked to Brandon on his one night who uh, when he was at uh, Mike Gunn's house. 
and uh, was it was the night that he uh, had to. Mike Hahn had to muck his couch because uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking Brandon about already. left the cats. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Mike, uh, Brandon left left the cats there in the cat sh- uh, shit all over the couch or something. What happened? What exactly right, happened? Right. There? He, had, he had to mug his couch. Yeah, he said I had to muck they, the couch. <laughs> they claimed that I didn't leave open the door with the litter box, but I contest that. <laughs> right. He actually did muck the couch, hilarious. though. That's true. He really did muck the couch. Right. So, so you go way back. That that, that story happened like uh, what, like seven years ago or something. Who knows? It's, it's been a long time. But uh, so I've been I've been texting back and forth to Brandon, and uh, I just you know I said I was going to call in, and he's like he dared me to do it, so I did. And what the fuck, I'm here. So, so, so here you are. The only flaw was uh, leaving the radio on for an extended period of time. That was uh, right. That wasn't the best, right. but I'm you know, I'm glad to hear from you. I don't know. Have you called this show before though? I have. I mean, I, I talked to you a long time ago. Uh, one time I called in and uh, uh, one set tried to hit on me. Oh. And I said I wasn't gay. Really? So why, why did he hit on you? Do you think he sounded, uh, did you think you sounded attractive? No, he just called in because he always calls in and and uh, I was just having me on the line and he wanted to see if Tom DeWan, if I'd seen his talk before and I said no and those type of things, so. Well, uh, you, you've got one up on me. I, I once asked one step a long time ago. This is when I wasn't even you know, the age I am now. This is probably 10 years ago, somewhere like that, eight years ago, 10 years ago. I asked one step, since he you know, was saying that he likes guys, I said, uh, one step, are you attracted to me? And he said, no, I'm sorry, you're too old. <laughs> and this well, was eight, this was eight no, years yeah, ago. I'm so. forty years old now. Okay. As well, so, you know, so you're probably too he old probably too. Doesn't want my flabby ass either. You know. No, no, he, he no. He likes he likes the young twinks. So yeah, we wouldn't be his type. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, but uh, you know, I've been a long time listener. You know, if you want to quiz me on anything, I mean, I could probably pass any question. You, Okay. You have well, if you remember Mike on mucking the couch for all those years ago, you probably do remember things. Uh, let's see here. Uh, why? Why were we making jokes about the number sixty-three at one point? Sixty-three. Wow. Um, was this recent? Yeah, it's about a year ago. Wow. Sixty-three. Wow. Uh, I don't know that answer. I'm sorry. I got one for him. What organ did Jenny Anderson claim she needed to have transplanted? <laughs> Jenny Anderson? Yeah. The stripper? The porn star. Porn star. Was she from Oregon? She no. She was from uh, she, she was from Northern California and then Las Vegas. Yeah, she worked at Long's. Yeah, right, right, or whatever. Yes, or, yes. yes. She claimed on the radio yeah. a couple of times one of her organs had gone bad and she needed it fixed. Which one? Wait, say that again. I one of her organs had to be, uh, tra- uh, she needed a transplant, she claimed. Let me know when I can answer, Brandon. Like, I I know she was a stripper. She almost hung out with Brandon one time. Like, like Brandon was taking some serious, like, prescriptions at the time and didn't, like, hang out with her. I mean, I know all the history on this. And she, like, 
went on a slip and slide and sucked on Ron Jeremy's cock, but like <laughs> I don't remember all the other all right, things go about ahead, this. Northern California guy, go ahead and tell him. Uh, gallbladder. Yep, that's correct. Oh fuck! It was I the gallbladder. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. You're right about the slip and slide. The, the slip and slide was a very memorable video where she's a, uh, she jumps on a slip and slide and slides a long way on a wet slip and slide. And at the end of the slip and slide, Ron Jeremy's standing there with his uh, gigantic penis in hand, but it was limp. His gigantic yeah, limp penis in he, hand. She talked about that he couldn't keep, keep his his heart is uh, cock hard no you could tell that you could uh, tell because like he's trying to like hold it up with his hand whenever a guy's in porn like holding it with his hand the whole time that's because he's trying to give the illusion that it's uh it's hard yeah. when it really can't get hard i mean the fun thing about that is like when i when i called in like a long time ago that jenny anderson or that girl was at Mike's house and uh Never when was there too, and they were debating like who was going to fuck her or something. Yeah, like yeah there that. was a lot. Actually, Mike got angry about this. Thing. And you know who else was there? A set of kings was in the studio. Yeah, and Mike was very yeah, angry about the whole thing. Was, he kept on asking, he wanted another beer. He's like, "Can I get another beer?" <laughs> yeah, Mike was angry about yeah. that too. He didn't like that uh, Jenny Anderson was brought over to his house. Yeah, well, you can't really blame him on that, you know. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you get. You leave you leave people alone in your house, and uh, this can be the consequence. That's why I, I would never leave anyone from uh, this show alone in my house. I'd be afraid that uh, maybe Young Smooth would be over there, or uh, who knows who'd be I coming. I mean, next. it happens, you know. Like yep. Mike Hines was just being a friend, and you know, I, don't, I, I just a critical I, dude. You know, I mean, it, it can happen. You know, whatever, I just but I know, but I wouldn't want the thought of the couch when people fucking shit on your fucking or cat shit on your couch you yeah know, the cat shit on your and then also you ha- you have to worry about like uh someone having sex with young smooth in your bed like i i wouldn't want to be concerned about that yeah Jeff, as a you know as senator republican you are i don't think you would uh, let anyone fucking tap any ass on your couch but no, that's where no it goes. i, I uh, wouldn't like that I'm a Republican too. I probably wouldn't ever ever happen in this. No, I, I think I'd have the same Gary Johnson. So whatever. But I think I would have the same opinion if I was a Democrat. I think I would still not want someone having sex on my couch. <laughs> like that's a stranger. Like I, I would have sex on my couch, but I wouldn't want a stranger doing it. Yeah, yeah. Or even a friend. Like I just, I just wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want. Uh, I, I just don't like the idea of, of other people having sex in my house on, on my furniture. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, on the forum, I, I rarely ever post, and, like, I think I had one drunken post, like, two years ago, where I was, like, calling out Gamblebot or something like that on college football, and basically my name is uh, Boots Two Yes. Um, like I said, I, I rarely ever post. I yeah, I've, I've seen you around, actually. I, I recognize the name. I've, I've seen you around. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so you're in uh, Oregon, right? Yes, Portland, Oregon, yeah. Yeah, I recognize the area code, and... Okay. Yeah. Like, hey, when you talked about when you visit here, yeah, I mean, like, there is a lot of douchebags in Portland. They all, like, want to grow their beard long, and, like, they think that they know everything as far as, like, you know, like, the Liberal Party. But, I mean, Oregon's pretty sweet. I mean, like, you get, like, it's, it's mainly, like, 85% uh, white people, but... As far as, like, acceptability, like, you know, we try to accept everybody here. Like, you don't, like, get a lot of racism. I don't know. It's, but the problem that we have is we have a lot of Californians, like, fucking coming up here and just ruining everything. And I know Jeff, <laughs> you're from California, but... How are they ruining it? Just it? Become, it used to be, like, 
a more of like a, a red state, and then all the Republicans are all the liberal Democrats moved up from California and just became just a blue state. So that's 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 Portland, Oregon for you, man. There's just everybody has a beard. Everybody's a fucking hipster, and you know that's the way it goes. You know what was weird about Oregon and not Portland, but when I was in the in- inland Oregon, uh, was they had these fires that were raging there. That apparently had been going on like for weeks, and I guess is that like normal over there that the, the like fires can just hang around the state for uh, for weeks or months? In, in the, in so you, you'll get that in like eastern Oregon, um, where there's just like in the Bend area, Primeville. Yeah, that's where I was seeing uh, it. Yeah. Oh, you're over there. Okay, so yeah, I mean, yeah, year long. That's the way it goes. Yeah, like there's, there's like all the smoke in the sky. It was crazy. A lot of like firefighters that. Uh, that just want work will go out there and set fires because they just want work. <laughs> so that's a that's a very big problem that we it have. Was, it was it was so weird. So I was driving around and it's just uh, it's like smoke all over the sky and I go wow there must be a fire yeah. today. But no, it, it was like no, fires that have been going area, on for weeks. You're in the bend bend area. Yeah, that's going to happen for sure. And that's a very nice area and it's a very beautiful area. Um, but yeah, that, that's a huge problem because. Uh, there's so many people out of work in that area that just want a job and they'll go out and they'll set fire or forest fires because they just want work. So it was crazy because I've never seen this where like in California, if a fire has been raging for three weeks, it's a huge deal, a huge deal. But for some reason over there, it's like just normal that the, the the sky is filled with smoke for weeks at a time. And Oh yeah, this fire has been going on for three weeks. Like, okay, well, why don't you put it out? Is that that Northern California? Is that like where you live? No, well, I've, I've, I haven't seen in Northern California this going on either. A Northern California guy would know better than me, but I I haven't seen anywhere in California. California, where they just—it seems like they just let fires go. They they get very aggressive in California with trying to put them out, and only the really major ones that are just so tough oh, to yeah, handle. I mean, you see, like the smoke jumper guys. I mean, in Oregon, they 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 make a lot of loot, you know, and like so you'll see why they'll go out there and just like set fires. And it was it, really weird, it's fucking horrible. But like, they make a lot of money, so like. You mean I can't even blame them for doing it in, in a weird way? It actually ruined my my uh, visit to Crater Lake because we we went there. Well, actually, we got a so short. You went to well, we had we had a short time where Crater Lake was clear and we saw it, but then uh, we drove around it and about halfway around it, we looked in and the whole thing was filled with smoke. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, that's Southern Oregon. It's a little bit a little bit less rare that you'll get the fire the forest fires down there. But yeah, no, I can see that happening. So. Yep. Well, it's interesting. I, I was there last year. I took a, a long road trip driving from uh, Los Angeles all the way th- uh, to northern Washington, and then. Uh, but you, you, I, I read that report, and your analysis on Portland is is pretty spot on. Like, or Oregon in general, just there's a lot of uh, douchebags that uh, you know that are, like to have their big long beards and their hipsters and and. Uh, I think you had the same thing to say about uh, Seattle, um, but that's, that's just what you get in the Northwest. You know, there's a lot of douchebag uh, hipsters, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was interesting, know. and uh, yeah, the, the whole the whole trip was interesting. All the things, and I, I'd been to some of these places before, but it'd been many years, so a lot of this kind of felt new, even though it wasn't. And uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like I, at the end, I got a brutal rainstorm in Seattle, and it was it was so weird too because it was a day that was supposed to only be like 
light showers, and it, instead it was like this. Oh, uh, you, you get that. I mean, like, like a brutal like rainstorm. Like, we'll, we'll have, like, today, like, today was, like, 75 degrees, just beautiful weather. But every once in a while, we'll just get rainstorms like a motherfucker. And, you know, that's just Northwest. You know, we just get rain, you know? It's yeah, like the weird thing to me, though, is... or whatever, but we just get rain. It, it just defied the, the it defied the predictions big time. Like, like the, the, the night before, it was going to say, you know, occasional showers. Instead, it was like a full rainstorm yeah. covering the entire you, you Seattle know, area. No, I mean, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, you, you think it's going to be sun skies, and then all of a sudden, just pounded in the ass rain. You know what I mean? And uh, it just that's not northwest, you know. It's it's sunny one day, next day it's foggy, the next day it's just rain, and you just never know. I mean, and it's it's the great thing about living here is just like you, you. I mean, you get used to the rain. Like I can go out with an without an umbrella. I don't care. Like rain doesn't bother me. And then like the cloudies, you know, like the cloudy. I don't care about that. And then the sun is just. You know, that happens all the time, too. So, like, I just, it's the best of all worlds, you know what I mean? We just well, don't get it, a lot of snow, and that's the way it goes. I, I, I kind of forgot the way the rain was like. Southern California, like, hardly rains anymore. <laughs> like, last five, year, the last, mean, five year, last five like years, the last five years, it's like never raining. We don't even care about that, it. That's we why we have, like, a, a, that's why there's a big <laughs> drought here. It's like it's never raining. Okay, well, well uh, I don't want to bore everyone too much with uh, California and Oregon weather talk. So, But, uh, yeah, thanks for sure. calling in. I'm glad uh, we got to hear from you. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for calling, you know. Yeah, hey, thanks, Russell. Okay, well, well, thank you. Keep listening. And, uh, All right, I'm going to turn on my laptop again. Okay, thanks, very Russell. very good. Bye. All right, bye-bye. That was Boots two years. And, That's uh, a good kid right there. Yeah, he seems guy. like a good kid. You know, it's Nice a, guy. He does. I'm shocked he didn't get the gallbladder right, though. Yep, I knew that right away about Jenny Anderson's gallbladder. Did she ever get it replaced, by the way? No, she went on Craigslist and put up a couple ads and that and the backlist or whatever some websites but no she's uh, apparently she has a kid now she's a stay-at-home uh stay-at-home mom uh is, is the kid male or female a black well that's fine but is it male black male or black female you, you, uh, you can't tell yet wait the kid hasn't been born yet no i just can't tell from the face oh from the oh from the pictures okay okay no i was gonna say for, for her it'd be much better if the kid is male because uh, I think if she has a kid that's female, they're going to end up uh, being a prostitute. So at least the, at least the male has less of a chance of that. The male yeah, could end up point. like like a violent criminal or something if it, she doesn't do good mothering. But I, 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 if I had to pick which one is more likely to end up okay, I'd say a, a male would be more likely than a female with her. I don't know. Trader Risky uh, not having much luck, so I'd like for all of PFA maybe to just give a couple seconds of good karma here because he's stuck right now. Uh, no, I did. I did hit four of a kind when you walked off. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh. Now, normally Trader Risky. In all fairness, have I been your good luck charm? Would you say? Absolutely. I'm still proud of Trader Risky for playing a good game. I really thought that Trader Risky, you know, with his giant wad of cash, just didn't care. He's going to play lousy games. He's play, it looks like he's playing an over 99 percent return machine. I'm so impressed. I'm so proud. No, I have to, Drav. God forbid it gets back to you. Then I, I know. Uh, this is uh, unless you guys are lying to me about the pay table to make me feel better. But uh, no, we're not lying. Okay. No, one about no, pay table. <laughs> no, that's good. I, it, it's so good that I think I'm going to look into playing that machine. So. And by the way, no one is showing up here with PFA on their bare chest for the hundo. That, that's good. 
That's good. But it, it might happen. It might happen. You might have to whip out the $100. Just like you thought that uh, Calwatt would not be paying you $300 to. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. He's just not here tonight. For a long time. You, you know what's funny with Calwatt is that uh, sometimes he is listening, but he just doesn't say anything because he thinks we don't want him here or something. Like He just thinks he thinks that we're just doing fine without him and he doesn't want to interrupt. He's, he's very polite. He had to work way. some overtime to make up for that lost money. Yeah, that could be it too. <laughs> well, he's always wanted here. Yeah, shout yeah, I, out to Calwatt. I, I told him that, good. but but Calwatt, he's he's uh, you know he's a polite guy. A Northern he doesn't... California guy, you're always wanted too, but you kind of went AWOL on us, kiddo. Yeah, he said it was because of the scheduling that was jumping around. It was hard for him to keep well, track. Well, yeah, and I had stuff going on, and the show was great. You got a bunch of co-hosts, so I didn't feel like you know I was letting anybody down. It was in good hands. No, but still good to hear your voice. Are you still tending to the land and eating vegan and all that? Well, I'm not. I'm not a vegan. I eat healthy, but I'm not a vegan. What about the crops? You raise your own crops still? <laughs> I ha- I have a I have a medium sized garden. Yeah. <laughs> medium sized garden. <laughs> funny guy. That's kind of like the residential neighborhood. <laughs> I got a medium sized garden. Okay, well. Can you no- believe you have two of your co-hosts sitting in front of machines at the Tropicana while they're doing radio? Yes, I, we've done this before like this. I, I believe it. Kind of degenerate, if you ask me. No, we had it right where you were sitting in front of machines in in, uh, in the Palazzo while I was in a room in the Palazzo. I've had four hookers come up to me and say, hey, baby, what are you doing tonight? And I say all four times, I'm doing radio. <laughs> and they just look stunned and they keep walking. Maybe they saw Trader Ruski's big wad of cash. They're just waiting for their share of it. They He's just... walking around with 25, 30 large. Jeez. A lot of money. Those hookers, though, they'll hit the jackpot, especially if he gets one of the really shady ones who pulls a gun on him and then just steals it all. So hopefully hopefully Trader Ruski will uh, steer clear of that. I don't want to see anything happen to him. No, I got his back. And he's got an assistant down here uh, playing clothes, and no one can even spot him. He's... So... You know, maybe you you guys should should, uh, give 200 if a female shows up bare-chested with it. All right, I'll put in the additional hundred. Though I, maybe we should maybe we should have an age as limit as though. It's like not Grandma Rose. No, I was gonna, I was going to say maybe we should have an age limit though, since we have some older female listeners who I appreciate, but I don't think we want to see them come down with the bare chest. Uh, uh, so I think we should say a female who's uh, under under forty if they come uh, bare chested. Maybe under forty five. Yeah. If uh, maybe under forty five, they still look good. Maybe that should be yeah. the cutoff. I, I I don't want to say under forty because I you know I'm over forty myself. So I, I don't want I don't want to look down on on females who are the same age as me. So maybe I say under forty five. That's a good cutoff. I'll make it five hundred if her name is Toots and she's from the Delta. <laughs> if she was there, she may actually do it. So, nice. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't. I, I bet there's a lot of girls in Vegas. If they were listening right now, they would come do it. If they got two hundred, of course. If they were bare chested, they'd, they'd risk being you know eighty six from there. That's one problem. I think a guy could get away with it's it. Not even 80, it's not even eighty six. I think when you do that, it's more like you're going to jail for the night. Yeah, like I think I think a guy could get away with it much more easily. You just they tell him to put a shirt back on or whatever. For like, as long as he didn't you know run around the casino or act crazy. But he just if he walked in with a shirt and then just like pulled it off and walked up to you and showed you and then put it back on, I think he'd get away with it. A girl might be harder, so. That that uh, they're ri- definitely risking a lot more. You know, in New York, they can actually in New York City, you can actually walk around bare chested even if you're female. It's legal. 
Do you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. No, yeah, in fact, uh, Bruce Willis's daughter was doing that. You you can you can Google. Oh, I remember. I saw that. Yeah, you can Google that. pictures of her. And see, you can see Bruce Willis's daughter's uh, breasts because she walked around New York that way. What's her name? Isn't her name like Tumor or something? Yeah, she, has, she does have a weird name. Forgetting what it is. Tumor, rumor. No, I think it is. It is rumor. Yeah, it should be tumor. That'd be better. <laughs> the, the, the celebrities of these, the kids of these celebrities are always screwed up. They're always screwed up. Now you tell me how uh, Courtney Love's daughter Bean is ever really going to function in society. Yeah, see, that's that's the Poor problem. Kid. That's the problem. Like, like they they had the benefit of of, of the money and the, and the influence, but there's just there's so many dysfunctional things they have to go through. But yeah, it's, it's still better to be in that situation than to be like Jenny Anderson's daughter. So yeah, it, it's unfortunate. That certain people are just born to into family situations that aren't good. They're born to bad parents, or sometimes even born to abusive situations, even worse. And you can't control it. It's just it's just the luck of what you get. And well, that's why that Bob Barker used to talk about at the end of the show about neutering and spading. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's. It's too bad that some people have to start off that way. And the, the people I really have a lot of respect for are ones that have grown up in a very tough family situation. And instead of letting it uh, turn them into uh, a bad person as an adult, they, they rise above it. And, in fact, some actually... Well, even someone like Donald Trump. I mean, he <laughs> grew, got out of college, didn't know anybody, had to go borrow $5 million from his dad just to start his first condo conversion. And look at him now. Yeah, look at him now. He's... Uh, and he's, you know, he's putting his name on, on uh, scam properties in Mexico. He's, he's done a lot of great things. <laughs> Even as a, a university of Trump. You ever hear about this one, the Trump University? Yeah, that was that was uh, one of those scam for-profit universities. It wasn't even a real university. It was like a, just they a... They don't even have a football team, I saw. No, it, was, it wasn't even a real college. It was like just something that, that uh, teaches people business skills. It was a, the whole thing was a huge fail, and it... Uh, it, it it was it's kind of bordering on a scam. It, uh, Dreyfus has a PhD from there. <laughs> and the funny thing though is the the reason you don't hear Hillary going off too much about that is because Bill Clinton was on like had a high position at one of these other scam for profit universities. So they both have and a. He's also full. Didn't Bill Clinton fly on the airplane, the Gulf Stream, with the molester? Yes, with with, with a child molester. He he went he went on a nation sex tour with a child molester. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and we call out the Rio for having overpriced Gatorade, and we get yelled at. I mean, isn't it remarkable? Yep. Yep, some people can just get away with everything. The one guy stalks us for not wanting to pay valet, and the president's flying around with the child molester. It's unbelievable. Yep. Well, I don't know. I don't, we, do we have much more to do? I think we might have to end this one after only a paltry uh, people, five people hours. Are gonna, people are going to get pissed. I feel like I feel guilty ending radio at, at one something. It feels like uh, the whole night's ahead of me. Well, but I, you know, when it's over, it's over. Like I, the sad thing, like we used to say, oh wow, a marathon five and a half hour show. Well, here we are with a show that's almost five and a half hours, and I feel like I'm I'm cutting it short. But I, like I, th- I think we're done. The intro should still be going, if you ask me. It, it could be if you hadn't called in and interrupted it. Okay, so I, I guess that's it. Next week we'll be what back. About, uh, sports? What about leisure? Travel? How to? Isn't there some druff tip of the week? How to? No. How to? I don't want to give any tips. Piece of cheese and crackers and a Delta airline flight or something. 
You know what? I'm just going to let everybody fend for themselves. I'm tired of giving tips. I'm tired of sharing everything with everybody. I, I say it's time for me to... No, that's not nice. It's time for Remember me to get the, the exclusive benefits no, of no, everything no, that I have time. worked so hard to get. No, the one time they gave you the hotel room at the Nobu, the other time they did this. I Don't say that now. They repay you for your cheese and crackers, whatever. I know. But right now, I don't want to. Right right Trump's, now, I think... Trump's kicking the little birdies out of the nest. they got to fly on their own. That's true. Like, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, show 202, the reviews ain't so good. I ain't going to lie. Well, you know, they can't all be winners. We... Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to keep up to the standard set from the nine hour show two hundred with all the different guests and the the Sonic visit from two hundred one. I, I knew at some point we'd have a letdown. Well, why not you sit here and talk about good seizures and bad seizures till everyone falls asleep? They can do that. They can accomplish that by going to the archives and playing that episode. Good seizures and bad seizures. We we that's have funny. That that's actually Benjamin's term too. Benjamin really? asked. Yeah, Benjamin asked us which Caesars are we staying at, the good Caesars or the bad Caesars. I know, I told people this, and they don't believe me, that Benjamin can recite over half the Caesars properties uh, on the Total Rewards program. Is that a fact, <laughs> yes or not? <laughs> yes, Daddy, we stayed there. Yes, Daddy, we stayed there. Well, no, the, fu- the funny thing is, like, like you'll, uh, we'll drive down the strip, and I'll say, what hotel is that? That's the Bellagio. That, that's Harris. That's Caesars. Like, he knows them all. Even though he's only stayed in, in Caesars and, and like true or false, if you point out like Bally's and say what is that, he'll look at you and he'll say mutt, mutt. <laughs> well, we've got thirty seconds left before this right. end song to All in the Family is over, and Listen, we'll be my boy Trader Ruski's leaving in the morning, so I'm going to spend some time with him at the good payout machine. Okay. All right, very good. Good luck to Trader Ruski. I hope he takes another one of these big four of a kinds. Thank you, Northern California guy, for coming back and. Uh, Thanks I guess that's for having it. Me. We'll be back in a week on Wednesday the 29th. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.